0: Welcome to the Broken Token Classic Arcade and Pinball Podcast.
1: Whitney, I so enjoy being in the state of Kentucky other
2: than... Other than what? July in the state of Kentucky. Man, dude, this has been a brutal, brutal July. Now, now people down in Atlanta are probably going... (laughs) <laughs> Those dudes, they're crazy but it's been hot here dude. It,
1: it, it has been it has it's been hot
2: and i mean it's not like it's anything you don't expect but man it just i don't know man every year it, it's, it just continually takes me by surprise because a hundred here feels like a hundred swimming uphill through concrete yeah and, and that's the problem because it's the humidity one
1: of the one of my co-workers we were on a conference call today and had a little bit of time to chat and she had just come back from Florida, and she says, you think it's hot there? You should try it in Florida. And I almost pulled out, but that's a dry heat. It's a dry
2: heat, though, Brent. <laughs> it is. It's a dry heat. It's a dry heat everywhere except for here. Yeah. That, that's, that's my story, oh, and I'm sticking
1: to it. Yeah, I think. You, would you mention Whitney 100? For, for those across the world. <laughs> Easily we, 100 we go degrees on that, Fahrenheit. We go on that Fahrenheit scale here. <laughs> yeah, so.
2: yeah.
3: Pip, pip, tally ho. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what,
1: is, what is that in Celsius? Like three or something? It's, something like I don't that. Know, I'd have to do the conversion. Maybe real something fast. in Kelvin. I don't know, whatever it is. But regardless, it has been hot here in July. But it has also been, at least for me, a real hot month on the arcade front.
2: Oh, man. Oh, I see what you did there. You, you set yourself up good, man. I'm, set I'm, up. I'm working on the transitions. Ex- excellent. Know. Excellent. Well, dude, I, I tell you what, man, now that we've had what I guess. Uh, it's been what uh, seven weeks or so since we got back from SFG, and we did the the mega, the mega super Doppler wrap up episode last <laughs> last month. It's, it's been it's been an interesting time because we've been able to decompress a little bit and uh, get some work on some projects done, and just kind of settle back into the routine. And uh, of course, staying inside, turning all pasty white, not going outside where it's nice and hot. But all things considered, man, uh, lay it on us, dude. I want to hear what you got well, going on. Well, you know, on. I've been out quite a bit. and I want to see if I can buy any of your stuff. I've, that's what I want I've to do. I've started to actually kind of get a
1: little tan, a little color going. Oh, that's good. You know? That's good. And, that's and good. F- for folks that haven't seen me on Facebook or haven't met me in person, I'm like a I'm like blue-eyed, blonde hair, very fair skin. And oh, what, yes. I mean, yeah. dude,
2: literally, you're two shades away from ginger is what yeah. you oh, are. Yeah. Well, yeah. when
1: I was younger, I had uh, this, like, it's become gray
2: now yeah, so 37.7 third 30, degrees oh in celsius In celsius yeah okay well yeah. alex would tell me that's like that's bloody hot that's mate. bloody hot <laughs> bloody hot mate that's what he would say well my, my mother was a redhead and if if i grow my hair out and, and you
1: could really see it when i was younger you could see the red in my hair is that so, right yeah i'm yeah you're right i'm
2: almost there yeah so. see me i Dude, the way I I'm like
1: matchstick close to going in the
2: flames. <laughs> <growing up. laughs> yeah, and see, for me, I mean, the way that I grew up and, and what I did as, as a kid growing up, man, I mean, I go outside. If I if I stay outside one good day, I turn about three shades darker than I am all the time. And I don't, like, really burn. I just brown is what I do. My niece so, and nephew are
1: like that. Yeah.
2: And they get that from their dad's side. Because mm-hmm. my
1: sister is fair-skinned like I am, of yeah. course, from our side of the family. Yep. My brother-in-law can go outside. She's like, man, I wish I could do that. Just... So that I could just, there's, cause there's always stuff to do outside. Oh yeah. You know, yeah, and always. it's, it's a, it's a, he, he takes care of himself, but I have to like take a porta a tent. Yeah. I have to like super take care of myself. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Wow. Regardless. Yeah. This is, this show's about like arcade stuff, right? Supposed to be. Brent. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Right. Chop, chop, man. Back on track. So what did I do in July? Yeah. You mentioned SFGE. I was able, I think I mentioned this last month. I finished the deal on a Jurassic park. So I, I know I mentioned it cuz you and I talked a little bit about the game. Yeah. I, I actually met the owner kind of halfway. They came up from Atlanta and I came down from Louisville and we met in Nashville and traded the game off in a in a nondescript parking lot. <laughs> that, <laughs> that made me wonder, you know, what was maybe wonder someone was going to ask us what was going on. And the yeah. funny the funny thing is is it's right there in front of the stadium and I can't think of who the who owns the stadium, how it's branded right now. I couldn't even tell you. you? But there was an event going on. So, as I'm sitting at the, at the entrance, the only entrance of the parking lot left, as I pulled in, they were barricading the other entrances off so they could manage traffic. Uh-huh. Somebody pulled, I'm sitting there ready to leave, the game's in the back, in my truck, idling, I'm messing with my phone because I'm putting the return trip back in my GPS. Yeah. A guy pulls up and tries to pay me to park. Oh, he does? <laughs> yes. Did and, you take his money? Oh, no, I should have. You should have. You know, yes. I guess I'm, I guess I'm too moral of a
2: person and <laughs> yeah, i just my call it i just call that a, a, you know being at the right place at the right well, time my first
1: inclination was not to do it and i told him to, dude i'm not even from here and we both laughed and then i thought oh, i should just take it as much. i should
2: just take his money and told him to park behind me i'll cut yeah. you a deal yeah. hold on yeah you can have this spot i'm getting ready to leave
1: <laughs> <Should've sold you. laughs> this is a prime spot dude i'll sell yeah, it to I'll you i'll sell
2: it to you right now right now however however much you want to pay just let's go
1: so i got the game and it's a really really nice example of a jurassic park the cab's beautiful the the red on the the reds because the side is the art's primarily red and black. Mm-hmm. The reds are it's got nice a lot of and,
2: yellow in it too. It, it does, yeah. It, yeah.
1: But the the reds are nice, and that that's usually my indicator of how good a game has has survived is how yeah. vivid the reds still are. Yep. You know, like you look at like a Johnny Mnemonic, because usually they're almost always faded. It's just yeah. like they, they, they start, you took them out of the box back in the day. And they start and, turning pink. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but nice vivid reds, nearly not a mark on the thing. Oh, it's nice. It already had coin taker LEDs. Uh, it had the updated T-Rex head in it, because, it, and I quote, the old one looked like a Muppet. <laughs> Which I thought was funny. That was the the seller kept saying that it, it, it was right. It looked kind of looked like a Muppet compared to the
2: new one. I see. Uh, had I'll pin, have to look that up. I didn't yeah, know that.
1: Had pin sound speakers in it. Ooh.
2: So it was. Ooh, you, co- did. you did make okay. Couple
1: other little mods, and I, I was really really happy with it. Wow, so
2: nice.
1: Oh, and the topper. The toppers are usually kind of always chipped up and broke because the the plastic is thinnish. You know, they're not made to last this long. Mm-hmm. No. And um, they'll, you know, when when you play the game, there's, it's kind of hard to describe, but basically there's a flat side of the topper and it just screws to the head of the mm-hmm. game. Yeah. So it'll tend to want
2: to wiggle. Like, like in an L. So, so it has, so it has the flap. Yeah. It, has it a wants to flap, flap around. To right. Yeah. There's no yeah. back
1: structure to it and that'll break out. And I mean, it's perfect. And so the the owner of the game mentioned had they had wanted to just get back there and reinforce it to preserve it. And and that's what I'm going to do with it before I put it up. So I've got it sitting out in the in the building right now. I hadn't had an opportunity to bring it inside. Yeah, Yeah. I did make a Cliffy's order for it. Um, Have you ever met Cliffy? I think he would really like him. You he know, I, I mean,
2: him? I've talked to him through email many times because I've ordered Cliffy's and put Cliffy's on all my machines. So I, I've emailed with him a lot, mm-hmm. but I've never met him. Met him. Uh, and the same way Have with you? me? No, oh, okay. I haven't. Yeah. Okay.
1: I, I wouldn't know him if he walked in this room right now. Yeah, neither me. would I. But he, uh, it's the same way. <laughs> Just dealing with. <laughs> I was trying to get you there and you got around it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so I same way just emailing with him yeah it I, i'm pretty sure uh well i, I i'm like 99 percent sure he's a one-man show on the cliffy's side on the yeah. website side and the production of the parts and the the protectors yeah but i think he also works that's not his main job i think he works a, a day job i'm guessing just from a time perspective but he's always good, good about yeah, that's a good point he's always good about returning emails his yeah. products are awesome they are awesome. his customer service is great it, but i don't think i'm saying anything that that Everyone that has pinballs that's ordered from him, they 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 don't already already know.
2: This. know. My my only thing, my only thing about ordering from Cliffies is you run up a, a mega bill, yeah. And when the box comes in, you're it's like, in- it's not a mega box to match the mega bill because uh, I think I ordered like. Full protector sets for three of my pinball machines all at one time, and the the hundred dollar bills just rack up. Yeah, and, and they're worth it. Oh no, yeah. Don't get me wrong; it's yeah. totally oh, yeah. worth it. But when everything is all taped together and and it, he separates them out by tape and for for you yep. know bag for each one of the games, nicely labeled, nicely labeled, and I mean everything's like primo production. But Brent, it all could fit in literally. um, the space of of like a box that's the size of like three candy bars yeah and they're all flattened on top of each other and you go whoa that was three hundred and seventy dollars <laughs> and and you could literally lose it if you don't keep your eye on it oh yeah that's the only thing that kind of bums me but once you once you unpack everything you got the goods oh yeah, yeah. absolutely the, yeah the last order i made it was enough to
1: get you know a free t-shirt okay it, I get that same thing. It's a, it's like the the small. I don't know if it's a flat rate box or the small standard box that you get from the U.S. Post Office. Yeah. And he's got the shirt and everything in there, and. I, I'm with. You. I understand that it's like, it, it's worth it. Oh, it's worth it's it. It's absolutely, absolutely worth and it. And I would not, especially want to for play the it. the craftsmanship that goes uh-huh. into it. Yeah. But the flip side of it is, is every time you're kind of used to having something a little bit more tangible in your hands when you drop
2: that kind of coin. I know. I know. It's one of those things. I I, I think uh, a couple of weeks back. No, no, not a couple of weeks. A couple of months back, rather, on Twitter uh, was going through this. Uh, I saw this this thread on Twitter and I chimed in on it where everybody was posting boxes of air. And it's like when you <laughs> when you order from Mauser, you get a box of air. And yes. when you order from DigiKey, what do you get, Brent? A box, a box, box of, of air. air. That's it. And it's and it's like, okay, this is my order from Amazon. It's mostly a box of air. You yeah. know, and that's it's just the way it goes. I, when you say that about Mauser, yeah. I, I do that
1: all the time. I, I put out I'll keep a going project and uh-huh. I just call it next order in uh-huh. the project manager. And as I need stuff or I've got stuff running low, I put it in there and when it reaches a couple hundred bucks, I fire it off. Yep. And usually when I do that, it's several pages. I mean, I've I know. gotten these things I know. and it's like six or 10 printed pages, but it comes in the boxes like mainly air and packing. Air. Yes. And when
2: you pour it all out, it's like a bag of just nothing. Yeah. is what it feels like. Yes. It's like, yeah, well, I'll say this: I, I recent my most recent order for Mauser, but
1: it's not like buying pinballs at a dollar a piece. Because no, that's true. When they show up, you got physical weight, and mass, <laughs> yeah, and size. That's, so. that's
2: true. That, that totally is different. True. But no, it's funny. I mean, my last order for Mauser was uh, for building out um, the bill of material for the Sky Skipper, uh, the Popeye to Sky Skipper conversion boards that I'm working that I'm working on. Okay, and I got in enough enough bomb to build five of these boards. Okay. To test them out and, and everything like that. And Brent, I'll tell you, <laughs> my, <laughs> box was, my box was nothing and, yeah. and it really hurt my feelings pretty bad. <laughs> so eh, you know, it is what it is.
1: So I made a cliffy order, got, uh, everything for the Jurassic park. I went ahead and got the full set for my ghostbusters. I, I got, I think he had one piece for high speed. I got okay. that. Yeah. The, a protector for the whole hole in the back the saucer and then some other stuff I'll mention here in the next section okay so the next thing, this is where the
2: majority of my work this oh, month is going. Hold on, hold on. Hold oh, okay. On. Looking through the notes, you said you did get a full set for your Ghostbusters. Yes. Good for you, man. Good for you. If you put them on No, yet? no. I've
1: been so absorbed with the next thing. I haven't. Okay. Yeah.
2: I've, I've put mine on my Ghostbusters. Okay. All right. Not really that bad. So it's it, it's it's not bad. So oh, good. Good. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it's some work, but it's good that you're doing it before you get too, too many plays on yeah. it. Yeah. Um, I will say this, man. I, I know this is—I know this is just topic myopia right here. But uh, man, dude, I tell you, I've put some plays on my Ghostbusters this past month. This past month, and um, yeah, I'm digging it, man. Are oh, you? Yeah. <laughs> It's—it's a—it's a. its I a keep waiting for a code upgrade.
1: <laughs> what because it's like it like 1.13 now. Yeah. yeah. And for as far as I've hit at four... Of a, I, I've got all the wrong words for here. as
2: recent of a title and
1: a, as big of a hit, hit it was. Yes, yes, and all the buzz about it. I know, I know. Um, and, and I and I hate despite to the gu- the ghosting issue taking no pun intended taking some of the that you know that thunder away. Yeah.
3: Yeah.
1: I'm just shocked that but they keep cranking out all these other games. Well I mean it's mean, yeah, their model.
2: I don't know, dude. We could we could go down this rat hole and yeah. it's probably better that we don't, but I, I mean I raspberry it I think on, on purpose and for good reason. I mean, honestly, dude, a lot of times I feel like if, if it's not the new hotness, then it then as as soon as it's not the new hotness, it's uh it's relegated. Yeah. And it becomes shelfware. And that and that just that makes me sad but there's nothing any of us can do about it no i know taylor on this flipping podcast he's a heavy
1: or for a while was heavy on his ghostbusters mm-hmm. and he, he tends to from my i think taylor would say the same thing if you sitting here he'll focus on a game for a while and really get into it mm-hmm. and he was really getting into ghostbusters as he talked about it quite a bit as he was playing it through different modes on his show yeah and it's I can't remember his exact words, but the the feeling was you get all the way to, like, the wizard mode, and it's just kind of like... It falls flat. Yeah, Yes. He's like, yes. there's so much potential there to do all kinds of stuff. And, and it doesn't.
2: It just doesn't. There's yeah. something there, but not what it could be. Yeah. I, I mean, I hope it gets some attention, but... I, I, I don't know. I don't know. Here we sit. So, but anyway, Cliffy's. Yeah, good. Good on you for getting them. Uh, it's it's a wise investment for that game, especially with your, especially with ours being so new. You mm-hmm. know, being, being with so new and so low play. And
1: we mentioned a little bit before, but I I've checked mine. Mm-hmm. I, I don't have any ghosting. You don't have any ghosting. No, I've checked mine as well. Mine's good. And I know we've talked about the pro at Rec Bars. Rec, Rec Bars Pro, uh-huh. and it was a early game because uh-huh. it came out of that first run of pros. Uh-huh. And um, it doesn't have any. I check it. And it, it takes a beating. Yes. It takes a lot of
2: play. Yep, yep. I, it's funny because uh, I was there a couple of weeks ago and uh, met some coworkers there. And I we set oh, we set at the bar right at the room adjacent to where the Ghostbusters is because mm-hmm. it's right at a doorway. Yep. And it just, it was going nonstop. I never heard it not running the entire time I was there. Did so. I tell you about their Metallica? Mm-mm, they they no. bought a Metallica LED. Yeah, I remember
1: that. And they did that. I think they picked it up right around the time of Louisville Arcade Expo. They and,
2: did they, at Louisville Arcade okay. Expo because Trent um, brought oh, it Trim down. Oh, Trent brought for, it down. Okay, yes. yes.
1: And it so they didn't put it on the floor right away. They held it back for a little bit. So I mean, it's not. It, it didn't go on right in March mm-hmm. during Expo or right after. Yeah. So it came out of the box, went on the floor. I think it had a. I looked at the meter because it was turned off. And I turned it on. It had like two hundred some odd plays, and it had already broken a flipper sp- return spring.
3: Jeez! Oh,
1: and it didn't take too long. And I've never had this happen on another game. It spit both the LEDs out of like uh, or like two of the LEDs out of the little spotlight, little cone dealies. Uh-huh. Yeah. And th- those went in the ball trough. Yeah. And Sparky has never worked. Really? Yeah. That is odd. Yeah, I've, I've offered to take a peek at it for him, and it's just been time. It's kept me from getting yeah. to it. But yeah, Sparky, the cool fire on Sparky and shaking man alive, brand new game right out of the box, right out of the
2: box. That's so that's that's just not good. No, I'll it's just not. leave it at that. Yeah. Yes.
1: <laughs> All right, so back to what I've been anyway. Doing. Yes, I have alluded to this, and when we were at SFGE, a couple of folks asked me about it. And uh, basically, it is what is going on with Brent's Great Buy of 2017.
2: (laughs) Yeah, I want to know because I want to buy some of your buy. Do you? (laughs) Yes, that's what I want to do. I I wanted, of course, you know, wait till everything was
1: official and done and and all that kind of fun stuff. And as of this recording, Mm -hmm. it is not, Mm -hmm. in all honesty. And that's only because the seller... Uh, we're getting together two days from now to kind of finish the transaction out. So what so,
2: is a, Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, we're recording on a Monday night yeah. uh, towards the end of the month. And uh, so that puts you at Wednesday. So do you feel comfortable talking about it now? Oh, yeah, yeah. And, and the right. reason
1: being is... Lay it on dude. Every bit of the equipment's here. Yeah, okay. You know,
2: all right. and,
1: and, okay, well, how did all that happen? And why do you have all the equipment and it isn't done? And how? So this this is why and this is how. So here here's the deal. I was approached back in March by this gentleman... And I just, I mean, I I guess there's no reason I can't give his first name and it's, it's Joe. So Joe approaches me and he'd had this collection that he'd been basically amassing, uh, for 20 years. And the situation was, is it was, it was just time to change. You know, he, he and his wife, they'd uh, when he got married, Uh he'd had the collection and I, I'm assuming maybe added a little bit to it after the, after they'd gotten married and it. You know, I'm putting a few words in his mouth. There's a few things I'm inferring. More or less, it was time just to change up. I could tell he genuinely loved the the hobby, so to speak. He genuinely enjoyed the games, but it was just that point in time in life where it was like, okay,
2: yeah, it,
1: it's time to do uh, to move on. Something something's happening. Oh,
2: okay, and and that's understandable. Yeah, I, mean, I I get it. I hope it doesn't happen to me, but I get it.
1: You know, I, I had a, everybody knows that's listening to the show. We're both kind of car people. Yeah. And I mean, I've had a, a one car in particular. I thought I will never sell this car. Car's gone now and it's been gone for a decade. Yeah. And, yeah. and so I, get it. I, I can't see it with the game stuff, but you never know. Something yeah. could change.
2: Yeah, that's true. So
1: anyway, yeah. so that that's how this kind of started. It was time for basically uh, things to just happen. And Joe had taken his that's collection. Cool. Yeah. Do what? I said, that's, that's cool. I mean, it's when it's time, it's time. It's time. Yeah, yeah he'd come to grips with it. And it, it was important to him and talking to him that the games went somewhere that where they would be kind of, I, I guess for lack of a better word, taken care of. And, and I was up front with him at the beginning. When we sat down, we started talking the deal out. Yeah, I said, Joe, you could do a lot better selling these individually yourself. I said, where the value add is with me – I've got the ability to take all of this in one shot, Mm -hmm. but I'm not going to lie to you. I'm not keeping it all. Mm -hmm. Some of these are duplicates. Some of these are games I've had and I've already sold. Some are games I just don't, I don't particularly want in my collection. There are some that are. I'm going to have to, basically I'm going to have to take the next however long and store these games and then bring them up to a, a, a point that I feel comfortable with moving them on because I don't like callbacks, you know, yeah. Oh, yeah. and I, I, I won't even sell to the general public. They'll go into the arcade community through some of our contacts and through the Facebook groups and, and the like. I said, they'll go out into other
2: collections yeah. and that,
1: and that's what was important to him.
2: Yeah. It's funny. You didn't say clove, <laughs> you know, no, because, I didn't, you know, and, and it's, it's interesting. Craig's list or Craigslist. It, or Craigslist. Yeah. That's exactly right. Because I have noticed a definite uh, swing in, in the momentum on, on how games and parts get sold. and, it seems like a lot of times the old guards of clove and craigslist just don't don't qualify first up which is is interesting but yeah carry on so and and i think that was one of the things that was really appealing to him because he knew
1: that i think maybe in the back his and i'm again i'm inferring here yeah if he if he started craigslisting stuff no telling where pieces would end up and it was important to him and he he felt that at least through me the the main avenue for dispersal of his collection would be to other collectors who would have a, a level of concern and care for them that he did. I mean, okay. j- he he was the type that was so into them. He I mean he's he's a heavy. He was a collector. He was a lover of the games, and he, he had manuals for all of them. And he had the flyers and a three ring binder. And he had wow all he nice. had history and and just. Oh, okay. Well here people are, I just envisioned people in his game room and Oh, we'll take a look at this. And his coffee table book was all the flyers.
2: Yeah. If you yeah, know what I mean. Yep. Yeah, yeah.
1: So we, we, we worked out a deal and basically here was the deal. He had a couple pieces he was keeping, keeping uh, an Atari star Wars, the vector, a data E star Wars pinball and a spy hunter. Okay. okay? Yeah. And there, there, the, this shifted a little bit, but the way it settled out was f- it shifted from when we initially talked to him when we we made the we met and made the deal. Yeah, those were the three pieces he wanted to keep, and the uh, the Star Wars pinball had issues, and the Spy Hunter had issues. So my offer was, I will f- fix the games for you, and um, from a from a parts perspective, I'll cover parts minus you know. If you need something wild Mm -hmm. on like the pinball, Mm -hmm. you know, I'll, I'll even re-rubber it for you and and, and stuff like that. And electronic stuff plus X amount of cash. And then that, that was the deal. Yeah. Okay. And so we, we struck the deal and we moved forward. So now we get into what was kind of going on with the games, and this is where I've spent a lot of the time over the past couple episodes saying, well, I've worked on some stuff, but I can't really talk about it now because yeah. I wanted the deal to be done. The Spy Hunter was, man, and it's behind me. You've seen it. The Spy Hunter is pretty darn nice. It is,
2: it is sharp and clean. I will give it that. And
1: yes. if you notice, it's not white. Mm-hmm. It's black laminate. Yes. So the cab is super, super solid. Yeah and whomever he got the game from nice and and i kind of like it a little better
2: black honestly i do too it looks good it's got
1: a nice black laminate on it and uh it's got reproduction art on it and it looks darn good Mm -hmm. the game overall is in great shape somewhere in its life it took a, a a bad tumble on its bottom and the bottom was loose and, uh, the board fell over in it and broke a couple of piece components on the board. So those needed to be addressed. But the main problem with it was the, the typical NCR thing with a power supply, the battery leaked on it. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So what I just ended up doing with that was I said, here's what I'm going to do. Arcade shop makes an adapter. You get the battery backup for the, for the high score saves and all that kind of fun stuff. Um, that's, that's the way I, think we should go with this Mm -hmm. i said now i can probably fix this board i'm sure i could but it honestly i said joe it's going to be a heavy lift on on my part and it kind of starts throwing a little fly in the ointment from a time perspective (laughs) yeah
2: yeah it tips the scales
1: yeah yeah he's like he was fine with that you know so that's what we went with a modern switching power supply and the arcade shop um adapter and i repinned the appropriate connectors because there was some corrosion that got into the cables and all that fun stuff fired the game up worked great okay other than it had some sound issues so this was something that was new Mm -hmm. all right okay and it was like the channel one there's multiple channels in the game and one thing i didn't like about the manual is is that it says okay well here's the output for channel one for channel two channel three but it doesn't tell you what and then you can go into the test and you can do some you can look at okay well i generate a tone on channel one, channel two, but there was nowhere where it said the machine gun sound of the car
2: is, is channel on, is two. channel three. Yeah. Or channel it, two. Nowhere. Yeah.
1: And it doesn't necessarily say the out, you know, like the output, this output is channel one and channel two. You can kind of infer. And I guessed, I said, okay, well there's two chips that make up the multiple channels. How many channel it was? The first output of that might be channel one. Mm-hmm. I mean, for all I knew it was the third output of the second. I don't know. Yeah. And I ended up just getting a scope out and there's some, some te- a test ROM you can download similar to like the Williams system 11, the Data East pinball test ROMs. That'll just strobe them. And I ended up basically putting that in it and getting a scope out and figuring out which of the, where it was at yeah, and then gotcha. got her going. Yeah, so, okay. And I recapped his monitor and the yoke. I, I don't think, I think the yoke was crooked from the factory cause the picture was tilted. But it didn't. I didn't see any sign of damage or of a strike, or it. it, it so I, I straightened all that out and kind of got her going. And I mean, there she sits behind me. She's got a beautiful picture and plays great. Cool. What what monitor does it have in it? Uh, I think. Oh, it was a uh, forty nine hundred. Wasn't? It? Okay. Yeah, it's been a bit since I've been in the back. of yeah. it was a forty nine
2: hundred. Oh well, good deal. Good deal. The other game
1: that I fixed was this Data East Star Wars pin, and that one turned out to be a bit of a bear. And yeah. I kind of went into it figuring that it could go one of two ways and it kind of went middle of the road you know the two ways are you know incredibly easy or an absolute total utter nightmare <laughs> and it was a minor nightmare so and I don't know if this had any effect on it but years ago there's a sticker on the on the CPU where he'd sent it out to try to get it fixed and that was probably like 10 years ago no it wasn't that long it was like well yeah I guess it was because it was like 2008 so yeah close to maybe two 10 years ago mm. i don't know what the deal was if that was before this happened or after but regardless the the game was in a house that was struck by lightning oh yeah i see so i don't know whether the issues that i found were related to the lightning strike mm-hmm. but the power supply took a hard dump mm. and what it ended up happening. There's a cap that's in the five volt line. It's real common on the the data Easts and they just puke all over themselves. Same thing happened in my back to the future is it had leaked. It had torn up a lot of traces and gotten into other components. And so I don't know whether the five volt just all of a sudden one day took a big massive dump and caused the problems downstream. But at the end of the day, I went through and a completely rebuilt recapped the power supply had a stuck coil so you'd fire the game up and it'd fire the like the ball save that's in the left out lane. Okay. Similar a lot of a lot of Williams games have that like High Speed has it and a couple of the other Williams games of that same vintage have the same deal. It locked that cool on so that was just a driver fix that. EPROM wouldn't verify so put a new EPROM had to reprogram EPROM put in it and the biggest problem with the thing was it had two bad PIAs. and oh. it's just like well. The, Somebody that works on those games are like, well, that's not a problem because there's the Leon's Test ROM. We've talked about that before. Yeah, I remember that. One of them was to the DMD, and it was pretty much straight up. There's so many output pins on the on the PIAs. And for those that don't know, the PIAs in the Data East games and in like your later Williams Solid State games, the PIAs kind of are your jump-off point from the MPU out to the other peripherals, the soundboard, the DMD controller, the, the processor uses a PIA to talk to another PIA on that far end peripheral, that far end device and that's how the processor, the CPU board tells it, oh generate the sound or display this on the display or the, or the uh, DMD. The test ROM goes through and strobes all the outputs and you can see you've got one stuck. Pretty simple. That was easy to find for the DMD. I pretty much guessed that's what it was. Slapped in a test ROM. Sure enough, it has stuck pin. Bingo. Yeah. The thing that was eating my lunch was the soundboard kept rebooting, and it tested fine. Mm. And I played with it and screwed with it, and I wasn't real happy with the the, the power. Come to find out that I actually had a pin pulled out of the transformer in the bottom of the cabinet, so I, was, I wasn't getting exactly what I needed into the uh power supply so that was a little shy on the ac side i was only getting half of a half of a wave it was it was it was a mess there was all kinds of things wrong in this it, and it was wow. just it was
2: that's man it okay. was really
1: weird because i could measure the input to the power supply i'm like this is half of what it should be
3: mm-hmm.
1: and i started going back i thought well maybe the maybe that's where my bug is maybe the lightning melted the transformer
2: mm-hmm. And
1: I get down there of of
2: all things to be bad. Yeah.
1: Because that's, those are like easy to find. Yeah. Yeah. So I get down there and I get poking around and I'm going to measure coming out of the transformer to see if I had a wiring issue or something. And I realized that somewhere in all the years of opening and closing the play field, one of the wires that carry half the AC up to the power supply had apparently gotten tugged or caught in the harness And I guess when the play field was opened or closed, it put a little extra tug on it and pulled it about an inch out of the connector.
3: Huh. So
1: that was straight, but I still kept rebooting the sound the sound card. What ended up being was the reset circuit. And this was just a pain in the butt to find. But there's a couple other pins on the PIA that you can program as inputs or outputs. And they were used in this by Data East for the CPU to send a reset out to the soundboard. Well, one of those pins was floating. You know, it should be, it's TTL, you should be like close to ground or close to five volts, and it's yes or no, up or down, high or low. It was floating around three volts.
2: Oh, and So it was not pulled up or pulled down. Right. It was just stuck.
1: Right, it was just stuck. And I guess it was floating around just enough where when things got going in the game, and usually it happened with a double flip. Uh So I was thinking, okay, is it somewhere am I having problems over in the, the flipper board and that's causing like my 12 volt was always kind of low and there's 12 volt that goes over to the, the soundboard and they make some five volt over there. It's like, why do they do this? I don't know. But so I was looking at the flipper board and I found half the fuses screwed up on it and you touch like the fuse connector, or the fuse holder and they'd fall apart. Oh, and it was just yeah. one little problem after another where this game had been owned but started, I guess, developing issues so many years ago, and it it just slowly and slowly piled up. And and I still don't know if this lightning thing had anything to do with it. Yeah. But it was all these, 99% of it was stuff you typically see in these games, but this game had most of it. Yeah. And then this one real strange oddball problem.
2: Interesting. Well, one thing I will say real quick, I looked it up. Uh, We talked about the Leon, uh, Leon Boré test run back in episode 44 Since July 2016, when we covered that, just in case anybody wants to go back and hunt that up, I've used
1: that several times since we talked about that. And there's a flavor of it for uh, Williams games like System Six and through System Mm Eleven. And then since Data East is so closely related to System Eleven, I I don't know if Leon did it or and then attributed or someone else did it and attributed it to Leon. But there's also a version for Data East. Okay. And I've just got a little kit with all of them oh, and I, I can take it somewhere and throw it in a game and, sh- you know, oh, no, that, okay. and a, that and a logic probe and you can test the, the core outputs of the PIA. Okay, gotcha. So regardless, I finally tracked this down to the reset circuit and then tracked it all the way back to the MPU, and saw it went into the PIA that's used to drive signals over to the soundboard and then realized that it was neither high nor low, but yet somewhere in between. Change that out and it's been rock solid ever since but it it oh. took me a bit to find that it was just because the test rom doesn't test those particular pins i see it tests the main outputs and not these two special programmable ones it doesn't do anything with them so needless to say that's been one of the reasons that this deal has taken so long <laughs> because it's just you know I, I i said as part of the deal i would fix the electronics and then give you know give it uh, a, a a fair cleaning and go ahead and put a set of rubbers on it for him. Yeah, and it just took me forever to get to that point. To get huh? to that point, yeah. you know, where I could spend the time and really dedicate and get it all figured out. So, uh, when I ordered Cliffies, I ordered him a set of Cliffy's We talked about extra parts, and there was a few broken plastics that that he picked up. And uh he went ahead, i said man the the scoops are starting to get pretty worn. you know there's this thing called Cliffies, so we put Cliffeys on it. That was part of the order mm-hmm. and and I think it came out really well, oh yeah, know? I mean,
2: I looked at it before we started recording I, and what did I tell you it's like you know for for the for for an older for an older machine, especially in the day to east you know from from day to east mm-hmm. that's one I would have in a heartbeat it it's a lot of fun. I enjoyed it, so uh, every time I've played it I've enjoyed it so well,
1: play testing it I've gotten to learn the rules yeah and I've had more fun with it uh, as opposed to just like listening to it like at a show well seeing at a show where you can't hear it yeah you can't really study and, and just you just get to flip the ball a little bit and so uh, so I've watch had an opportunity
2: yeah watch the lights all yeah, yeah I've
1: had an opportunity to realize okay well you gotta once you get a multi-ball you've gotta qualify the jackpot yeah there's no jackpot lit that you just shoot you've gotta qualify it then shoot it and then qualify it then shoot it and just how some of the other modes work. And it yeah. was R2 looks really nice because a lot of it times does. the R2s are like two shades of yellow. Yeah,
2: what did I tell you? It looks like a Super Nintendo that's yeah. been left in the sun. Exactly. Yeah.
1: So it's overall, it's a really nice game. There's a couple of places on the play field as usual spots. We're actually going to finish the deal up. He's going to come uh, in two days and pick up his games. We're going to get all, all the rest of the transaction done. And then everything that's basically in my building now, is officially mine. Mm-hmm. And the reason I say now is part of this has also been moving the the collection out of two storage units about yeah. 30 minutes away from the house. Yeah. And I've done that you helped one Sunday, two yeah. Sundays ago. Yeah. And then the other like third of the games, we moved two thirds or so that day. And then the the balance we moved yesterday. So yeah. this is a Monday. This was last Sunday, the Sunday prior.
3: Yeah.
1: Got everything here for those that are, are on some of the Facebook groups and have seen where I've had a clearance of, <laughs> of like project cabs and like empty cabs. I was going to build multi games or kit games or whatever out of that's where all that came from is I needed yeah. to make some space and it yeah. was just a matter of uh, I'm never going to get to it. And I, I've got other titles coming in that are a little bit better than having empty cabs and a hole yeah. out in the garage. Yeah.
2: Understood. Understood.
1: So now the meat of it. What did I get? Yeah. You know, because I'm I'm sure everyone's like, well, this is great. This is fine. I care less about a PIA. What did you get?
2: (laughs) Yeah, I've just been waiting for it too, Brent.
1: Okay. So here's the rundown. Uh, Let me count here. One, two. Actually, let me get the other list here. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 21 arcades one pinball is the total here and it's it's pretty strong 21 videos and a pin all right so videos time pilot Uh uh-huh dedicated time pilot the cabin's much nicer than mine so uh it's going to get rotated in my collection yeah uh a game called red alert which is is it gdi that made slither Uh everybody talks about yeah red alert is another gdi game and i think did you actually see this out in my building? Yeah, yeah this we, was in yeah, the we first pl- we,
2: play, we played it. It's a very Cold War ish kind of feeling. Yeah. Because so,
1: yeah. it's kind of like a space invadery, y, uh, galaxian mashup. But instead it, of everything kind of just kind of moving left and right and coming down, they, they come from one side to the other, like from the right to the left. Yeah. And it's like you're defending Paris and other different cities. Different cities. Yeah, yeah.
2: exactly. Yeah. It's got speech
1: in it. I mean, mm-hmm. it's kind of interesting for for a smaller company. It, it,
2: to me it feels like they They've likely spent a fair amount on development yeah. of it, based upon the time that it was released. It's cool. I, I mean, I don't know that it would have a lot of staying power, but it is. It's a neat game. Well,
1: well right now it's a it's a keeper, and I think what it's it's going to end up being in a rotation. Yeah, and at a minimum, I think it's going to become like Domino Man, where it's going to go to shows because no one really sees it. Yeah, and yeah. it's something different. Yeah, you know. Understood. So uh, Phoenix, which I've got one, so that one I, I'm going to move on. Uh, An asteroids, mm-hmm. I've got one. This one's pretty darn nice, but mine is probably just you know a half a point nicer. Mm-hmm. So there's no reason to trade stuff around. So that one's going to move on. Millipede, I'm kind of on the fence about. I've got a centipede, and I, I don't see having two of those games in in the, in the same space yeah. for the room that I've got. And everybody kind of knows centipede a little better. Oh yeah, and, you know. Well, do you have a centipede? No, I have a millipede. Mm. Mm, yeah, it's not like. Do you have Pac-Man? No, but I got Miss Pac-Man. Oh, okay, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's yeah. different. So yeah. it's the millipede is sweet. Yeah. So and it's a fun game. It I mean, is. It is a
2: fun, yeah, Honestly, it's much. More, it's got more going on. The centipede will ever have, but at that point, it's it doesn't have it doesn't have name recognition and it doesn't really follow. Uh, nostalgia, like like centipede does. So yeah, I could see doing a
1: multipede but that you would to, be the way to do you it. You have to do that on a millipede board, but I'm the, I'm not parting the cabinet out. Yeah, all, I understand. you know. So yeah. uh, another Gorf. Okay. So and I've already got my Gorf, which I really like, and uh, so that one I'm going to move on. An, a newer game, I am to Operation Wolf. Yeah. So that's that's kind of not for me. That that's right. After, that's post Brent in the arcades, mm-hmm. and I I know that there's a contingent of folks that absolutely love that game. They yeah. want that game over like Op Wolf Two or whatever. Or is there? I think there's even Operation Wolf Three. I don't, I don't, I don't know. know. I don't so, but know. yeah, that one's definitely moving on. Uh, Lethal Enforcers, and that's a, a dedicated Lethal Enforcers with 25 inch monitor. You know that shoots up into a mirror and all that, and it's pretty darn nice. The cabinet's nice. It's not a Brent game. Yeah. And it's there's no room for that in the game room. So yeah, definitely. Uh Zaxxon, I've already had one and yeah. it, it kind of moved on. Yeah. And Zaxxon's not my game even not back in the day. I know people that just absolutely love it. Yeah. But it's just, that's not a Brent game.
2: No, not me either.
1: Uh Scramble and a, a it, not like kitted, but it's actually in a stern cabinet. And uh that's a keeper. Yeah. I'm gonna go and hold on to that one. I,
2: I would definitely like a Scramble at some point. they it's a cool game, fun game.
1: Uh Missile Command Cocktail. Mm-hmm and I'm on the fence on that one because I'm almost thinking you're in my basement you can well the Broken Token Studios yeah uh, you can see it but I'm almost thinking a cocktail and especially the way that one's set up and that you play on the long side Mm -hmm. that might fit like right here at the bottom of my steps right here underneath you know as you come down the steps right here to the left there's kind of an empty space where I can't really put a full size game yeah so I don't know that might go
2: a red tent would fit there pretty good too or a red
1: tent yes Yes. Astro Blaster Uh, okay and that's I think it's a fun game, but that's just there's not enough space. So yeah, that one's going to end up going.
2: And it's yeah, it's it's a fun game, but is it uniquely fun enough I don't, to 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 stay? I, I mean, in my
1: collection, I don't believe so. I, and
2: I don't think so either. I mean, I don't want to take anything away from it, but it it just feels kind of like a meh game when you compare it against every so many other mm-hmm. games that could take up that space.
1: So all those thus far, they're all working games. Okay. And, and you know, barring like cap kits and the like, I mean, you can go out there right now, plug them in, play them. Yeah, got and, it. And they're they're basically good to go. And the occasionally work but with issues column, <laughs> uh, a Space Invaders Deluxe, and that's Space Invaders in the red cabinet. Yeah. So I've already got a space a white cabinet Space Invaders with a multi kit in it. So that one, and it's this is a nice clean game. That one's unfortunately going to have to go. Two seawolves. Yeah, that's, that's a good find. One is beautiful. Uh huh. And the other's got a little wear on it. Their their futures are yet to be determined. A Tron. So I've got already got a Tron. A Tron. Yeah, I've yeah. got a Tron. Nice find. And I think what's going to end up happening here is I, I need to get them out, let them both see the light of day, and make a decision as to which, which is. One of them's going to have to go. Yeah. You know, I don't need to. I don't need two Trons. No, no. You know, yeah. I can barely play one Tron. I'm not playing two at the same time.
2: I, I don't know, man. It, it's uh, it's one of those things where, well, you, you definitely want to keep one. There's no doubt about it. But, yeah, I, I, I get it. Totally get it. It's a fun game to play, though. A yeah. lot of people say it, it just gets terribly repetitious, but I just think it's cool. I'm not cool. good enough at it where it can keep, you know, yeah. I'm not John Salter level. Yeah, it's, and that's, that's my thing, too. It's yeah. like, doesn't matter. I, I like the game. Yep. Yeah
1: moon patrol which i've won it for a long time oh, oh, yeah. so it's got some sound issues but that's a keeper yeah a play choice 10 sing, ah. single monitor play choice 10
2: how many play choice 10 carts did it come with do you know uh
1: yes i do oh really As i reach
2: over to the other yeah. list here. oh really okay uh, so more than more than i mean a full complement or what 17 wow Yep. do you do you want to run down yeah, yeah. Inquiring minds want to know because everybody would scream at us if if I if I said no. <laughs> I, I mean, you should have just said no, not to put it down. Yeah, no, no, no. I mean, here's the thing: you don't have to play along with me. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not playing. Uh, I'm playing dirty pool, aren't I? Now here's the thing. I'm not a play choice ten guy really at all because I just don't like the idea of timed games like that. Like that. Mm-hmm. But um, but there's a lot of fans of the play choice ten, and people are going to know what did you? What they're going to know? What did you get? What did yep. you get? So in in the play choice ten carts, man, dude, they can get costly. They they can, and I don't
1: know of a openly freely available rarity guide for Play Choice 10 carts. <laughs> and, and I you, want,
2: you, you want to know what it is, what? get on the face get on the uh, the Nintendo Arcade Collectors Facebook group. Oh, okay. And you'll see several Play Choice 10 carts uh, for sale there almost all the time. And uh, you can gauge it's almost like the Play Choice 10 toppers. You can gauge their value by looking through that group. Okay. Okay. So anyway, lay the list us, dude. All right so excite bike, the okay. Goonies, yeah. R C Pro Am Rescue Rangers.
1: Uh-huh. That's Chip and Dale, isn't it? I believe so, yeah. it's yeah. Chip and Dale's Rescue Rangers. Yep. Captain Skyhawk. Okay. Don't know about that one. Baseball Stars. Duck Hunt. Uh-huh. Super Mario Brothers 3. Rush, oh, okay. Russian Attack. Yeah. Dr. Mario. 1942. Super Mario Brothers. Contra. Super C, which is like Super Contra. I was okay. actually playing that the other day because I didn't know what it was. I fired it up. Okay. Gradius. Track and field and Mike Tyson's punch out.
2: That's a pretty good haul. So let me ask you, are you going to keep the Play Choice 10? My intention is to keep it. it is to keep it? You say it's a single monitor upright. It's correct? a single monitor. And it's not a conversion
1: because it, it's got a like a typical like coin co, Coin Co. over under Coin Door in it. Okay. It's got the it's the small it's like an R type cab, I guess. Yeah. Is that is that correct? It's like it looks like It has a, the
2: same profile yes. As a yes as like a Donkey Kong uh-huh.
1: type cabinet. Well
2: R Type's got a little bit of a different profile than a Donkey Kong cabinet. R R Type's got um it's got kind of a, a, a razored, uh, kind of a razored angle front to it. Okay. But the Playchoice Tins have got that as well. All right. So, D- yeah. Just at first
1: glance, me looking at it, I thought, oh, well, that's a converted Donkey Kong. Someone painted black. And then I was like, oh, no, it's got a completely different coin door and everything assembly uh-huh. yeah, in it. Yeah, so, yeah, and
2: R-Type's got the different coin door to it as well. It's, it, you're, it, it's got what appears to be like your typical coin co over under door on right, it. Right, and that's yeah. what this has. Yep, yep, so yep. I'm
1: assuming this is a dedicated single monitor. I'm sure. Uh, I,
2: w- without seeing it, I'm sure you're right. Because r type types were like purple or blue or something our types uh were black okay our well, types are black i don't know which came first i thought
1: play choice 10 would have come first so i don't i doubt it's a conversion from an art i, I don't know i'm uh, not we we'll just have to take
2: a look at it anyway it's got the play choice 10 side art on it and everything yes, like that pc 10 side art mm-hmm. and all that okay yep. all right yeah awesome. and
1: you know i i was it's on free play so you the the, the credits show the, the timer shows all nines And, you know, I'll either have it in the game room for a little bit on on the credit play like I have all the other games. Mm -hmm. Or, honestly, I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to approach my sister and see if uh, she wants to give it a home for a little bit and let my niece and my nephew play
2: it. No, that would be good, especially if you load it up with all the Marios and, and like, Excite Bike and stuff like that. Mike Tyson's punch out. They'll love that. Well,
1: I know my niece likes Super Mario Brothers, Mm -hmm. so that's in there and then there's other stuff in there that I'm sure Logan would get yeah. into. So I, yeah. I, I may I may do that. I just need to talk to her about yeah. it.
2: Yeah. No, I, actually that's uh that's a pretty solid find right there. Did you get any toppers with it? You know, it
1: seems to me I got a tub with all the manuals. Okay. Like a like a storage tote tub dealy mm-hmm. and there are some toppers down in there. Oh, I so I, cool. I need to go back and look and see what's yeah. it.
2: yes you do. Yes, see you what's do. in it.
1: Um Tom Pilot 84.
2: Oh yeah, good game.
1: That haven't made a decision on that. Honestly, I don't have that or the Astro Blaster yet because they were at different locations. Mm-hmm. So those need; those are yet to be brought to me. That's going to be kind of a, uh, a a hanging part of the deal mm-hmm. that, that has yet to be worked out. But I I don't see why that's not going to happen. Yeah, but, uh, a battle zone, another battle zone. So I've had the two battle zones. We talked about those in prior shows. One, oh, yeah. one I kept and the other was sold to another collector at Little Arcade Expo a few years ago. Uh-huh. So another battle zone. A pole position two. Yeah. This pole position cabinet is beautiful. Is
2: it an upright or a cockpit? It's upright. It's upright.
1: My, mine is very nice. of The ones I've had, mine is by far the nicest. And I, I need to look at them on my side by side because it's so nice that it may end up actually becoming mine and yeah. i may sell mine yeah i, I don't know i gotta the, the, see
2: them. the thing about the upright pole positions if i was going to have if i was going to have an upright pole position i would have a two over a one for the side of for the artwork alone well because, it's the standard it has had the the pole position two artwork put on oh it, it has not no, so it's still oh okay you
1: know yeah it's still the pole position the standard pole position one artwork okay but and I see that happen most often. They never put the side art yeah, on. It's a
2: shame because it's beautiful yeah, side art. Yeah, it's beautiful art. side art. Yeah,
1: I've actually got a, several of them rolled up where they were never applied. Do you now? Yeah. Now I don't know if they're still worth applying Yeah. because they sat for so long. Yeah. But yeah, it's like they put the marquee in it. They put the bezel in it and they, they changed the board and they called it done.
2: Yeah, I see. You know? Yeah.
1: Or, and they may or may not have even, I think that there's a different strip that goes in the dash. They may or may not even have True. changed that.
2: Yeah, it shows the different tracks and everything yep. like that. Yeah.
1: So now on the pinball side, so what did I get? I got a Data East Batman.
2: Oh uh-huh, yeah. And did you get a nippet? I mean do we have a nippet alert. We don't have a nippet alert. Oh, man, it's what a letdown, dude. I Jeez. wanted I wanted birds at everything. All that stuff and you think there was gonna- <laughs> Yeah, I was hoping there was gonna be a, a nippet in there, man. So the the day east. Now you've seen this. Yes, I played. Get, yeah, I played it. The game
1: plays. It's got a. Um, it's got the small DMD in it, and yeah. it's all uh, wonky. Yeah, I haven't looked at it, but that's apparently a common problem. And I think it's just a resistor that's burned out. And, and I'll look at it. I've fired a few of these games up, but I haven't. I've put zero effort into doing anything with them. Mm-hmm. It, 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 I just want it to be done. I want it to yeah. be all. Above board, and when they are officially mine, yeah. then things will start to happen. Things will start to move around and, yeah. and the like. But Understood. I mean, I plugged a few in, played them, looked inside of a couple. Everything is I as I expected from you know making the deal and working with Joe. But I, I haven't even pulled the the back glass out of the um, the data east, so I could you know and, and tilted the display forward. I, he told me it was screwed up going into it, and we saw it. Yeah. But what come with it is kind of the the really cool part. It came with a new old stock play field. Yeah. So the play field is a little roached in the game. It's seen, I mean, it's totally playable. The cabinet is beautiful. Mm-hmm. Uh, it needs uh, the main ramp to the right. There's like a Joker ramp thing. That's like the Joker's face on the left, but that's available. It's like 90 bucks. You can get that. You can get both of, even the Joker face, the Joker ramp that's available. I see. Um, The play, the, uh, the slingshot plastics have got, chips but those are all out there there's really nothing in it that you can't get that i've seen other than the play field and i've got a new old stock play field to go and with it's, it. so
2: that's just that's crazy talk i, I, I mean, mean it's beautiful yeah You've i've seen it well the play field is beautiful um it, no, here's the thing no slam on your day to use batman there's no way that would have any staying power in my game room at all. Because. Uh, you probably played it more than I have. Well, honestly. just just a few times. Well, uh, okay. okay, All right. Then two of us together have played it five times. Okay. So okay. the only thing I know to say is that during that five times that I played it, I mean, I think I made every shot on the play field and, <laughs> and I felt like it, I immediately got multi ball and, and it was just it just did not feel deep in any way shape or form at all not not a single bit and that really kind of uh, really kind of bummed me out because I was I mean I'm a Batman fan I'm I'm a comic fan it's it's fan. the I'm a Batman
1: '89 it's like the it, it Michael is. Keaton Batman oh yeah
2: it's 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 Batman I'm Batman you know what I mean <laughs> and and I wanted it to be so 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 awesome and it was actually a big letdown so I don't know man I I would I would move it on to uh, to a fan do you have your phone close to you uh, that I do yes this is
1: this is terrible podcast form but. Uh, grab your phone. I want you to take a peek at something. All right. Okay. Yeah. And you'll probably recognize that background. Tell me when you get the picture.
2: Oh, you're gonna text it to me. Okay. Gotcha. I'm Nick Baldridge, and this is a Nippet <laughs> Alert. I'm Nick Baldridge. Oh, sweet. And this is a alert. Oh, it's a Nippet Alert. That is awesome. All right, let's do it. Let's do it. Did you get the picture? Uh, yes, I did get the picture. What is the picture? Oh, the picture is a nippet. Whoa, whoa, whoa,
3: whoa, whoa,
1: whoa! Did you alert. get a nippet? I did I'm get Nick a nippet. You did. This is a nip yes. Nip it. How did this happen? <laughs> <laughs> you, you didn't tell me about this. <laughs> you asked me that question earlier, and I thought somebody leaked some news that I was holding for the show. And now, <laughs> now,
2: now, here's the thing, everybody out there listening in, in, in podcasting land. Brent has held this information from me. I did, and he has not told me that he has got a nip. Dude, I'm coming over to your house more often now. Okay, because you've got a nip it. It's
1: official. I've actually, I've actually got a nip it. Tell us the story. I mean, inquiring minds have got to know. So I actually picked this up yesterday. Yeah,
2: dude, I'm jelly now. You know that? <laughs> Seriously, that's, I'm, that's the king of EMS, man. I'd In pick, my book, anyway, uh, man.
1: I won you over when you played that. Yes. And, and I totally. text, Now, Nick Baldridge was in the, in the know. And what did he, let's see, when I told Dag him. on
2: it, Nick, seriously. When I
1: told him I officially owned it, uh, what did he say? Oh, he just simply said, it has begun.
2: <laughs> did he really? <laughs> yes. That, that's awesome. Nick, okay. Nick is an enabler. <laughs> yes. Well, we're all enablers for ourselves and everybody else. So, okay. Tell us the story. I get a text from one of the one of my buddies, one of the owners of Rec Bar. Uh huh. All right, and he's like, "Hey, amigo,
1: are you still looking for a nippet?" And what got me was it was uh, Corey. He's been on the show. Yeah. And and I was like, "How does Corey know that?" Because I don't think I've ever brought it up to. I may have, but it's it's not in their genre. Yeah. You know, they're looking for solid state pins. Um, you know, like Williams system six and newer stuff that would play at rec bar, you know, in a public setting. Exactly. And so I have no idea. I may have mentioned it regardless if, if I mentioned it around then, it was long ago and he's got an awesome memory or he listens to the show. I'm not sure. Regardless, I get a text from him. He's like, I had a lady come in and she's got a game and um, she was just looking to get rid of it. And it was a nippet. I was like, really? Wow. I would love to talk to her. Yeah. So he sends me her number. Or email, however it ended up. I ended up with her phone number. And we talked one day uh, last week. Turns out they've had this game for 40 years. Whoa. Yes. Yeah. And they live probably 15 minutes from me. Wow, nice. Yeah, they live like five minutes from Rec Bar. Yeah. She'd heard they had games. Her husband, uh, unfortunately, was starting to have some health issues. Yeah. And they were scaling back. And they just decided, kind of like I said with Joe, they had just decided it was time, you know, and they were letting things go. And I think my guess is based on what I saw in the house, they might have been mo- getting ready to look at moving to a smaller place. Okay. Okay. So th- they'd held on to this game
2: for 40 years. Wow. Is it the only
1: game they had? It's the only game they had. Wow. And. I spoke with her. She was very reasonable when it came to the pricing. She didn't and we and I candidly said, you know, I, I appreciate that because I I get random calls quite often and people think that they have literal gold. Mm-hmm. And it very very rare it rarely will someone have something that is anywhere near what they may think that the value is, yeah. you know. Yeah. You you're not going to find somebody well, you may. I mean, I just found a nip at twenty minutes from the house. Had been owned there, for owned, owned by this couple for forty years. You're not going to randomly get a phone call for somebody that's got an Adams family that's that's home use only, and they're you know you know what I'm you know what yeah, I'm where I'm going with totally
2: this. totally.
1: So they were very very reasonable with the price, and I, I told them where I felt that it kind of should be and why, mm-hmm. and we were we were in line. It was it was easy to strike up a deal. And what ended up happening was is we had some terrible storms here yesterday when I went to pick up the rest of the games from from storage for the deal that we just talked about and worked it out. Between, you know, I got a cover truck from a family member, and family came and helped. And you helped two weeks ago. I mentioned all that. Yeah. And what we did is we just zipped by right off the expressway on the way to the house. It was five minutes off the expressway. Walked in, and four of us picked it up, walked it out, Put it right in the truck. And I say four because it was kind of uneven ground. It's a heavy. Yeah. And there was a little bit of distance. So why be silly? You know, it's like, because I picked up, me and another person's picked up a single game plenty of times.
2: Yeah. But if you got the help, you got the help.
1: Got the help. So we carried it out, you know, put it in the truck and it was easy peasy for them to deal with. They were like, oh, so you're not even going to take it apart. I said, nope, we're going to take it just as it is. Yeah. Took it out, put a little. Shrink wrap around it to protect the back glass and the head up against the edge of the truck, and you know it. It took a 15 minute drive. Yeah, ride is what
2: it did and landed in my garage. How about that? So well, good deal, man. Well, it, congratulations on getting a nip. I, I went over awesome. there. Oh, thank you. Have uh, you play? I mean, does it play? Okay. I went over
1: um, Saturday last Saturday evening. I think it was. Yeah. One day last week, Friday, regardless, it was one day last week, Friday or Saturday evening, and played it. And, uh, I mean, the the flippers would zip in. All the mechanisms worked. It had a little problem setting a ball for the first couple of balls. So there's a switch, I'm sure, in the trough that needs to be cleaned. Once I kicked it out manually. Then after doing that a couple of times, it cycled just fine. Yeah. Uh, I, the... The owner of the game start push start, and I think he start he started a four player game because he was trying to get it to go, and the ball was stuck in the trough, wasn't yeah. set. Yeah, so he ended up starting a four player game, and I noticed at least once it went from player one to player four, uh-huh. and then then to player like one or two, and the next time through it went one two three. I mentioned that to Nick, and he's like, oh, yeah, that should be such and such. This is where I'd look. So, I mean, he's already kind of given me pointers. So, yeah, that when I dive into it. But other than that, yeah, I mean, I was playing it, and the gator works. and Oh, nice. You know, all that fun stuff. That's, good. So that's a good
2: deal, dude. That's a, that's a total good it's deal. It's going to clean up beautifully. Yeah, yeah, it's awesome. So, where does it go down here? I haven't decided.
1: Because it's, yeah. they asked, and I think, <laughs> I think it was very important to them, because I could tell by the smile on their face that, they they could tell I, I had a little bit of collection. I, I figured what they figured out by the the truck and all the games when the door opened that that, that it looked like maybe I moved a lot of games. Yeah, and I, I said no. This one's going in my collection. Yeah. it will go in my personal game room. Yeah, and so I don't know. There's going to be some revamping done down here. <laughs> I yeah. got to find a place. Uh, you know, the Jurassic Park's going to come in here. Yeah, of course the nippet's going to have to come in here and uh, um you know i've got some other other games so there's going to be some rotation that's going to go there's just some st- some rotation's going to go
2: on some things going to have to happen yeah yeah i'm i'm looking at it you're going to keep all the pins in a row i think yeah
1: you know it just makes sense along this long wall uh-huh. and i can't go any further like where you're sitting yeah because then it starts to obscure the door easy doorway. access yeah. into the doorway into my shop yeah so like right now I can pull a pin out and then cock it just a little bit and get it around the high speed. Yeah. Because of those three videos. Yeah. That video lineup is definitely going to change. I think the domino man, well the domino man's definitely gonna go out into the garage uh for rotation. The uh, berserk I'm not decided. The Gorf is gonna stay. Um so anyway, I got some thinking to do. Yeah. There's gonna be some movement down here that's in the cool, next though. couple months. Yeah, definitely. no, that's, that's awesome. So there it is, Whitney. That is what I have had going on. It has been mammoth, massive, four or five other M words.
2: <laughs> so Well, you've had a you've had a busy month, I will say that. I mean, going seriously, going from playing Nippet at SFGE to talking about having one to getting one. I mean, literally within what, five weeks, six weeks? Yep. I mean, that's that, that's that's pretty good. That that is pretty good. So you know, in upcoming
1: episodes, we'll get to talk about kind of the how this collection plays out. You know, it. My intention for it, I'm not this. This isn't going to go Craigslist or any of that stuff. Uh My intention is to go back out into the collector community, and I've already made a few contacts on a few pieces. Yeah, and uh, um things will get played and loved, so to speak. So. Yeah,
2: well, that, that's good. That's good. Well, man, I don't know that I've had quite the epicness that that you have had over the past four weeks, but I, I'll tell you what—I'll run through my list because mine's mine's been actually but buttoning up uh, quite a few uh, quite a few loose ends, I think. But they they've buttoned up well. So, I mean, on the pinball side, dude, nothing. I mean, I, I was talking about playing my Ghostbusters some, but outside of that, I mean, I've just just walked up and played. I mean, I haven't like done any mods or, uh, worked on anything, unfortunately. And, and actually man, that, you know, I, I made uh made the statement in the notes. I mean, it, it actually kind of makes me sad because there's uh there is something pretty cathartic about pinball. And mm-hmm. when I don't, when I don't get to play for, for any, uh, length of time or, I don't get to work on the games or anything like that. It, it kind of bums me out. And then I play a few games. I get happy again and everything like that. So the moral of the story is, is just play more pinball and you'll be a happier person. So that's <laughs> I, what it amounts to. I
1: haven't got to play any of my games. Yeah. I, I have played a few games on Back to the Future. Uh-huh. Uh, I've noticed a little patina of dust on it when I look at it across the you know the light just right. Yeah. I played that, that Star Wars quite a bit, play testing it. Yeah. You're right. You... Uh, I, I, I didn't GC it the other night but with the glass on uh-huh. you know some official like real test play uh, I set the uh, the high, the first high score on it last night and man when you get uh, when you get all the music going you get several of the modes going
2: you it got it makes you happy the, it? The,
1: the, the faux Han solo voice which Eww. is just close enough but not necessarily Harrison Ford <laughs> yeah when you get him yelling at you and mm-hmm. you're going in hyperspace and R2's wigging out and you know it's it's there's something about being in that zone when i know you're, when you're shooting them straight in the death star yeah. you know
2: yeah it's it, it i don't know it brings you a special kind of happy there's, yep. there's no doubt about it so so pinball i i need to i need to just do do more along those lines i mean I've got plenty of projects kind of waiting in the wings but uh but that's fine that's fine i mean it, they'll they'll sit and they'll wait for for what I need to do um you know, it's it's interesting, man. I've had quite a few people uh, message me on Facebook and say, "Hey, how's how's Grace's console room coming along? How how are you doing on that?" And I'm happy to report that I'm done with it. It's done. And uh, is, is something like that ever truly done? No, probably <laughs> probably not. But it, but I will tell you, I will tell you where we're at with it, and the sheer fact that Grace and I have been sitting in there playing in it almost every day for the past almost two weeks. I'll I'll consider it largely done. So, so here's the thing: we, we, uh, well, when I say we, I mean her, her and I. But uh, because she, she's helped me actually quite a bit on this. You know, is just you know, run her and go do this and go do that. So, so she's she's definitely had a part in it. But we got the got the sound system installed, and uh, and man, I will tell you, Brent, uh, if 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 you're going to do any modern console gaming, Mm -hmm. you need a good sound system for the room because. Uh, we've been playing, we've been playing Splatoon 2 on on the Switch, and let me tell you, with a 5.1 surround system, it it is it's pretty impressive, because it, Grace is well, we say I, I say we've been playing it. Actually, Grace has been playing it quite a bit. I just sit and watch her and I laugh is what I do. But <laughs> I've but, heard but, of that
1: game. So what do you?
2: Dude. So so the whole so the whole purpose of that game is you can you can either play as as a single player or you can play uh locally cooperatively or you can play in online matches. And it's it's uh, when you're doing when you're doing online matches it's four people against four people and you're set in like an urban you're set in, in an urban um like like an industrial park or let's say like an skate park or uh you know a shopping mall or something like okay. that. And it's, it's a four-on-four, four, um, it's essentially a four-on-four four paint gun battle, for lack of a better term. Because See, I, you, I was you can-
1: envisioning some kind of Wild West spittoon, kind of like, um, what, there's, what, what pinball is it where you've got that, that mini game in the DMD and it's like a cactus spitting or something, and you got to move the spittoon left oh, and right. Oh
2: man, we we played that at uh, it's not L- Champion Pub. Champion it, Pub does that. Is is that what does I think it? that's one of them. Yeah, it has okay. a game like that. I yeah. don't know where
1: the cactus is coming from.
2: Yeah, that. Well, the cactus may be from the the other the Wild West game that we played. That man, I wish I. I'd so to that's look what it I was up. envisioning. Anyway, I didn't know well, it was like that. Well, the thing about it is, though, is you can level up your characters with different shoes and different hats and different guns and and different types of you know different types of weapons. But the goal is is to cover the the largest majority of the playfield with your color ink, okay? So you can shoot your opponents and knock them out and force them to regenerate at one okay. a, at at their end of the court. But ultimately, your goal is to splat as much of the playfield as you can with your paint, with your color paint, okay? Mm-hmm. You can you and you may have like a paint roller where you're like laying down a stripe of ink. You may have like a little uh, like a little bomb lobber which will lob like little paintballs that explode and when they hit you know the ink goes, your color ink goes everywhere but it's what's really cool is you can turn into a squid and then when you're a squid, you go underneath the paint and you can maneuver like real fast through, through the entire play field, like slide through, like it? slide through it. And you have to do that in order to refill your ink because you, as you splat, as you shoot and splat, you, your ink is, your ink supply is depleted and so you have to turn into a squid kind of like scoop up all the ink and, and, and fill your, you know, fill your gun or fill your paint roller back up. And it, it is. It's just so neat because the sound effects are great, the music is great, the animations are just awesome, and and on a good sound system, you can really tell the the intent and the the, the quality and the design that was put into the game. And so you'll hear you know ink splats from behind you and everything like it's it, like that. It's just it's my, my just Google neat. foo
1: is not working for me, so okay, I'm sure somebody gotcha. else. But I, I think it's well that that is not what I, I've heard of that game. I've heard people. Just rave about it. Oh yeah it, it, is. it is. It's, I it's had really no neat. no
2: idea what yeah. the concept was. Yeah. So, so Splatoon was released for the Wii U and Splatoon 2 has just recently over this past weekend uh, the weekend of well, it was released on Friday, July the twenty first. Splatoon two was released for the Switch, and so we've been playing that. And it takes advantage of the sound system and all that. So, so okay. So to bring this back around, so we got the we got the five point one surround system installed. That's great. It's working well. Um, I did install a, a forty a forty eight inch Samsung LED TV in there, and that's what we've been playing on. And then underneath of that, it's it's I've got it mounted and hanging on the wall. It's got a nice telescoping mount, so you can wherever you want to sit in the room, you can like you can angle the TV, you know, based, mm-hmm. or, based around where you want to sit, so you don't have a blind spot. And uh, and then I've got um, I've got my Sony Trinitron TV sitting underneath that, and so. And then off to the side we've got all the consoles and, and like a in like a storage cabinet and every everything along those lines. So it works out really well. Uh, did pick up a, a nice couch from IKEA and uh, put that on the other uh, end of the room because th- th- Brent, this room isn't very big. I mean, we're talking about may- maybe. Um in i am gonna say an eight by ten room tops, okay. Okay. So it's it's not it's not very oh, big. Oh, just from
1: the pictures, I would have thought it was larger than that.
2: Yeah, it's 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 not very big. It's okay. not very big. So it's it's a fairly small room. So by the time you put by the time you hang the TV on the wall, and then account for the consoles and, and the bookcase and storage that was on one side of the wall, what and then the was couch, that room
1: originally? Because that's kind of a it was
2: it was just a a, a spare a unused little bonus room, just type thing? a little bonus room that that we essentially used for toy storage while Grace was when Grace was a toddler. Okay, right. okay? and then as she is because it's grown, just an odd shape. It's it it, 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 that, it, kind it, of it, small. It's it, too small it, it, for a bedroom and too big for a, a a closet. Oh yeah, it is. But you can tell that. Um, and it's it's got a few um, it's got a few odd odd shaped cornered walls in it and everything, because you can tell that um, it it's the backside of closets for two other rooms so like two of the corners of the rooms kind of encroach on the space because it's not a perfect square mm-hmm. and uh, and it's also where the water main for the house is oh, so controlled It was like, well. well here's some
1: dead space let's put a door in uh, Essentially here's yeah, okay. some dead space but still that's let,
2: let, okay. Let's go ahead and make it into a room but you know what dude for a console room because of the the lack of depth from one side to the other mm-hmm. the sound like bounces all around in the room and the TV is even though it's on the wall and you're sitting on a couch on the other side of the room you're not like very far away from it at it all it feels like it, you're it, in a theater it, a it mini does theater. it feels like you're like in a little mini theater and so we've got the wii u and the switch hooked up there and uh i've got my snes and my um I've got I got my SNES and the Wii hooked up to the Trinitron, and I'm and Brent, I'll tell you, I'm I'm getting ready to uh, embark on doing an RGB modification for my Atari Twenty Six Hundred, and then okay. when I've got that done, uh, that's when I think I'm going to move. Uh, I don't I don't know if I'm going to hook it up to the Trinitron or if I'm going to move my PVM in in into that room, because I've got a, I've got a twenty inch PVM that I think I may that I may wind up going. You with mean instead. RGB out?
1: Yeah, yeah. RGB out. How would you out? hook that directly in the Trinitron unless you? Unless you got into the Trinitron and hooked it,
2: in uh, the Trinitron past the tuner. Uh, no, no, no. The Trinitron has component inputs, so oh. so it will do that. My Trinitron will do RGB. Oh, okay. It has RGB for input. Well, there you go. There you go. Yeah. So it does it via component rather than SCART, or whether or rather than like a Mini DIN. Gotcha. Okay. okay. All right. Yeah. That'll so work. um, so I'm I'm, you know what? I'm actually gonna put my Trinitron and my uh, PVM side by side. And run them and see which one I think has the better picture. And I know I'm splitting hairs. Okay, I really, I really <laughs> know I'm splitting hairs, but for me, you know, I wanna, I really want to play uh, my NES and my Atari on the, uh, on either the Trinitron or, or PVM. And I've already got RGB out for my Super Nintendo for my SNES, so I'm good on that. And it looks really, really good through the Trinitron. So, so anyway, dude. So, how, I, what's the, how big is the Trinitron? Uh, it's 32 inch Trinitron. Okay. Yeah.
1: This makes me think at one point in time I had a console Trinitron. Uh-huh. And it was it was so futury retro-y. It was like this white plastic console case. It wasn't cool. like a wood grain. Yeah. And I thought I will never
2: use this thing. And yeah. now I kind of want it back. Now you kind of want it back. Yeah. Well,
1: I know who got it and I wonder if she still has
2: it. Well, <laughs> you may you may want to you may want to you know throw the Indian give on it and see if you can't get it back, but uh, my Trinitron is in a, is in like a silver and gray case. So it's mm-hmm. not like a wood case or anything like that. And it, and it does that floor
1: or is it 32? Well, uh, it's probably, it,
2: it is, it is floor. Okay. But what I've, what I have done is I've actually got it sitting on a, uh, on a very small furniture dolly from Harbor Freight. Oh. <laughs> and, and you know what I did is I took the furniture dolly outside and I painted the entire furniture dolly flat black. And so, there you go. so you sit, so I've got the Trinitron sitting on the furniture dolly and it's, it's positioned where the Trinitron sits on the pads of the furniture... The TV sits on the pads of the furniture dolly. Mm -hmm. So because those things are so heavy, I can now... I can now move it because it's essentially on casters now, but you don't really see it because it's painted flat black, you know. So it, it works; it works out really well. And um, I'm just trying to decide if I'm going to do that or if I'm going to stick the 20-inch PVM in there and and play on that. So I, I don't know. It everything looks really good on the Trinitron. I, I I will say that. I think I'd stick with the Trinitron just because it has the look, but there there is that. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. There is that. So um so anyway, with that, so if, you know, if I'm getting the console stuff kind of kind of sorted. And uh Grace is just having a blast in there, and I go down. I mean, we go down there and play in there like almost every day now. Oh,
3: that's cool. And so,
2: yeah, yeah. And so she's into it, she's interested in it, and um, and I've I've talked to her about playing starting to play through Zelda on the NES, and she's she's like, okay, which she's like, which TV are we gonna play it on? And I'm like, we're gonna play it on the one on, on the bottom one, uh, on the big one on the bottom. And she goes, So, so how hard is it? And she, she's she's asked me, she goes, Do you think I'm gonna like it? And I'm like, I think if we play it together, you'll like it because when I first played Zelda Brent, on the on the NES, uh, I was 16, and so I was four years older than she is. So I dug into it, and I'm kind of wondering if she's still too young to really dig into an RPG. You know, the, the a full on RPG. Oh, like so she that. hasn't played any? No, no, she's RP- played RPG type games. No, yet. no, no, okay. uh, no, no. She, I mean, she's she's more, she's way more into. Uh, just you know, like Mar- she loves Mario because it's a platformer. Okay, she mm-hmm. loves the platformer. She loves like Splatoon. Um, you know, rock band, and you know, she's down there. She plays on the guitar and everything like that. She loves all that. But something where something like Zelda, where you have to devote a bit more. You know, a bit more time to it, and it, and there's not the instant gratification cycles, you know, for it for an RPG like that. I, I'm just I'm wondering right now if she's a little too young. I, if anybody, if anybody has you know 11, 12 year olds and they're successfully playing RPGs, I would really like to know which are which are playing. Well, I
1: guess the thing about Zelda, and I'm not a game, I'm not a console gamer, so to speak. I'm not even that good of a classic arcade gamer. And, and neither am I. Um, I play pinball con- great with a glass off with a magnet but that's a whole, other conversation. <laughs> yeah, that's a whole different conversation um, yes Zelda I, now I have we talked about it on the show before and the whole conversation with the NES classic yeah you know I, th- the one time Nintendo could actually get my money Man. in the past three decades and they they won't let me spend it.
2: Yeah, is on the is on the NES Classic. Yeah, I mean that's yeah, a whole other conversation that everyone's already had. Yeah, um, SNES I, Classic's going to be. It looks to be the same yeah. way. Did you hear about the Walmart debacle? I heard a little bit. Something about some of them got canceled, so I yeah. assume they oversold. Uh, you, know, I don't know, but my I, 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 I didn't saw the headline. I didn't read it. Well, I tell you what, I put in a pre order for two. Okay, okay, and mine have not been canceled yet. All right, so I may have one for you if, you, or, if you're interested. I got
1: to. I haven't looked at the game list because I don't remember playing anything on the SNES. Yeah, see this. And I
2: did Google for
1: it. Yeah. And for whatever reason, I got burned out reading some article on somebody before I found the game list. Yeah. Or maybe it wasn't even out yet.
2: Okay, okay. Is the game list out? It is, yeah. I think it's got 21 games, um, and they're pretty much the cream of the crop for the SNES, uh, no doubt, um, <laughs> and, and, and even Star Fox 2, which was unreleased. But uh, the SNES was, admittedly, the SNES was at the end of my console run, Mm -hmm. Um, but I I did get some time on it, and I dearly love it. I really do. I love the SNES just as much as I love the NES, But, um, but I've clocked more time on the NES than I have the SNES, but... Uh, the SNES has got a, the SNES has got just a killer library, dude, and the games are just all uh, the games are just all great. So I yeah, mean, I'm looking at the list now. There's there's nothing not there's nothing but not to love.
1: I guess where I was going with that is, yeah. is I, I played Zelda all mm-hmm. the way through. Now it just resets at the end, and the, and everything's in a little different place. but yeah. I played all the way through to yeah. the reset.
2: Yeah, and I don't think you need to play it more than that. And I mean, I, honestly, you, you get I do the it story, again. You get the story. I had fun. Oh, I did too. I enjoyed I, it. I, I really loved it, and I'm planning on do it, doing doing gr- it again. Grace
1: is far more intelligent and far more refined than I am so she would probably get a kick out of it.
2: <laughs> well, the, the thing that I'm I'm a bit concerned she she loves to play Minecraft and she's good on that. I'm just kind of curious how she would at 12 how she would approach Zelda because I approach Zelda at 16. And so four years, four years difference there. But I think we talked about this, you know, Brent. I I got out the Mead notebook and I was drawing high rule and doing a map. You know, I did. I drew a map as I went. And I, you know, I took Zelda as as a uh, as a campaign. I took it as something extremely serious to me at the time. And I, I'm just, I'm kind of curious if 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 at 12 she would treat it the same way that I treated it at 16. I'm not really sure yet. But anyway. We're going to do it. So we'll, we'll see how that goes. But um, so so the console room's done. We put up a bunch of uh, fathead vinyl uh, on, on two of the walls. It looks really good. And really, I guess about the only thing left to do, Brent, is just I need to hang some posters and some pictures you know, on one wall. But outside of that, man, we're, we're down gonna there put up, rocking it. Are you
1: going to put up one of those cool pictures that, that was popular when we were young. It's like the garage with the three Ferraris in it, or the, <laughs> oh, that. You know what I mean? Yeah.
2: No. Okay. <laughs> no. I, I'll, I'll I'll tell you what I'm actually thinking about doing is um, I am working with one of the hacks members, one of the uh, one of the uh, the Hoosier uh, Indiana arcade collector community uh, mm-hmm. members, and um, he's uh, he, he'll definitely know who who he is if he's listening, but he can do this really neat print to substrate. And okay. and so he can print on plastic on on plastic, and I am going. I am working with him on getting reprints pla- same size as the cartridge boxes, reprints of the Activision the the Atari twenty six hundred Activision box art. Okay. On on these plastic sleeves that you can essentially build a mural of on your wall. Oh, so you are you are you are not even just talking like flat plastic
1: clacks as much so they'll, they'll have a, th- a thickness three dimensions you said a sleeve
2: well they'll well they're they're very thin okay so yeah they oh, they, oh, they they, they so, have they're they're only let's say maybe an eighth of okay, an inch okay i was eight, eighth of an inch i thick. was thinking more of like uh almost like the thickness of a box yeah or so like to it. like
1: you might slide the whole box in like a protector oh yeah That's got what it, I was got thinking. no okay. no no
2: this this is going to be essentially um this, this is going to be essentially like a box art printed on a on a like size piece of plastic as the original box. Okay. But it's but it's it's going to be flat and I'm going to build a, a wall mural out of it. And at some point I would definitely like to do some of the Atari 2600 box art as well. But um, I'm thinking I'm going to use that one wall for just a, a few posters and, and building out some some retro murals is what I'm going to do on that on on the wall that we have left. So other than that, man, that's her console room and it's uh, it's kicking. So I'm I'm pretty pleased with it. She's real pleased with it. Brent, we were sitting on the couch the other day and she was playing Splatoon and she stopped and she just reached over and she gave me a hug. Oh. And I'm like, okay, that's that's uh, that that's worth not working on the zookeeper for a while <laughs> is what that's worth. So it's it's all good. I've already forgotten about. This. The zookeeper <laughs> yeah i know i almost have as well unfortunately but uh but it, it, it'll get its day but um, on the arcade side man so did you hardwire the surround or did you do some kind of like
1: rf to, or bluetooth for the remote speakers No, it's,
2: it's all it's all home okay run. yeah yeah it's all, all just home one run. yeah um so you know on on the arcade happenings um i talked last month about me splitting apart my my beastie board so i in fact, that's a faux pas on my side because it's still in the show notes, even though I haven't made any progress on See, it. See, now so this—you could have pulled that. back the curtains and just skipped over that. Yeah, I, I could, but uh, you know, it's it's there. I mention it and roll on. So, so as far as restoration goes, I have been doing some work on on some Nintendo cabinets. I mean, Brent, it, 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 I make no uh, make no uh, bones about it. Uh, working on Sky Skipper and getting Sky Skipper to the point to where it's ready for SFG. Uh, caused me to have to pull a few pieces and parts out of some other cabinets to ensure, I think we talked about this, to ensure I had a spare for everything, yep. okay? And a workable spare and a good-looking spare for everything. The good thing about this is is that now that that has taken place, I'm using the opportunity, instead of just um, piece like piecing my Popeye back together as it was, I'm going to use this as the opportunity to create the Nintendo row that Whitney has always wanted. Okay. So what does that mean? Well, my, uh, my Popeye was in a blue cabinet. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to take that blue cabinet and I'm going to put my Mario brothers into a blue cabinet. Okay. The, a, a conversion Style Mario Brothers, you, okay, not not, not
1: Super Mario Brothers versus, but a Mario no, Brothers, Mario Brothers, okay. okay,
2: not wide body, but just the the regular Nintendo style sized cabinet. Um, it's con- considered the, the the Mario Brothers conversion, conversion style. Okay, yeah, so that's going into the blue cabinet. Now, currently, uh, my Mario Brothers is sitting in a red cabinet that was an operator conversion. So I'm going to pull Mario Brothers out of that red cabinet, and then that red cabinet is going to become my Donkey Kong Three. And I've always wanted a red Donkey Kong 3. Always. Okay. And then I've got currently Donkey Kong 3 in an orange cabinet. And I'm going to put Popeye in that orange cabinet. So when it's all said and done, Mario Brothers will be in blue. Uh, Donkey Kong 3 will be in red. Popeye will be in orange. Skipper will be in blue. My Donkey Kong Jr. is in blue. And my Donkey Kong is in red. So uh, that will have the Nintendo row that I've always wanted. And then at that point, I'm going to get my Punch-Out out of my building... And, uh, and then I'll, I'll put my punch out in the row, and that's my Nintendo so row. So
1: let me ask this. The yeah. Popeye is an original dedicated Popeye, right?
2: It is. It, yes, it so is. So why switch it around? Because I want the Mario Brothers in blue, and I like Popeye better in orange. And okay. Popeye was also offered as a kit. Yeah. So, it, I mean it should it be in blue should it be in orange uh, that's i guess that's that's open to debate you know i'll swap the tags around and everything like that to keep it legit but that creates the that creates what i'm after so yeah Okay. Yeah, a, that's lot, what of, you want? a that's lot what you of, want, a lot of work, wondered. a lot of work for not a lot of games Yeah, I was just wondering. That's yeah. What? No, no, no. No, it's 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 all it's all fair question. So, anyway, that's uh, that's how that's how I'm going with that. So, I've actually been having quite a good bit of fun working working on the Nintendo cabinets. I I I dig them. They're 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 neat. They're easy to work on. As far as Skyskipper goes, um, Alex and I have just been doing some housekeeping, getting him ready for the the reveal uh, in the UK in October. Uh, Rich has got his artwork package finished, and I shipped that back to him, uh, or shipped that to Alex um, last week. And so it's on its way to London as we speak right now. So so that's that's going to be there. Um so uh the only other thing that I've got left to do I think on my side is to ship Alex's laminate and I've got that all packaged up and that that'll probably be going out this next week. That and, vendor that you
1: found that laminate and yeah. I was speaking with uh, a buddy of mine who was looking to redo a uh, an orange Nintendo cabinet. Okay. Do you have since the, the okay. texture and everything is correct and the thickness is correct with the vendor you found? Yeah. Do you know if they have the proper orange or did you do, even you know, pull th- samples? This
2: this is what I was going to take a look. This is what I was going to mention next. Oh, okay? okay. So if you go out to the Skyskipper Project website, uh, bring it up in your browser, Brent, and go take a look. Uh, there's a blog post. It's on the front of the page, on the front of the site, and it's called "Let's Talk Laminate." And I have documented everything that I went through mm-hmm. on the laminate selection for Skyskipper. And I've also gone ahead and did the research and got the samples in for uh, Nintendo Red, Nintendo Orange, and, um, and then a, dark, a darker Nintendo Blue if you wanted to do a D2K cabinet. Okay. Okay. So, um, I I've, I list if are you are you on this? Yeah, I'm actually okay. looking right now. Okay. So this go, this
1: I, I cracked out my old laptop to yeah. get because that's where I uh knew I had
2: everything set up so I yeah. could do I can nip it alert you. Yeah. And uh, it's not the quickest. Yeah. No. That, that's fine. That's fine. But that's one thing that I've also worked on since coming back from SFG over the past month is I sat down and I documented everything that I had on the laminate. And I've got a few pictures on the blog post that show Mm -hmm. the cabinet before, the cabinet after, you know, what it looked like before, after the laminate, a few, um, you know, a few in-progress pictures as well. And then I document all the color codes. I document um, the shipping charges, how much the laminate costs per sheet, exactly who to contact, where to go and get it, the uh, the codes for the laminate, and everything like that. So, Brent, if you see all that there uh, now, the, in, in the the sample, the colors, and the codes and all that are towards the very bottom yeah, of the I'm block. Yeah, I'm looking at post. it. I like I okay. like the
1: blue is Caribbean blue. Yeah. And yeah. the orange is fresh papaya.
2: Fresh papaya. That's exactly right. But, uh, but Brent, I will tell you, the samples match match okay because i've i've held every sample up against my own cabinets and i've got red i've got orange and i've got blue i've got black i've got i got them all when it comes to the colors like that and and those those samples are they're pretty much dead nuts on
1: see now i'm going to have to go back through my texts and all this because i remember having this conversation but i can't remember with who okay well but, yeah just shoot, to-
2: shoot them a link To that, okay, Mm -hmm. Uh, to that blog post, and that'll have everything in there that they could ever want to want to know about Nintendo laminate. All right, and so, uh, so that's so I'm really glad that that I that I took some time to document all that. So that's done and kind of off off my plate. Brent, I, I had no less no less than 20 people contacting me, asking me, when are you going to document the laminate? When are you going to document the laminate? And I told like, you. Yeah. I mean,
1: what have I asked you the most about of all it, of it? was about the laminate. The laminate. Yep. That's
2: exactly right. Well, I, hey, you know what? I'm an open book, dude. And it's all out there. So yeah, just go to the skyskipperproject.com website and you'll see the blog post right there on, on the main page. And, um, let's see. So other, so some, some other things people are asking me about, uh, the status of the conversion board. So honestly, right now I've really got nothing to report. I'm, I'm working on it and, um, I don't think it's going to be ready until Christmas time or sometime after. I mean, well, you said
1: earlier that you at least worked up a bomb and you yeah, to yeah. build the first couple Yeah, Yes, yep. so. I, I
2: do. And I've got the bomb in and, um, you know, I, I need to kit them up and see, you know, see how everything works, works out. But um, quite honestly, that's something that Alex and I have got to—we've uh, got to be in lockstep on. We got to be in an agreement on. And you know, I'm—I'm I'm just one part of the team, and I, I can't—I uh, can't really say when they're going to be available yet. But just—just just know that they are, and um, it's at some point. And uh, and then I think the other thing that was—that uh, was kind of interesting was uh, Van Burnham uh, authored an article about uh, the Skyskipper Skipper reveal that I thought was really nice, and it's in. This month's, uh, retro, or this, this current, uh, I, I don't know if it's a monthly or not. I believe it is, but it's issue 170. Let me just say it that way. It's retro gamer magazine. And that is a magazine that's, that's published out of the UK. And, um, I do not have physical hard copy of this yet. Uh, it is available at Barnes and Noble. And I've been checking with, uh, the Barnes and Noble closest to me, to my house, on a weekly basis, and they typically run an issue or two behind. So I don't think I want to actually have my hands on this for another three or four weeks. You're, you're going to buy every one, aren't you? You're going to
1: walk in and just pick <laughs> no, up every one off the shelf. No, I, I
2: do. I do want to, but I, I do have I do have the article in PDF because I contacted the publisher and they gave me the article in in finished PDF form. Oh, okay. So I, I've got that, so I could get so I could get it reprinted. Did you have to with,
1: like send them a picture of you next to the game pointing at it to prove no, that you were Whitney No, Roberts? no,
2: I, I didn't. I just I just sent the publisher and you know, from my, uh, from my broken token address and said, Hey, I'm Whitney. I'm one of the dudes in the article. Can I get a PDF of this? Because, I uh, I can't buy this right now where I'm at. And they, they were actually very good to work with. And they sent me, you know, it took a couple of days and they sent me the PDF and it was, it was done. So sweet. So it worked out. So I'm, I'm looking forward to getting, uh, you know, getting that printed and framed and hanging in the game room and everything like that. So all good stuff. But, uh, that's that in a nutshell, is not brent i uh, yeah i worked on my daughter's console room we've played splatoon i did a blog post and i'm working on the conversion board so that's kind of how that goes oh yeah and I'm, I'm working on kidding back up my mario brothers so that's in a nutshell dude that's it and I, played <laughs> so, and I played some ghostbusters yeah i played some ghostbusters but i did not get a nip it dag on it i got a nip it
1: <laughs> i got a bunch of stuff and a nip it and a nip
2: it so got more stuff a, than I know
1: what to do with, our, an it. Our, our, and a
2: an it, Yes, and I've got more stuff I know what to do with too. More stuff but than I know what to. There's a show title. Yes. More
1: stuff than I know what to do with, an and it. An if it. That's a nippet. And a it. It's a little exactly longer. Right. It's a little long. It's but, a
2: little long, but it works. I'll I'll, I'll cook up something uh, tongue in cheek and and, and something wise.
1: Well, we still got you know a couple more. Um, a couple more sections segments. to the segments of the show here. Yeah, any hilarity
2: could ensue, Whitney. It's, it's you know, Who knows? We, we could turn this thing upside down. Who knows? And we what don't even know to yet. Puke out of our mouths in the next <laughs> couple hours. Oh, uh, awesome, awesome. Okay, dude. Well, how about this? Let's uh, let's take a break and let's uh, let's rotate the buffet and then let's come back and uh, head through our spend Brent's money. And I think you're going to talk a little bit about uh, what. About soldering uh, tutorial? Yeah, about soldering I, yeah okay I, awesome
1: we'll get into it in the next segment and no, i can't give the background on it we'll roll through it
2: okay sounds like a plan Okay, Brent, what everybody cannot see me doing is bouncing up and down on my hands because <laughs> it's been like three months since we spent any of your money. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I want to spend money. You're not going to get to do it just
1: yet, yeah, though, Whitney. Oh, man, I'm come sorry. on. you got to I mean, wait a little longer. Dude,
2: I worked like dude, for I, I, two I, days putting this list together to spend your go money. Go back to
1: segment one. You don't think I haven't spent a lot of my um, own money here recently? You know, well, I
2: tell you, you've, you're reaching Whitney, Whitney category on spending the money is what my you're God. doing. I've converted a lot of cash into big boxes out yeah. in the garage. Yeah, into big wooden boxes yes. that sit. Yes, I get it. <laughs> sit. <laughs> that sit. So, you know what's going on in my garage right now? Nothing. A lot of sitting. Yeah, just a lot of sitting, man. A lot, yeah. of sitting. a lot of wood that's hot. How about that? <laughs> Yeah, all right, so before we spend your money... We haven't
1: had one of these sections in a long time either, so you know what? We we
2: haven't, we haven't. So I think you're going to cover off on um, a bit of a revamp or maybe a highlight reel of one of your uh, presentations at Southern Fried Game Room Expo, correct? Right, now in the the
1: Super Doppler wrap-up of SFGE, (laughs) I mentioned the soldering tutorial slash panel demo that I get slash demo that I gave for SFGE 2017 Mm -hmm. yeah it was very well received that it was full full room no doubt I I had folks that came up to me afterwards and would ask me some questions and I was just honestly I was I was just thrilled that it went over so well and I was humbled given that I thought why not discuss yet again something that's very visual in an audio medium and run through the basics of that soldering tutorial and kind of you know and this this is good for pinball folks and it's good for video folks uh-huh. yep. and there's a and I say kind of a condensed version. Think of this as like the teaser reel. Ideally, I want to revamp this again. Taking I think I mentioned this in the last show. Taking what I've learned and give the re give the presentation and do it in such a way that it fits better mm-hmm. in a in a in a reasonable time frame. It's a little bit more controlled i i can change a few things up we can learn more and do more with less jumping around and actions on my part that was actually taking valuable time to switch yeah from one thing to a next to yeah. discuss something, then bring up a demo. A lot of that had to do with how I was going to try to do like some slides and then go to a demo then yeah. a slide of what we were going to do, then go to a demo.
2: Well, I'll be able to help you yeah. in, in November. And that's where, that's where, because at SFG we were, we were literally spread double dipping, double, double yeah, dipping. Quite and a bit. I couldn't, essentially couldn't be your, I couldn't be your gun runner. You know what I'm saying? Yep. I, I, I wasn't, I wasn't pitching you moon clips as you, as you were, as you were shooting. So just one of those things. So well, I think it'll be a lot easier. I, I agree. So yeah.
1: you'll ideally toward the end of the year yeah. when we do this or I do this again, that's something we can produce into a video. Yes. So here's yeah. kind of a stopgap. And again, this this will apply, and I'll touch on that how how to apply, and I'll give some examples of both video and pinball. So basically, how, soldering, where to start, and I, I'm gonna I'm gonna look at this from the perspective of you've gotten into the hobby you've been into the hobby for a while and, and you decided that okay i understand that i need to replace this i mm-hmm. need to replace this coil in this pinball i need to replace this fuse block i've got a game where the switches are soldered not like crimped with quick disconnects and i need to replace a switch under a control panel i i, I see that i can i can work with that but i've not crossed that that Barrier to entry and actually bought some equipment and considered the mechanics of how to do it and, and that's kind of a little of what I want to address right now. Okay, yeah,
2: and if we think about it, I mean that the room at SFG was so was so full. Yep, for something that is that is what I would consider a necessary skill, and even a basic skill in the hobby, it still has a lot of mystery around how to do it properly. And uh, that's evidenced by how many people were in your were in your session. And one of the things I pointed out there, and maybe we can
1: even even garner this feedback from this segment from mm-hmm. our audience because this will reach more people than that than we yeah. did at that in that room. But it's just sheer numbers. Yeah. There's a million ways. You know the pervert, You know the per- what's the old you know million ways thing, skin, skin a cat. Skin a cat yeah, you know I was going to say
2: proverb but isn't a proverb. there's a million ways to skin a cat no the proverb would be the only good cat is a skin cat (laughs) (laughs) and no offense to cat to cat lovers out there at all so you know that's how that goes yeah so
1: there's things that i do that i've taught myself that someone that has repaired games for decades may they they may have never thought of something i I had a, a an old school repair guy show me just what, what made perfect sense, this interesting technique to join two wires together. And it's what he's done for years. And I, I never thought of that, mm-hmm. you know, and, and vice versa. Hey, this is how I do this. This is how I learned to do this. This is a shortcut I learned.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Oh, well, Oh, you learned this doing that. And Oh, well, let's trade ideas. Yeah, so, yeah. you know, if, if you're like, Oh, I've done this for decades. Hey, give this a listen. Yeah. And then if you've got some, some ideas, shoot them our way. We'll share them.
2: I'd be happy to.
1: Okay. So you know, the first thing I want to talk about is is basic iron selection. And, and what you're going to notice with this conversation, it's not going to be exceedingly long and not for a broken token, you know, technical section uh, by no means, but I'm going to take a couple kind of steps forward and then I'm going to back up a little bit in a few places and then take a branch where I'm going to touch on some related things. Okay. So first off, let's, let's just start with basic iron selection, assuming you don't have tools, I ran down a list of tools in the presentation, and basically, I think the rough number was: is you could outfit a workbench with some reasonable tools for 120 to 150 bucks. Okay, and has some fairly nice tools. Now, I'm not saying that a lot of these tools would be like production quality where you're soldering eight hours a day, but i I'll mention a couple tools here that I own and I've used like you wouldn't believe, and they keep on trucking so for even a heavy hobbyist use, I think we're gonna be just fine okay, sounds good so iron selection first thing I would say is is you want a a nice temperature controlled soldering station. Okay, something where you've got some adjustable temp, you know, adjustable temperature. You don't want your classic soldering pencil, you know, it's like an all in one type of a unit. Those tend to be like lower wattage, they're fixed temperature. And I mean, yeah, they're inexpensive, but it's definitely a a case of you get what you pay for. Speaking of inexpensive, there's a real entry level weller, and I've got links and we should get all these in the show notes uh, to Amazon. The WCL 100. So don't you know? Don't worry about all the specific models and trying to memorize all of it. Just yeah. look at the show notes.
2: Just look. At the, just look at the blog post for this episode. Yeah. It'll all be there.
1: The moral of the story is this unit is down to about thirty bucks. I've got one of these. This model has been around forever. It's a very basic unit. When I first bought it, I got it on a super double deep discount sale at a local retailer, and I think I paid fifty or sixty bucks for it several years ago. And like I said, now on Amazon, they're down to 30 bucks. Very common. Tips are common. Tips are inexpensive. Very basic. And if you look at, we've talked about, like, I think some of the, is it Tenma? Tenma. Yes, yeah, it I, is. I think that there's, uh, MCM Electronics or a couple of them have a Tenma iron or Timna station. It's basically a knockoff of this. There, you see them in, like, a gray plastic, and this one you see in a red plastic, well, that Tenma Station, which is generally, or I think last time we talked about it, maybe in the $20 range, that's a that's a copy of this Weller. all right. And for all I know, they're probably made on the same line. I'm not sure. I'm not sure if it's a copy. I'm not sure if it's the same thing cast in different plastic. Regardless, the Weller branded one, I've had forever. It's still on my bench. It's sitting on the top of a stack of... HACO desoldering stations now, and I still use it. I'll, I'll turn it on. I'll drag it over to a pinball and plug it into the service port and use it to stick coils on. It's just that way. I don't have to like unwire my main station and my, out of the, the loom that is my workbench. I use it with, uh, uh, when I'm doing monitors, I'll just, you know, the tips are inexpensive and usually monitors, the older ones are pretty hardy yeah so i just i use it when i'm just i'm literally just burning solder just do, 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 just kind of just rolling through it still use it to this day they're down to about 30 bucks the the current models where you're right there at that consumer upper end consumer grade out of weller are the wes 51 and the wes d 51 there, If you've seen a, like a light blue, kind of a sky blue, baby blue Weller soldering station, chances are it's one of the WES 51 stations. The difference between the WES and the WES D is the D has a digital readout on it. So when you set your temperature, it's got a digital readout. It tells you exactly what the temperature is. Fast to heat up. Mm-hmm. Tips are readily available. The pencil is very lightweight for what it is. The, the WES without the display runs about hundred bucks on Amazon. The D with the display runs about one forty. Okay. Can't beat that. No, not for what it is, not for what it is. Now the, and uh, the hackle front, they've got the FX eight, eight, eight. And I believe this, the recent introduction is the FX eight, eight, eight D, which is like the Wes D. It's got a digital display. I've used this. I brought this iron from a buddy and, uh, and uh, it works just fine. For what it is it's the in my eye it's the hacko equivalent of that weller 51 wes d51 okay all right and they run about 100 bucks so if i was going to buy a new station today I, I can't remember the specs i can't remember I, I think the weller might be a have uh uh a, it might be a, a few more watts I, I can't recall but honestly if i was gonna buy one today and i was just i'd probably buy the eight the hacko fx 888d it's a little cheaper, gives me the same display. It's a few years newer, a little bit more modern design, got a nice lightweight pencil. The base itself is smaller, so it's a less of a footprint on my desk. I, I'd go with the Hacko. I mean, to me, it's a push. It's one way or the other. Regardless, you can be into a fairly nice little station for hobbyist use between $30 and $140. You could go in that $100 range and get something that's just, in my opinion, works great. Now there's a lot of folks out there that probably work production. They've got they may be in labs, they may be electrical engineers. I don't want to kid you, there are high high-end stations. Oh, I mean Oh, yes. They're, they're like cars. Yes. You can spend as little or pinballs or video games or anything else that we talk about. You can spend as little or as much as you want. I just know what's wor- what works for me, what I've used. And I've had good luck with um, the hackos and, and the wellers doing everything from small dot one pitch headers, ICs, sockets all the way up to huge pads on power supplies and and like Geo sevens when you're putting flybacks in and putting coils in, pinballs. I've just I, I think they're fine. Mm-hmm. You know, and you know, if, if anybody else has any suggestions out there of of irons in that hundred dollar price range i'd love to hear it and if you've got good feedback on higher end irons uh, you know i'd like to hear that too personally i do quite a bit of soldering yeah
2: as as do i so
3: yeah
1: i don't see upgrading i'd like to have the hacko because it's a smaller footprint but i'm not going to buy it until mine finally gives up the ghost and at the rate it's going it's going to live for a long time
2: here here's the here's my only uh color commentary on this is that Typically, once you invest in either a Weller or a Hacko or a brand for your workbench, mm-hmm. you'll probably want to keep with the same brand for like a portable station or your toolbox or whatever it may be. So, just consider that for for tip, you know, for tip for, for tip compa- for, yep. for tip compatibility or portability. And um, you know where I buy my tips at the most is mm. eBay. Oh, and do you? Yes, I do. Have you and had then, any problems with like aftermarket tips? No, I don't buy aftermarket tips. Okay, I buy Weller tips. Is what I oh, buy. okay? All okay. right, and not, uh, not,
1: you haven't had anybody like slip some
2: in no, or something like no, that? No, no, they're all they're all in blister. They're all they they all come in Weller blister packs. Okay, and, and every, right. everything seems to be legit so far. But I'm very careful about who I buy from, gotcha. and I only buy from us. I only buy from U.S. distributors, not China, not Chinese distributors or anything. Like in case that. something gets subbed in, and, in and, yeah, and I,
1: it's like Waller W A L. Yeah,
2: yeah, Waller. Yeah, exactly. And uh, now we Wallered around in the pond for a little while in the mud. But anyway, uh, th- that's the only thing. I mean, I did I'm with you. I love the portability and the space savings that the Hacko provides. But I'm Weller on my irons, and I'm Hacko on my desoldering. Irons. I'm the same way. So, so I use a certain set of tips for assembly and then i use a certain set of tips for disassembly and that's just the way that's just the way quote unquote i've come up you know and i'm not going to switch now, now I will it tell make you, make any sense the
1: wcl 100 that i mentioned the uh-huh. cheaper one yeah. it does have different tips than the wes line okay. so the wes line i think is where you start to use the same tip through the upper echelon of the yeah. weller irons yeah. and yeah. the wcl is kind of like this lone child probably like a throwback from Um, the, I'm sure that's probably their first throw at an inexpensive hobbyist type iron and it was so successful. It's just hung around.
2: Yeah. It, it, you know, the only thing that I'll say is that when you look at, um, a Weller like, like the WCL 100, the only thing that the only thing that's a little bad about that is it doesn't have the heft to the base and you'll move it around as you're moving the iron around. And I've noticed that because the other thing too, you you have to be considerate. Of, and the
1: iron it, itself is kind of heavy and bulky. Yes, yeah.
2: yes, it is. That 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 iron is is heavy and bulky, and chances are the cord is not very pliable. And it and you can almost move the base around by moving the iron around. I've and used it, mine it, so much at this point; it's, it's got, got it it's pliable. Yeah, yeah okay, got gotcha. No, you're right, absolutely. Yes, and yeah. that's that's just something that I've noticed on the cheaper irons because I've got a couple of the cheaper irons. I don't have wellers. But um, it, it, they're, they're kind of like my my portable toolkit irons, and I don't like them. I mean, I got mm-hmm. them I got them from like, um, AliExpress or something like that, and they're just they're they're crap irons. And I and I really need to get a Weller, uh, in in and just go ahead and pay the money and just have it in the toolbox and be done <laughs> with it. You know, yeah.
1: Now, I you bring that up, but yeah that the the WCL one hundred has got the. the Cord to the iron, if I recall correctly, from, that goes to the base station. It's very similar to just like a power cord. Yes, it's, you know, it's a little stiff. Yeah, and I mean, yeah. just like you'd use in a lamp. Yeah. Whereas the Wes units and the and the Hacko, it's like a nice, uh, like I guess silicone sheath.
2: Yeah, it's it's silicone. It's it's, it's got like a ne- it, it almost feels, feels like almost like neoprene. Like neoprene, exactly. Yeah. And it, and you could literally take it. And wrap it around your finger. I mean, because it's so pliable and and it's so elastic, mm-hmm. it has like zero bind in it whatsoever. The cheaper irons, those cords have got bind to them, and they just don't move real well. So anyway, caveat mTOR, You know, yeah, just, but, but hey, if you're on a budget consider, and you you're on a budget and you
1: want to learn, that's it. The WCL 100,
2: it's, thirty it's a good bucks. One. It's a good way to go.
1: It's a good way to go. Yeah, I, I still, yeah. ha- even though the tips are different, I, I still the tips are inexpensive. I still use that iron to mm-hmm. this day yeah so yeah no i get it I really um like- speaking of tips I would suggest a tip cleaner. And if you've ever seen uh, someone that does a lot of soldering generally on their desk, they'll have a little pot with like what looks like a coil of like copper wire in it. And it's like a physical tip cleaner. You stick the tip of the iron in there and give her a little swirl. And it just, it wipes anything off the end of the tip, old solder and the like, you know, the alter alternative is, is you'll see like the sponges in like a little cup or something yeah. in the base of the soldering iron. Yeah, it. I I go back and forth. I've seen people complain about the sponges. Well, it it thermal shocks the tip, and it because it's real hot, then you're dipping it in a sponge with water and it gets cold real fast. And it honestly, I don't have an opinion on that. If it was truly a problem, I would think they wouldn't include the sponges, but then again, maybe they do. So they'll sell more tips. I I, I don't know. Yeah. And if, if I'm just doing a couple, if I'm doing a lot of soldering, I'll wet the sponge so it's ready to go. If I'm just touching up a couple things, I'll use the, um the cold wire uh-huh. needless to say, both are on my desk and I, I'll even switch back and forth. It just yeah. dep- honestly it depends on my mood at the moment. Yeah. So. It,
2: you're I'm with you. I tend to use the cold wire more. I, I don't know why I just for me, it just, I don't know. I just do. So anyway, but yeah. So those, totally. those
1: little pots with the wire uh, spun or not spun. It's almost like a Brillo pad. They run mm-hmm. about 10 bucks. Yeah. So. Yeah tip selection now this this is like your ford versus chevy versus dodge truck argument okay different people like different tips and i, I personally I, I use two different types i mean classically what you're going to get is a conical type tip and that think of a, a cone you know you're going to have a, a wide base toward the iron so come down to a sharp point point. and then your other basic tip type is a chisel or like a flat blade almost like a screwdriver I like a conical tip and I I use that typically when I'm doing PCB work and I want to get in like and I'm doing pads for like legs on a socket or a chip or putting resistors in or, or, or whatever. I do use a chisel tip when I'm working on larger things like Uh, tabs on a coil like I'm putting a pinball in uh, putting a coil in a pinball yeah I'm if I'm replacing like a fuse block that's soldered in and it's solder tab you know I'm soldering to the tab I'm doing uh, flybacks and I've got a huge pad I'm Older monitors where they just have big monstrous pads for each of the components. I will use a chisel tip, and the reason being is, is <laughs>
3: yeah,
1: it's a nice flat. It's got a nice flat surface area, and you've got a lot of contact
2: point uh-huh. for heat transfer. Yeah. Otherwise, you're you're going to sit there for minutes waiting for that solder to it to go. Mold. Yeah. If you're just doing it to <laughs> yeah. the little itty bitty fine point, tiff, yeah, a yeah, little itty
1: yeah. bitty fine point, exactly yeah. right. Yep. Solder. I mean, this is something that you can literally write a book about. We can do an entire 14-hour Broken Token Classic Arcade and Pinball podcast show about solder. All right? But we won't.
2: No. I've got <laughs> three
1: line items to mention. Yes, yeah. Okay. You want you want 60/40 tin lead mix rosin core solder. Electronics solder. You don't want plumber solder. That's got um I think it's got some kind of acid in it that it uses as the flux and that will just eat your electronics what's okay so what is the rosin core that is basically a a a it's got flux in the center of it what does flux do when flux melts it has it will melt a little bit before the solder will and it will roll out over that joint and help to clean it and push away any contaminants and kind of pre-prep the the surface for good solder flow okay so you can get brush on flux that you can you know dab on yourself if you've got you know joints that are you're having a little problem getting solder to flow into, Rosin Core Flux slash Flux Core Solder has that in it already. Mm-hmm. It's like an all-in-one package. I go with, uh, and I generally say stick with the brand names. There's a billion types of solder out there. You get what you pay for. The more expensive generally is going to be your higher brand name if yeah. you're unaware of, of the brand names. Kester, K-E-S-T-E-R, is one of those staples that's been out
2: there forever. What about solder expiration date codes on the solder? Have you run into a situation where you feel using old solder versus new really makes a difference? And I have my own opinion on this, but I'm curious as to what you think.
1: I haven't, and here's why. Okay. I have, just for laughs, found, like, not well i didn't find this for laughs but i have found in the bottoms of machines like little coils of solder uh-huh like where a tech maybe had something in her pocket and they dropped it or something yeah, yeah. and it's been pretty dirty and, and crummy and just for laughs just to see you know i'll wipe it down with something mm-hmm. to get all the any dust and dirt off of it mm-hmm. and use it mm-hmm. honestly I, I don't know where it came from i don't know how old it is but it and works for sticking a wire on a switch or. Sti- I, I haven't had fine. a problem out of it.
2: Yeah, I, I mean it's it's funny because when you and this is just something to be aware of when you're shopping for solder, a lot of times in the bylines of the item descriptions you'll have, especially like with Kester. And and trust me, I I only use Kester as well. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've got rolls of Kester at the house. Okay, sixty forty, just like what you were talking about. And it's funny because when you buy it in bulk, one of the things that will be used as a selling point is is it's like fresh from the factory, less than six months old. Things like that, and and they'll they'll have a date code on the on the the cardboard sleeve, mm-hmm. the little uh, like conical sleeve that holds the the solder roll. And I'm sitting here thinking, it's like, this isn't a gallon of milk. I don't really know why this matters because I'm going to heat it up. Maybe it has something to do with how quickly it may go cold or how quickly it may crack later on down the line. I don't know, but Brent, I'll tell you, I'm using solder rolls that are years old and having absolutely zero problems with it that I know
1: of. My only guess would be, like if you see a a diagram of a cross section of flux core slash rosin core solder, typically what you'll see like from kester is you'll see like a circle which represents the outside of the the solder wire itself yeah and then you'll see like spiraled through that
2: three tracks of the um of the flux almost like you're looking at like a cross-section of a tire like a steel right. a, like a steel belt in a tire. right exactly yes. uh-huh.
1: and my my only guess is is that that maybe that degrade flux will degrade over time i don't
2: know but but
1: i'm with you i've had solder that's that's been years old i mean i've kept it you know in a cool dry place out of light in a drawer and then whenever i finally get to a point where i use a a pound spool which seems to take forever, forever yes I just get the next one. I just get the next one and go. go. I yes, never really exactly. had any att- paid any
2: attention. Yeah, I'm just, I'm just curious. I mean, because I think it's something that would that would trip people up if they're looking and they're saying, okay, do I, do I want this or not, or is this solder over here? It doesn't say that it's fresh, so is it inferior in any way? I'm telling you, I don't see how it is. So don't don't get hung up on that, folks. If you're looking for, I it mean, if bulk. you're
1: doing some high end type work, <laughs> which is not us, it might make a difference, yeah. but i'm with you whitney i'm not ran into that i have not yeah. ha- and trust me i've actually had now that i think about it i've had been given some pretty crusty rolls of solder and honestly like like okay what happened to that and then just pull off like i don't know how many feet of it to take off the couple top wines and get it down to where it's clean and just and just go go to town
2: yeah yeah, you know, exactly. I might
1: use it to burn wires. Like, I, I've got a roll now. I use it pretty much just to stick wires on coils. Got it. You know, and it comes out, and I get a nice, clean, nice, nice
2: bright. Nice, bright, silvery-looking, almost, almost, almost like mercury. Yeah, you know, it's ready yeah. to go. Yeah, exactly. Okay, all right. Your mileage enough. may vary. Exactly. All
1: right. Uh, my only other recommendation is to get a couple different sizes. And, and this is kind of a, a personal feel type thing, but I tend to keep a smaller size on hand for... um more fine work, like I'm doing sockets or ICs, or, you know, if I've got uh, passes, I'm putting in a PCB. And then I'll keep a larger size around when I'm doing like flybacks or coils or switch tabs, um, just bec- or, or monitors, because some of the older monitors, they just have massive pads that you're trying to solder to. And at the end of the day, if you're using a given weight of solder, you know, you got a pound roll of this size and a pound roll of that size, it all washes out to be the same. I would think in terms of cost and because you're still using the same volume, but I you get kind of tired if you've got a super spindly little yeah, like dot 32 or whatever it is. And you're just like putting, it feels like you're putting eight feet of it, oh, in yeah. it to you're put a just, flyback on. You're just on.
2: rolling it in. Yeah, yeah, exactly.
1: Okay. So basic technique. We talked a little bit about irons. We talked a little bit about tips and a lot of this, like I said, it's personal. Um, you may take a little experimentation, visit a buddy that, that that may already have a setup, and then see if you could use some of their equipment and just get a feel for what you might want to do. It mm-hmm. might save you a little time and trouble when it comes to ordering parts and pieces, and you end up with something, ah, this just doesn't work for me. I don't like this. This yeah. isn't me. Yeah. Basic technique. So once you've got your stuff ready to go, this is where I see most people mess up when it comes to trying to solder two things together they are they will solder they will heat with the iron one side of the joint so maybe just the leg or maybe just the pad if they're putting in a socket or an ic or they'll have a wire wrapped around a lug on a coil on a pinball and they'll hold the solder the soldering iron to the wire And heat only and heat it up so much that it just flashes the the insulation right off the wire just melts right off of it but it won't take solder the joint won't hold oh yeah where where a lot of people I see mess up is is they don't heat both sides of the joint in unison okay so if you've got a leg sticking through a PCB you want to touch both the leg and the pad if you've got wire on a tab like wrapped on a tab or through the eyelet of a tab, like on a pinball, pinball coil or a switch tab or a fuse block tab, you want to touch the wire to the tab itself, excuse me, the iron to the tab itself and to the wire. Heat both sides at the same time. Then you want to flow solder into that joint. Don't like stick it on the end of the, the iron itself and try to dribble it down the iron into the joint. Don't use the iron as your path to get the solder into the joint. So, you know, for example, I'm sitting right here at, at in front of my laptop. I might have the iron in my right hand and my solder in my left hand and I've got something right directly in front of me that I'm going to solder. I'll take that iron and I'll touch it from the right side to whatever I'm soldering, touch both both sides—the leg and the tab, or the uh, excuse me, the the leg of the IC and the solder pad, or the tab on the coil and the wire. Touch to both. Then from the other side of what I'm soldering, the other side of that joint, I'll start to feed solder in it, and it'll flow right in and get drawn right over to the iron itself. Yeah. Okay, and it just takes a little bit of practice. Find your go to. Uh, an uh, electronic store crud. none of those exist anymore go to a thrift store Goodwill Yeah. yeah and
2: find something from the 80s find an old vcr or like an old audio amp that, exactly. That's exactly that's what i started with like it like a really old blown up you know like techniques audio amp or something mm-hmm. and you can there's plenty of caps to desolder on that right and to resolder and, and the reason yeah. i
1: say 80s is because if you get like a newer a newer vcr or a dvd player all that'll be service mount mm-hmm. there won't be it won't be anything like what you're used to seeing in a pen or a video that we tend to deal with Yeah, called through
2: hole yeah, exactly. exactly you
1: want you want something that's through hole component exactly and you can look at what what the how the factory soldered now that isn't soldered by hand but you can work at trying to emulate that so that you don't have too much solder it doesn't look like a big ball or you don't have enough where it's like really cupped in Mm -hmm. and it doesn't completely seal the joint yeah and just practice
2: and you'll know when you've got it right i mean after a little bit of practice Mm -hmm. your, your eye will guide you and you'll know when there's enough it it's just one of those things. You do it three or four times, and then you'll you'll get the feel for it.
1: So, like I said, the biggest the biggest thing I, I see, the biggest issue I see when, when kind of teaching someone to solder is uh, they're not heating both sides of the joint, and they're not letting the joint draw solder in. They're trying to, like, run it down the tip of the iron. So I think if you can work around that, you're already, you know, 80% of the way there. The next big thing I see that folks struggle with, and this is especially in the pinball world, is you've got like parts that are flying. You don't have a a PCB, you've kind of got everything right there captive. If you're gonna do like a coil, the coil is say still hanging in the assembly, but you've got this flying wire floating around. Well, how do I get A with B and then stick it together with solder? And you see kind of all these weird concoctions of ways to make all this stuff happen. Here's what I do. I tin. What is tinning? Tinning is going ahead and melting a little solder on one side of your joint on a component, whether it's a tab of the coil or the wire itself. I'll heat the tab on the the coil, flow a little solder onto it, or back on it if it's an existing coil and I'm reattaching a wire. I will take the wire and I will get a nice clean surface on, on the wire, and whether I have to cut a little off, strip it, and I'll heat the wire and just flow a little solder right into it. And you'd be surprised at how fast this works. Because a lot of people will just lay the heat to it, and then they'll start to melt the insulation. That you've gone too far at that point. You know, you've got to get a little quicker with your technique. And then you can easily practice this with a coil of old wire or something ripped out of a harness, or the last time you wired an arcade game jamma, mm-hmm. and you have these three or four you know, sections of wire, set it down on a table and lock it down with one of those little helping hand dealies with the little alligator clips and just practice how to tin the end of a wire. So I'll tin the tab. I'll tin the wire. Then I'll set my solder down. I'll hold the wire. I'll hold it to the tab and I'll touch the iron to both simultaneously. The solder will start to flow on both the tab and the wire. The wire will sink into the joint and you just hold it steady for a couple seconds until the solder uh, sets up and you're done Mm -hmm. don't you know when you're doing something like this you don't want to move the joint at the end of the day you want that joint to be bright and shiny Mm -hmm. okay
2: not dull and flat exactly
1: right because if it's dull flat or in a in a really bad situation like if if you're doing a tab Uh, to a wire type situation and you move it before it cures it'll even look kind of almost like spider webby and cracked spider webby there there's your word yeah spider webby but that might be a possible show title (laughs) as well in keeping with the release of spider-man homecoming oh yes spider which was awesome by the way so and if that happens you just heat the joint up again and everything will flow and then you just you just got to hold it solid until the solder you know re-solidifies Oh, another thing people run into a lot, too, is uh, how to do wire end-to-end. And I do this all the time. Like if I've had some game where uh, uh, a battery is leaked or a pinball where a battery is leaked and, and the corrosion has made its way into the harness, well, you cut back to you have fresh wire. What's an easy way to join those two? Strip a little wire back on the existing game side. Take your new piece of wire. Strip a little insulation back twist those two together uh in a linear fashion you know don't don't put them side by side and then twist the top of them so that you're looking at the two you know kind of twisted together i don't know how would you explain that whitney side by side Mm -hmm. you want to kind of marry them together Lengthwise and linear, exactly way.
2: how I do it. That's right. And then it's the same deal, just, just by twisting them, just like that. Yeah, I, and which no nobody one can which see. Nobody can see. <laughs> okay, think of taking two bread ties and wrapping them around each other, and so that you you can extend the length of both the bread ties, but they're locked together. Yeah, so, exactly. Yeah, yeah.
1: It, same deal. You just touch. Nobody, nobody can see. Nobody, you, which nobody, nobody like, can see.
2: You're right. Nobody can see.
1: Same deal. You just position the iron so that you're touching Uh both of the wires as they kind of interlock at the same time and then flow a little solder from the opposite side. It'll draw right into the joint, put a little heat shrink tube over it. You're done. And it's a solid, solid connection.
2: Yeah. All right. It's all good, man.
1: So I already mentioned, you know, you you don't want to you want to make sure until the, the, the solder is solid again, not to move the joint. And... As you're doing things, especially in a machine, you, you you might need to get a little creative as you hold things. You just kind of have to learn what works for you. One of the techniques that I do if, if I'm kind of out of hands is I'll take the solder. I'll pull quite a bit off the spool and I'll wrap it around my pointer finger. Mm-hmm. And I'll kind of extend it and bend it down so it, I don't know, it might be three, four, five inches past my fingertip
2: it looks like a big fingernail looks right. like a
1: big fingernail exactly well i can like if i'm trying for example to put a socket on a board and i want to tack the first couple of legs in well how am i holding the socket so that it's against the board but i'm trying to get solder halfway across mm-hmm. the board mm-hmm. and I touch know, my well i'll wrap it around my pointer finger or my thumb even and i'll cradle the board hold the socket get bring my tip in Heat up my joint and then just bring my thumb down, which brings that extended fingernail of solder down <laughs> yeah, right into the joint, done. and it's done.
2: Yeah, you, you do have to get a little creative because I don't know if that makes sense. No, it makes perfect sense because a lot of the boards they're they're big and you do have to cradle them. You, I mean, heck, Brent, I've had to take boards and lay them up against my shoulder and then then push on the socket with a finger, like with the middle finger in one hand and then hold the iron with the other and then have then have solder wrapped around a finger and you and you just kind of ease it in you know and then you yep. tap and you have to you have to use your chest two fingers and in the iron you know across, spread across both your hands in order to get it done but it works it uh, you know what I've done just one do- of those things what
1: I've done and I, I don't like doing this uh but I have done this if if i'm having a hard time getting all the logistics together like on a especially like a pcb of some type i will take solder and i'll ball it up on the on the tip of the iron i'll just feed solder right onto it and i'll have a little ball and then i'll hold the board and the socket or the component
2: oh okay
1: as best i can and then i'll bring that iron over and it's ugly but i'll dab the solder Do-
2: doll at the ball to it? a to yeah. a
1: leg or two yeah. to get it kind of set uh-huh. then once it's kind of holding it there i will clean the tip and then properly solder a few more legs and then and then remove the solder and re-solder where yeah. i kind of made that hokey like tack yeah. if you will yeah yeah and I don't like doing that because I'm always afraid that I'm going to end up dropping that ball and then I'm going to have another mess i got to clean up because yeah. I've bridged
2: something. Exactly, yes. Yeah, you shorted but, something. But, I mean,
1: that that may work. Yeah. You know, you may have to do it. Yeah. So, speaking of... I talked about removing that solder. Let's talk a little bit about desoldering, all right? So, before you can replace your IC, you've got to get the old one out. Before you can put the socket in, you've got to get the IC out. Before you... Put a new driver in your driver board on your pinball, you've got to get the old one out. How do you do that? You've got to, we've talked about getting solder into the joint. How do I remove it? Well, if we're talking about a kind of a beginner, non production desk, you know, I'm setting up my bench, my desktop here, there's several ways to do it inexpensively. Okay. And we're not going to get into high end, you know, Production quality, lab quality desoldering stations, they get pretty expensive. Some of the knockoffs are coming out and they're reasonably priced. I haven't used any. But l- let's just stick with the basics. There's something called a sodapult or generically a solder sucker. And it kind of looks like an oversized ink pen. And it's got a plunger on the top that you push down with your thumb. And when you push a release button on the side of the body, that plunger springs up and it creates a vacuum okay so what you do with that is is you get that guy ready in one hand your iron ready in another hand you touch your iron to the joint that you're trying to desolder and when that solder melts and starts to flow you whip the iron away and you stick the tip of the solder bolt on there and you push the button and you hope for the best and hope for the best means that when that thing draws up and it draws a vacuum it sucks your solder out i've seen people use these like magic I can't okay. use one to save my life. Whitney, I think you've got some of these. I don't know how good you are with them. I, I just have, I don't know whether it's patience, my technique, my timing. I, I've got several. I've had several. I can't make them work. It just doesn't work for me. It may work for you. You know, if you've got a buddy that's got one, give it a shot. It might be the easiest thing in the world. And to me, i think you're uh, a magician.
2: I, I don't know. <laughs> well, you're talking, so you're talking about the, the pullet is the side when- pullet, Yeah. Yeah. So here's the thing. Um, you are correct. I do have a few and I do not use them at all. Okay. Could, are we? Did you, have you tried and just not been successful? I have tried and I cannot. I, th- for whatever reason, Brent, somewhere between my thumb, my finger, and my brain, it doesn't all. It work. doesn't work. I can't get it. I can't get it. And so uh, I tried to saw to pull it. And, and and you know something? I thought <laughs> mistakenly, I thought it was the tool that was the problem until I realized that you're the tool. That I'm the tool, <laughs> and that's where the problem yep. is. Okay. No, I I don't. For whatever reason. It's because you have to heat the solder and the tip is plastic and over time that tip gets mashed down and flattened out and crap and it won't make a seal and and your, your iron winds up eating up the tip or the solder eats up the tip. And I just do not like solutions that degrade like that over time because while, while you're sitting there using it, I mean, I, the whole purpose of desoldering is to get the job done and go on. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not, you're not there to fight something. You're there to get it done. And I just wound up fighting the saw to pull it all the time. And so Brent, I've got two of them in a drawer and I, 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 I curse their name every single time I see them. And I went and bought a hack. and I love it. Yep.
1: Now so and I've seen people use them. This way it goes. That just they'll go zip 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 and the th- stuff will fall out. They're they're better. So,
2: they're better than I am, and that's all I can say at that. And, so. and it
1: may be the the quality of the ones we've bought. It could be our. Te- I don't know. But they, I don't they, know, dude. I
2: haven't bought crap. I mean, it's not like they cost that much money. No,
1: they run five bucks to like thirty bucks. Yeah. So and, and I got a generic link to one uh, here on Amazon. You can see it. So that's out there. My personal favorite. Uh, For especially like a carry kit just for like quick and dirty is solder braid or some people call it solder wick Mm -hmm. so basically imagine a real fine copper wire uh, braided together into like a flat ribbon and you can get these in various lengths or excuse me various widths and and various lengths because the, the manufacturers make them in in different spool sizes as well they have flux embedded in them so that flux, like when you're soldering, will help the solder flow, and it will help it flow into this fine mesh wick. So you, what you do is you lay this wick over the over the joint, mm-hmm. you put the iron on top of the wick, the iron heats the joint through the wick, and then when the solder starts to flow, it's sucked up, drawn right up into the wick, and it's gone. Yeah. I will caution you... Get good stuff. Get the good stuff. <laughs> yeah. I, I like Tech Spray. Uh-huh. The brand and I, this it sounds like Ocean Spray. The drink T E C H S P R A Y. I, I I'd love to know the genesis of the name. They make nice uh, accessories and consumables that kind of surround the electronics field. You know, air uh, cans of like flux remover and you know chemical type stuff. You know, things that you find really kind of not necessarily in the fringes of the hobby but probably is more common in a true electronics lab or type situation yeah. they, they make they make all kinds of chemicals and products like that i really like their braid there's cheaper braids out there typically what you see is this little spool and it all it's it's got just like this generic green label on it i see yeah. it everywhere yeah but it falls apart and it stuff's I, terrible it's
2: terrible because it, once you heat it 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 separates. Yeah, it and separates. It, and it, it goes it, the everywhere. The flux isn't good. Yeah, it's it's crap. It's Sorry. definitely worth <laughs> it getting
1: is, nicer wick. Yes, and, and yes. I use wick all the time. Wick I was actually using some this weekend on a on a PCB. Somebody had for whatever reason flowed solder across the fingers uh, the fingerboard on a PCB. Mm-hmm. I think the PCB was in a game and it was having harness problems. Instead of fixing the harness, they just Made the fingers a little fatter, honestly, with mm. some solder. I went to remove it because it was now causing problems in the cab that it was in. Yeah, I just took a little of that braid, laid it across the finger, heated it up, cleaned it up, cleaned it right up. Yeah, I mean it was yep, like yep. just like magic. Yeah, the other th- it, there's various prices on it. Uh, it just depends on the width and the, sp- the length of the spool that you get. But it's relatively inexpensive. You know, a couple bucks to probably 25 bucks, just depending on if you get, like, a big super spool or something. But I would definitely look at some braid slash wick. Like I said, different name, different company. Yeah. And, and, and take a look at that. The other thing I would really suggest... Is an iron with a, like a, I don't know how to describe this. I don't know what the name would be. (laughs) It's a
2: turkey baster bulb. (laughs) Yeah, it looks like a turkey baster bulb. So imagine,
1: imagine. remember earlier when I told you not to get one of those basic soldering pencils? Yeah. Well, imagine one of those soldering pencils, but the tip is at 90 degrees. And out of the top of the tip is a little little tube that goes up to like a little turkey baster bulb. Mm -hmm. So what you do is when that thing heats up, there's a hole in the tip. You put your finger down on the bulb, you put the iron over the joint and you kind of swirl it around a little bit. And when the solder starts to melt, you let off the bulb and it causes a vacuum and sucks the solder right out of the hole. Yeah. They're really inexpensive. Radio Shack used to carry these. Actually, the one I used to do, I don't know how many monitor cap kits before I got kind of higher end desoldering stations. I used the, this Radio Shack desoldering iron. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Works great really inexpensive you can get them uh ecg branded and ecg is I, I don't know who bought who or who owns what but think of ecg and nte almost as exactly the same i'm sure a lot of folks have heard of like an nte equivalent part yeah they're 20 bucks tips are two but uh two tips for like ten dollars so you know for 30 bucks you've got a little uh, a little desoldering iron that uh, and, and a couple tips, and it'll do the job. You can pull ICs out. You can do a cap kit with it, and you're you're not like the braid. You use it, and once you use it, you got your it's done. Once it's full of solder, you cut it off, and you move to the next bit. It's a little bit more consumable. This, you know, it's I, I think it's got it's a little, got a little bit more sustainability, a little bit more reusability, and it's inexpensive. So, uh, a quick tip on desoldering something. Especially on older like monitors, you'll see a lot of a lot of dirt a lot of dust, a lot of heat soak where there's been cycles of real, a lot of uh 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 hot uh you know where the thing is run twenty four hours for you know seven days a week, you'll see where it's just been gotten hot you can see it in the board you can see where the solder looks a little fatigued it might be cracked, it might have that spiderweb look I mentioned, it's definitely no longer shiny, it's got a layer of dust on it, or maybe nicotine or something, and you just can't get it to disorder. What will help that a lot is if you get out your soldering iron, you heat it with a soldering iron and you flow some fresh solder into it. Yeah. That the iron tip itself may not get the results you're wanting, but when you start to flow a little fresh solder in it, then that solder, that hot solder starts to spread out and move that heat profile around. It'll flow into that old solder and then it'll help you remove it with whatever your desoldering technique of choice is.
2: That's, that's a good, very, very good advice because a lot of times, old solder it may be a little stubborn. It mm-hmm. may it may be a little hard to heat, uh, whatever it may be, and, and it may not want to move. Yeah, because what you what you're going to notice is over time your your technique is going to allow you to move solder around as well, and it, the old stuff just doesn't. It's <laughs> it's it's lethargic. It's, yes. <laughs> it, it's just all sludgy. It doesn't want to do anything. It, it, it
1: yells, "Get off my lawn!" Uh, yes,
2: yes, it does. It fights you as you're trying to to manipulate it. And uh, you're right. Just just giving it a, a good you know shot of vitamin C does all the different makes all the difference in the world. Now, Whitney, you mentioned this. You mentioned a HACO
1: handheld earlier. Did you oh, mention the 808 yes. or the FR300?
2: Uh, I have the 808, so that's the one that I would be referring to. Okay, yeah.
1: So we'll go ahead and mention it. Uh, Hacko makes a handheld all-in-one electric desoldering pump, and it's gun shaped it has a heating element like a, a mm-hmm. soldering iron it has uh, replaceable tips so you can get different different profiles they got different diameter holes That's and right. different sizes mm-hmm. uh, it's a hollow pointed tip it's, it's like a conical hollow pointed tip. Exa- yes. Er, exactly yes and it's got a little pump in the back of it uh-huh. and then in between the tip and the pump is a catch area where the solder collects That's exactly right it it sounds like it would weigh a thousand pounds it doesn't they're actually relatively light it's
2: actually fairly light they're, and, and nimble they're the design is for like on the road technicians uh-huh i yeah i don't know that this would be your primary bench uh, your primary bench utility because it fills up pretty quick and you have to clean it quite often yeah. but for something like out in the field man it's perfectly suited for that
1: not, if you're doing a cap kit, you could probably get all the way through a cap kit before you, depending on the monitor.
2: Depends on the monitor. Yeah. Let's put it this way you're not going to get through two of any. How no, about that? No.
1: Uh, you, you're probably not going to. You. A G07 might push it. A 4900 doesn't have a lot of
2: caps. A 20, uh, like a Sanyo 20EZ. No. You're going to clean it twice before you get done yeah. with it. So you have to yeah. take the little cup off and beat uh-huh. all the solder out of it. Yeah. It comes out in like little crusty, uh, like little.
1: Little. Uh, S- ugly slags, ugly silver balls. of not. Yeah, that's
2: it. Yes,
1: they run. I think they're in about the three hundred dollar
2: range, and they're worth every penny yeah. of it.
1: So the the current model, the eight hundred eight, was what was around forever and a day, and then not too long ago, they kind of revamped their line, rebranded, new, modern, sleek design. Mm-hmm. Then they came out with the FR three hundred. Yeah. So it's a little smaller, a little lighter still takes the same tips i think the filters are still the same that they use on the 808 and yeah. on a lot of their benchtop stations if it's something if you find yourself doing a lot of solder work you know hit us up and maybe we'll do a section on the next step up getting yeah. into the handheld hackos or the desktop hackos the desktop be happy paces. to do that because yeah.
2: both, both of us have got quite a few um quite a few miles on the handheld and the desktop. So it's, yeah, we can, we can speak to that. No problem. But you, you are correct. The, the, the 808 did come first, but it is in no way, shape, or form what I consider outmoded. It just doesn't have some of the niceties on, on it like the FR 300 does with like a digital display mm-hmm. and, you know, th- power indicator and things like yep. that. But uh, ultimately, they're essentially the same gun. I've not held a 300, uh, I'm sorry, I've not held a, an FR 300 to weigh it uh, against from, you know, how, how does it feel in the hand compared to the 808, but the it's, it's it's a good running gun. Mm-hmm.
1: The 300 just in pictures look smaller. And I'm trying to remember if I've held one. So, yeah. Yeah. so in this now, uh, and one last little point to talk about, and this is one of those, take a little step back and a little detour type sections. I mentioned, we talked about soldering. We talked about desoldering, which you need to do before you kind of some, in some cases solder. So let's even back up and talk a little bit about the prep work. All right. We went right to the meat. So here's a little bit of the dessert. All right. Um, <laughs> Before you get to the point of actually sticking two things together and you're soldering, it is really really important to have nice clean uh components, pads, legs, whatever you're trying to solder together, clean bits of wire uh, the tab on your switch or on your coil, you, you wanna you wanna clean it, especially like a, a pinball coil where it's already been in the machine. If a machine was maybe in a bar, it's an older machine, it might have nicotine on it. It's got definitely yeah. got dust in there. Uh, what I like to do like on a pinball coil, if I've snipped the wire off or the wire's broken off, I'll heat that coil with my iron until that old solder starts to flow. And if it doesn't, I'll put it flow new some fresh solder in it. And then I'll kind of I don't know how to put it other than just to say I'll kind of give it a little flick just to kind of wipe that old solder right off and you know I'll either put a piece of paper or a damp cloth something to catch it below it if uh, you know I might put down an old magazine or something just you know because as soon as that solder hits within a couple of seconds <laughs> it's, it's going to solidify solidify you can pick it right off yeah you know but it's probably the only place you don't want it landing is inside the speaker i mean even if it landed in the body of the of the game you could reach down there once it dries and just pick it up throw it it, away pick it up yeah but i kind of whip it off or wipe it off the tab so i got that old stuff out of the way it's really important because if it's got crap on it if it's got dust on it, if it's got rubber dust on it from the machine it's it's going to be in the joint of when you put the wire back on it and it's just, it's just not going to make it last. Yeah, okay. Yeah, um, monitors are real bad in my experience, especially older ones like G sevens and Wells 49 hundreds. Uh, when you go and like, especially like you pull a fly back out, yeah. they'll have the old flux. It, it feels like three pounds
2: is on yeah, there. It, yeah. It,
1: it looks like just like this yellowy kind of, Goo that's on there, and it's it really kind of tough. With an
2: old paintbrush, or yeah, something. it looks like I, old. It's like, yeah. like
1: drops of old varnish or yes, something on it's, there.
2: Oh, it's horrible. Yeah,
1: I'll take like ninety percent rubbing alcohol. Bingo, that's the, and a that's cotton swab. The, that's
2: the secret right there. You know, I'll
1: pull a flyback out of a Geo Seven and just uh-huh. and just clean all the pads off and make them nice and bright and shiny. Yep soldered on and I'm good to go. Yeah. You know, and
2: and, you know, it's, it's funny because what, what I, what I do, Brent, if you, if you were to look at my workstation, I keep a bottle of 90% isopropyl there and I have a pack of Q-tips. Oddly enough, so do I. Bingo. And, and as I work, I run through Q-tip after Q-tip after Q-tip because I'll clean that flux as I go, you know, as I, as I take stuff off, I clean it. As I take stuff off, I clean it. The great thing about the alcohol is that as long as you don't drink it, you'll you'll <laughs> likely make it through your job with, without any problems. And it just it cleans the board so well mm-hmm. that that's it. So the, the lower the lower percentage alcohol I've noticed will leave like a little bit of a white film on the yeah. on the solder mask, mm-hmm. but if you go with a real high real high alcohol count, it dries like virtually virtually clear, no the, problem. The highest you at least I've seen here in the
1: states. That you can get like at a um, a pharmacy or a Walmart or something of that effect is ninety percent, and usually
2: that's how I've seen.
1: Usually it's like a red; it's got a red
2: band on the Uh bottle. Yeah, and that's all I get. Yeah, but if you go with something like forty five percent or fifty percent, I've tried. I tried that first, and I'm like, oh, this isn't doing what I wanted to do. It's it's not going to cut it. You need you need the strong stuff in order to in order to eat through the. In order to eat through the um, uh, all of the, uh, the flux. flux, yeah.
1: So you know, again, you know, just a quick recap. If you're looking to kind of get started, you can get a, a fairly workable bench in the what I don't know, Whitney hundred hundred fifty dollar range. I mean, that's oh, kind of yeah. mid range. Yeah. You could you could you could even go less than that. You could, and you can handle soldering, desoldering, mm-hmm. um, and, and that's pretty much it. I mean, what else you're looking to do? It, it yeah. I would, I would caution people on, again, on like, especially on your solder and like if you're doing braid, stick with the brand names, yeah. stick with the brand names on the irons, just see what fits your budget. Yeah. yeah. And you know, if, if you feel that you're going to be doing a lot of work, you might want to try to even reallocate that, that iron budget to, to the next nicer iron, it, yeah. it, if you end up with the that thirty dollar WCL one hundred, like I said, I, I still use it. I'm sure a lot of people will laugh about it. Why would you use that? You're going to end up upgrading it. Oh
2: yeah, you know, <laughs> there's no doubt.
1: If, if you're buying, you're not going to be buying this just to do a cap kit. No, no, no. You know, no.
2: And, and the only thing that I would that I would add to that is that after that hundred to hundred and fifty dollar investment, and you see kind of how that hundred to hundred and fifty dollars works for you. If you're planning on having any kind of collection or doing any amount of work, I feel like you're going to say that the next 400 to $450 would be money well spent Mm -hmm. because then that gives you a digital readout weller and it gives you a nice like hacko 808 or fr 300 and if you're if you're packing both of those on your workbench you're you're ready to do some serious work no Uh, doubt
1: and i've already mentioned this leverage friends oh yeah if somebody wants to ask me hey can you show me or can i borrow your bench to try to learn absolutely yeah and that with some people that will get them past that that you know, proverbial barrier of entry that how do I get started? Mm-hmm. And then that, you know, then they, they might go out and buy these tools, invest a hundred dollars. And then next time a coil wire breaks on their pinball, they save, you know, the wait in the three weeks for the one guy in town to show up and charge them 60 or 80 bucks to fix it. You, you know, what's, what's and the, they own the, 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 the tools and they own the tools. That's right. right.
2: And, and you know, what's interesting, um, a good friend of mine, uh, in he's got a Ford, he's got a Ford F two fifty like ours, Brent, and his is uh, his is a lariat, so it's got like a temperature Ooh. readout in it and everything like and that, leather. leather, exactly. But um, his his overhead um, temperature readout display was not working, and so he brought it to me and he said, Whitney, can you fix it? And I, I I said, Well, I'll take a look at it, no problem. So I took it all apart and got the circuit board out of it. And, you know, looked at it underneath my magnifying glass and everything. And I could see a couple of cra- a couple of cold solder joints mm-hmm. on it. So I went through and did pretty much what you're talking about. And, and my buddy is sitting there watching me the, the entire time because he, he doesn't solder or anything like that. And, and he's asking me, what are you doing? Why are you doing that? What are you doing? Why are you doing that? And I'm like, okay, so this is the process that we go through. I'm going to refresh this. Then I'm going to pull it all out. And then I'm going to put everything in back new. And so he was watching me, and he said, "Man, he goes, those tools like they look like they cost a little bit of money." And I'm like, "Well, yes, they do, but watch this." And so I, I have the board out, and, and the board is about one and a half times the size of a deck of playing cards, and it had probably eleven or twelve, eleven or twelve connections on it, through hole connections mm-hmm. on it. I take my, I take my, um, my 808, and I go zip, 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 and done. And he goes, he's standing there and he's watching me. He goes, that's amazing like that. And he goes, amazing, you know? And, and I'm like, yeah, it really is. And then I took the weller and just tinned everything and put everything back. And he goes, do you think it's going to work? I'm like, I know it's going to work, you know? And he goes, dude, they charge like 300 bucks to fix these online. Oh, he goes, wow. he goes, and you just You're fixed in this in like business. 20 minutes. And I'm like, let's take it out to your truck and let's put it back in. We took it out to his truck, and we put it back in, and guess what? First time it's ever worked since he's had the truck. Oh, sweet. And he goes, dude, that's awesome. And I'm like, that's what having the right tools let you do and, so, and just and just, it's just I, I, all i'm saying is just a little stu- time to learn and just a little time to learn, and but getting past any
1: issue getting, any, any fear maybe of just can i do this well yeah you a, yeah. can do it yeah you
2: can do it just just, just don't seriously s- if a luddite like me can pull a trigger it can be fixed <laughs> just <laughs> just <laughs> <laughs> i
1: imagine you sit there with your <sharp> eight <inhale> <laughs> oh yeah just uh,
3: uh
1: don't don't drop a hot iron on a, on a carpet. <laughs> uh,
2: yeah, or or hold the soldering iron like you see in the memes on, on the oh, internet. Yeah, oh, yes, yeah. Yes, exactly.
1: You mentioned that I had a friend at work that had a... Uh, this was several years ago when it still was a viable thing to have. He had a... Um, I think it was a rear projection TV or... No, no, maybe it was a modern sort of a older yet modern LCD. I, I can't remember exactly what it was, but it, he had a um, this big, ugly IC that was mounted on these like long legs so that it could get up to this heat sink. Ah. And I can't remember if it had to do with, like it was a rear projection and it had to do with the guns or it was a, a an, an older like, high def flat panel you remember the old ones that were in those big bulky cabinets like the rear projections yeah yeah and it had something to do with the convert maybe that was at a convergence ic or something and it was it it had like 50 legs on it and they were just all spider what (laughs) spidered out it was the weirdest thing yeah and he was like man can you fix that and i said can you change this? I know this is what's wrong based on what I've researched. Yeah. And he come over and watched me just in amazement. That's what I did. The same thing. I pulled out my, a hackle and and just dropped it right out of the board and put the new one in it.
2: Yeah. Well, it's, it's funny. I'll tell you, my brother has, uh, my brother has like a, a hot tub at his house. And one of the controller boards went out of it, and he brought me the... Now, uh, was it a
1: hot tub or was it a hot tub time machine?
2: No, it wasn't a hot tub time okay. machine because right. that leads to way different things. So Okay. But but the uh, he had a couple fried relays on the board, and he said, can you fix this? I'm like, yeah, sure. Well, it, it was very evident what, what had gone wrong on the board. And uh, ordered in a couple new relays, pulled them out. Fit, you know, went through and touched up all the other solder solder points on the board, and man, he's been rocking that. He's been rocking that ever since. And it's one of those things where it's just like, man, I just took the hacko and just, and it's just, man, dude, it's I can't just think
1: done. Not you mentioned. I can't it's think awesome. of how many things I've taken apart. And just like, oh well, it's obvious this has failed. I don't know anything about X. You don't have to. (laughs) This this wire obviously went there. Yeah. Or now it doesn't. And
2: fixed stuff. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So so yeah. So I fixed. Yeah. I fixed a a hot tub relay board, and it's like I know nothing about these, but I could tell that I had. I could see that I had two bad relays on that board. So like Sally
1: Sally Struthers used to say, "You too can learn at home VCR repair."
2: (laughs) That's what you can do. There'll be three people that will get that. Yeah. Yes, exactly. But, you know, hey, we'll, we'll have Twinkies while we, while we learn about <laughs> our at-home VCR repair. How about that?
1: All right. So I've stabbed it off as long as I can.
2: All right. Let's spend your money. Let's do uh, it. Okay. Now, here's the thing. It's uh the the much anticipated uh and it, the highly anticipated return of this segment after being gone for <laughs> what three months I guess the highly anticipated yes so here's the thing Brent this month we're 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 gonna we're gonna run through it so you might as well go ahead and get the money machine ready to roll so <laughs> so here's the thing um the first one that we've got up is especially poignant for you Brent because you do have this play choice ten now and if you were ever uh, to get into the the uh, the did dirt, you skip the book uh huh you skipped a book oh what oh did i i don't read a lot oh uh oh i did i'm so sorry you're just so so excited yeah i really wanted yeah i really wanted to get to spending your money okay all right no i thought this was good so i had to buy this no 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 hang hang tight hang tight okay so i'm I'm gonna i'm gonna rewind the show for just one second (laughs) (laughs) thank you so here's the thing and that's how you solder, and (laughs) and that's how you solder. excellent brent so before we get into the highly anticipated return of the <laughs> Spin Prints Money segment, there is one thing—a a kind of a web resource that I wanted to point out. Uh, as I was surfing through a myriad of threads on CLAV, I found a couple of pointers to uh, to this website, and it's called AllAboutCircuits.com. Oh, so okay? this isn't even a book? No, it's not a, a book. book. No, it's not a book. I put it's a book in a here,
1: being all smart like and this is even better.
2: Yeah. So, so this, this website, all about com, It is a, if anybody is wanting to learn more about electricity, whether it be AC or DC, um, well, I guess those would be the only two of concern. <laughs> so talk myself right through that. And so and, and if you want to learn about electricity and, and, and how it works and just a very good layman's explanation, of uh, of electricity and, and discrete components, and it does have a, a fairly exhaustive review of different semiconductor types. Uh, if you want to learn more about diodes and in uh, Zener diodes and uh, solid state you know solid state components and things like that, check this website out. It's it's in a it's in a chapter by chapter format, and I have spent some time reading through it. And you know something, Brent? There's always, always something to learn, or it's always good to have a It's It's actually a pretty cool site, and I'll have a link to it in the show notes. So, uh, so just check it out. But I, I think it's probably more of value around just teaching yourself more about electricity. And then once you understand that, you know, you can do a good refresher on capacitors and and like I say, transistors and diodes and, and everything like that. It's it's just good reference they've got material. A, they've
1: got a whole uh, a whole section on education and like volume one is direct current, volume yeah. two is alternating and
2: semiconductors. Yeah, exactly, and, exactly. I mean, it's it's good stuff. I mean, can you find it someplace else on the web for sure? Uh, um, but it, it, to me, this this had it all wrapped up in, into a fairly easy to digest format, and I, I just I like the way that it shows it. So, this is
1: like a course, like uh, yeah, chapter one, basic yes. concepts of electricity. Yeah, and yeah, pictures. You can, and yeah,
2: you can kind of work your way through it. And the reason I bring it up, and the reason I think it's topical, is because what you just talked about in soldering is the tactical part of getting the job done learning about what's going on under the covers is the the i guess more the conceptual and the the strategy about what goes on inside the board and honestly it's good to, it's good to understand both you know especially if you're working on monitor chassis and mm-hmm. you fire it back up and it doesn't work and you need to understand why so it's 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 good stuff really so well, good stuff I, I added in an
1: actual book and there's several versions of this book going back to the 70s. I've got a copy of this. I can show it to you. Actually, I may have a couple copies. It's called The TTL Cookbook by Don Lancaster. And it's a good book if you're starting to dip into, like, PCB repair. And it basically runs through what we all just love and know as your TTL logic, your basic gates, gate chips, uh, your 74-series chips that have like AND gates and OR gates and NAND gates. And it, you're, they're used just anywhere and everywhere to glue all kinds of circuits together. What's handy about it is, is there's some instructional uh, pages up in the front that kind of give you the basics. And then the bulk of the book are the data sheets for your common 74 series ICs. Okay. Now, I, I am, I am far away from being good enough to remember my own phone number at times uh, why and,
2: why should you have to if, if you know where to look it up yeah then you'll never make a mistake and, and that's I, the thing about I, it
1: i am definitely of that generation and,
2: and I, I believe i
1: have that mindset that now that i've been given tools like the internet and everything i've just made that worse in myself but <laughs> well, I, I think we I, all I, have I, I'm, yeah. I'm terribly terribly describing what is turning into a little bit of uh uh self-introspection here or whatever the (laughs) word is dirty laundry yeah yeah regardless this is a cool little book to have around because if you're getting to the point where you're starting to diagnose issues with pcbs and this this works in this is applies to pinball just as it does video this book is full of the basic schematics diagrams pinouts whatever you want to call them for your really common 74 series chips. Now if you get into some weird exotic stuff that just isn't used that often, I mean it doesn't have everything from 74 oh, to 74 whatever, there's some numbers skipped. I don't know the history there if those numbers weren't used or if it's just not super common stuff. Regardless, I've not had any issue looking up any 74 Logic TTL chip that I've needed in one of the copies of of the TTL cookbook and say, oh okay, pin one does this and it's a an and and it and it does this and here's the outputs and all that kind of fun stuff. It's right there, yeah. easy to
2: use. A description and nicely diagrammed. Yeah, i I, th- I think it's I think it's that's that's a bench necessity yeah. just to have off on the side. I, no I doubt. can't
1: remember that stuff, even if yeah. it's something I'd use a thousand times. Just not the way my mind works. They're about ten bucks. Yeah, you know, you get them all over.
2: Yeah, the good thing about it is, is that <laughs> if you're if you're working on something, you got solder, you got solder and lead all over your hands. Uh, I don't really feel bad about dirtying up that book because I don't want to take, I don't want to go wash my hands. I don't want to go sterilize and, and get on a keyboard only to go back and then start soldering again. Yeah. It's like that book is dirty and it's okay. You know, it's, I use it's, it. It's right there all you, the you time. You can
1: get all this stuff on Google. Oh, you can. But I can reach over to my right and grab the book and flip. And uh, I need a, a 74, a 30 to do. That is exactly three, right. Three, there it is. Right, yeah, there. right there. I'm done. Done. That's it. Oh, it oh, here's my okay, the, oh, this goes to here. This actually ties to that because it's, yeah. it depends on this. Well, here's the output.
2: The only problem with Bingo. Google is you have to remember how to find it. And and you never you never really find the same thing twice, yeah. you know. Unless you bookmark it and and who, but, who, nobody bookmarks anymore. No, nobody bookmarks anymore. You just search again, you know. So anyway, all right, dude. All ready? right, so now
1: now you're deep in it, right? Yeah,
2: we need a post-edit drum roll, so I'll let, I'll let that lay itself in at the appropriate <laughs> yeah, time, like, okay?
1: Like, I'll find the
2: spot. I'm yeah. blanking this from my memory. <laughs> All right, man. The return of the highly anticipated uh, Let's Spend Brent's Money segment. So, dude, first up this month, is something that I think is right up your alley now that you own a PlayChoice 10. And if you get into that dirty little underworld, that, that seedy little hotel of collecting PlayChoice 10 toppers, then, dude, you're going to need these. Okay? Sounds like a place I don't want to be. Yeah. Well, it's once you start seeing the money, you definitely don't want to be there. But, hey, it's fun while you go anyway. So, um the uh, the whole deal is there is a gentleman on one of the uh, Facebook uh, arcade collectors groups. It's the Nintendo arcade collectors group uh, by name. A gentleman named Shasha True, and he is uh, he is running I guess an, an interest thread on doing uh, reproduction PlayChoice Ten metal toppers. And Brent, these are the. Uh, it's of course the the metal backing plate that the topper graphic is applied to, and everything. Because for for folks who don't know, mm-hmm. a lot of times in the world of collecting Play Choice ten toppers, you can find them unapplied to the metal, or you can find them the a specific topper on on the metal. Oh, I realized that. I thought that yeah, they came from
1: the factory already applied.
2: You can you can find them. You can find them both ways. Okay, and so. Uh, with all that being said, all right, um, if you need blanks, then this is a good place to get them, okay? So, um, anyway, so, like, say, um... You'll want to go on I mean, I can't like directly link to that post I tried I couldn't pull the link out of it But if you just go to Facebook and and look for the group called Nintendo arcade collectors And then once you're in that then just search for play choice, you know, like repro play choice 10 or metal toppers You'll you'll find the post easily enough. It's right there. And so he's thinking like I said 15 to 20 dollars um, you know, per, uh, per topper bracket. So, I mean, that's, that seems in line with what, um, with, with what some of the more less expensive toppers do you run.
1: know if these are aluminum or oh yeah here it is, uh, aluminum topper metal mm-hmm. okay yes
2: yep sure enough so
1: and they're they're cut with a nice rounded corner like the factory they, they t- yeah.
2: are yeah yeah they are they and are i see so. it looks
1: like they're punched already for the mounting holes like the bingo. factory ones. Yep. bingo
2: dude just makes it so easy man mm-hmm. uh to uh spend that money dude come off those 20s <laughs> but um anyway i am curious as to what toppers you actually do have so at some point i'm yeah i'm, I'm, I'm gonna, gonna have be, to go out
1: there i know there's a couple. In the uh, in that tub, I missed yes. mentioned that tote. Yes. so I have I've, to look at those, and I, I've got a couple of toppers actually back here on one of my Nintendos. Oh, so, do you? Okay, yeah.
2: cool. Yeah, no, I'd be curious to know what you what you finally have. So, okay. anyway, uh, next up, and dude, this is something that uh, that's actually very apropos from a timing perspective because you and I just talked about this last week, mm-hmm. didn't we? So if uh, so, there's a thread on cloth. And, um, there is, um, just it, a thread just, because
1: it, no one goes to clove anymore. It, it's, <laughs> <laughs> it's all Facebook these days.
2: It seems to be anyway, but then, you know, there's an interest thread on clove for reproducing the battle zone joystick housing slash pole position, pole position shifter housing. Okay. And this is a repro on the housing and the, uh, I guess the, the, the topper, I guess, well, I guess like the, the metal ring or the ring that goes on the top of the, of the two halves of the of the housing, and I guess kind of seals the joystick into the housing itself. Mm-hmm. But uh, anyway, so this 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 is an interest thread on those. The the I think the the salient point here is they're considering being made out of either sixty sixty one or seventy seventy five aluminum to address the weak points or the brittleness of the specific portions of the original housings that are done in plastic. So um, anyway, so Brent, I, you know, you and I were talking about this. Um, I actually had a friend, uh, actually Alex was looking for one of these uh, a week or so ago. And, um, and so it's just kind of odd that this, that this pops up at this point. And this, this actually funny though,
1: I haven't read the thread, but I'm assuming based on your title, this confirms, I've not sat down and compared, uh, dimension for dimension, the battle zone joystick housing, the pole position shifter housing, but just, uh, I, was like 99% sure they were exactly the same. And it was basically the the little insert that goes in the bottom that defines the path yeah, of the, the actual control. The, yeah, where the detents are. The detents, that's yes. the difference. Yes.
2: Now, I, I will tell you this. Since you and I have talked, uh, Alex did find one. Okay. okay? He found uh, he found a buddy over in the UK that had one, and he says it's it's a direct swap. Oh, so, so he
1: actually found an air quotes mm-hmm. pole position... Shifter Mm -hmm. because he needed that body, that housing half for his
2: uh, battle zone. That's exactly right. Yes. Yeah. But anyway, uh, I'll have it in the show notes and it's, it's worth, it's worth mentioning. And I think it's worth looking at because if you have a pole position, this should be of interest to you. If you have a battle zone, this should be of interest Mm -hmm. to you. And, um, You know something? This is one of those things that if they're going to be made and if they're going to be run and made out of aluminum, I don't really see a lot. I think this would be a fairly expensive piece to have just sitting around a whole bunch of sitting around. And I don't really know that you would see this rerun a whole lot of times either. So it may may be, maybe of interest, go ahead and pop a reply in the thread and get a subscription on it so that you see when people updated because uh, maybe it's one of those things where you buy one, buy one or two, and just have them for when you know you're going to need, or when, when you don't know. You're to make these need
1: out them. of aluminum, these would have to be machined, uh, per yeah, because and there's there are so many unique curves, curves and, and, yeah, and, and angles. Tool, and I mean, basically be corners, paths. <laughs> yeah, yeah a tool path to cut all
2: this. So. Ex- exactly, yeah. And and the guy who started the thread said, yeah, I think he was doing this in SolidWorks, if I'm not mistaken. So. Um, anyway, it's 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 discussed in the onset of the th- in the first post or the onset of the thread. So I found it very interesting, and, and it is something I'm going to keep an eye on. Uh, this next one is uh, is probably got a bit of a limited audience, but the game's pretty popular, so I'm going to include it in here anyway. For anybody who has a Mad Planets, um, this is actually happening there, uh, and, and there is a thread on Claw for this for a substitute joystick shaft that will turn a commonly available joystick at about the $130 range that that can be ordered at any way, at any point uh, from like Groovy Game Gear and so on, um, that will turn that joystick into a suitable replacement for the coveted Mad Planet's uh, joystick. that Usually no, runs.
1: Just to be clear, fl- I, I guess people would call this a flight stick. A flight stick, like yes. on a
2: like. Yeah, I'm saying joystick. Yeah. yeah, it's it's more like a flight stick. So ba- basically, it a trigger on it and everything. Yeah, if
1: you're yeah. familiar with the Gorf stick or a Tron or Satan's Hollow, yeah, that's the, the same thing. Common same air quotes yeah. that you would see from Bally, and the the one used on Mad Planets is. Similar
2: looking, but not the same. Exactly, and so yeah, and I appreciate that correction because okay. it, it is a flight stick, but it, but the one on Mad Planet, it sits up high off the off of the base of the control panel. It's got it's got a like uh, a portion of the shaft is exposed, and it and like the base of the joystick actually sits up like a good inch or inch and a half off the control panel. It's actually kind of odd how it how it works, but it works. But anyway, this this shaft um, is being produced and it will allow you to convert the much less expensive joystick to the point where it will fit on a mad planet's control panel and this would then be a much more a, a very viable alternative so you, to finding an original joystick. You do
1: need the mad planet's base though, right? This just uh, no. converts the... Sh- no, this, this
2: allows you to use this base and oh, it converts the shaft. Oh. So, so it allows you to use the aftermarket base, the aftermarket flight stick, swap out the shaft, and then it aligns the geometry of the stick properly where everything can mate to the uh, Mad Planet's control panel.
1: Oh, okay. So yeah. you, you could take even... Not, not even if you're using this aftermarket like base, like for a GORF stick, you could take a GORF or Tron because it's the same stick. And then you change out the shaft and correct uh-huh. corrects your alignment, and it, you can put that right into the control it panel. It
2: does, and actually the joystick that's that's used in the picture that nobody can see but will be in those show notes is a black Tron joystick okay so that on on that joystick is that that is a that is a tron flight stick flight yeah right okay flight tron
1: stick. slash gorf style yes it's flight same, stick same thing it's just yeah
2: cast in a different color yeah, exactly exactly and satan's hollow is red so you realize yeah.
1: there's a tron stick like 24 inches from you right
2: yes exactly <laughs> okay exactly <laughs> So yeah, got it. So so there, there we go. So there I wish I would had
1: a picture of that surprise on your face. <laughs> he he turned and he was like, "Oh, like he did like the cartoon double take." Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it was yeah, hilarious. He looked at it
2: like Shaggy does, and a, a big thing of Scooby snacks or something. <laughs> the only thing I wasn't doing was running in place endlessly. You know what I'm saying? With oh, with, with that hilarious. with that lumbering kind of sound, that sound effect. That's hilarious. So uh, so so there's that. And and the thing about it is, is that that machine shaft. Is going to is going to be? I think I didn't put the price in here, but reading the thread, I thought it was like twenty four dollars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Here it is. Yeah, twenty four dollars um, in the show notes. I got it now. I see it now. And uh, and there there we go. And it solves what has typically been a very hard problem to solve to the point to where you'd have to spend five hundred dollars on a joystick to solve the problem. Okay. So, yeah. So- the problem
1: we're solving here is you're restoring a Mad Planets. And you've figured out the cab, you've figured out the PCB, you've figured out the artwork, all that rest, of, or, or whatever you need. But the stick is like the unique piece. Yeah,
2: it's it's yeah, it's essentially so you the, can
1: you can make do.
2: Yeah, it's it's essentially the cherub on the ark is what it is. You know, so you you've got to, it, it 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 it's the capstone for everything. All right, so the next one up, Brent, and uh, I'll be darned. This is actually the last one up. So, dude, you get off a little. I'm not doing too getting, bad. Yeah, you're getting off a little easier than I thought you were. So, I'm I'm actually kind of disappointed. You got to ease me back in slow. Yeah, I guess that's the case, dude. Don't want to don't want to run you too hard and hang you up wet, you know, something like that. But anyway, this next one, and I was actually surprised when I read the thread that so many people. Had bought, had, had hopped into this. Okay, so the pre-order on this is over. All right, but if you go onto the Clov thread, you can get in touch with Take Man, and I'm sure he'll ha- he'll have extras. He almost always does. But this is a reproduction ghouls and ghosts and or Final Fight control panel. And Brent, if you look at everybody who hopped in, I mean, the list is like a mile long of people who bought these control panels. And I had no idea that either one of these games were that popular.
1: Uh, I was going to say, what's the... um, Obviously, there's a win here, but is
2: this... I mean, was that a game that was just highly converted and it was easy to Swiss cheese the... I mean, yeah, I'd, I'd say maybe the panels just got drilled. Maybe they were just fodder for being drilled and turned into multis or something like that. Dude, I I, mean, I, even, no I didn't even think, think Ghouls and Ghosts was that... Common well, see, that's what I'm saying. In Final Fight as well, I mean, I've played Ghouls and Ghosts. I have not played Final Fight, and so I don't like really know much about the game I, I other than what I've I looked can't. up on it.
1: Final or Ghouls and Ghosts is the follow-up to Ghosts and Goblins, right? Mm-hmm.
2: It is, yes.
1: So Ghosts yeah. and Goblins is hard enough to get. And then Final Fight, I don't think I've ever
2: played that. Yeah, I, I have not. So, and, and I need to look it up or run it in MAME and, and see what it's like. But ultimately... Take man had enough interest to run to machine these panels, and then people latched onto it and bought them like gangbusters. And it just kind of took me by surprise. But nonetheless, I I, I feel like I have a fiduciary responsibility here on the show to mention it. The panels are sixty seven dollars each. And, um, and there, there we go. I mean, it's got the hinge and the stud combination for mounting, you know, along with the sticks. And I mean, it's pretty much a full service drop in. So I I have seen this now.
1: I recognize it. I mean, I recognize the, the marquee. I recognize the the title screen. I've had this PCB. I I may still have it. Honestly, I, I, I didn't, I thought this was a kit game
2: interesting I, dude I, I have no idea I have well, no I idea well I mean I've,
1: obviously it, it, the, he found a need and he filled it that's exactly, awesome
2: exactly and in, in 67 bucks a panel I mean that's that's pretty strong for the panel but uh anyway we'll we'll have a link to this sh- in the show notes so i i it's new and i it, I thought it interesting and it just really took me by surprise once I started digging through the thread because when I was looking at the title i'm like, eh i mean how seriously does does it have that much interest and I was just surprised to see that it does so hmm. anyway dude all right well you, you get off uh, you get off lucky this this time around brent sorry i i should have I should have brought the heat a little better man. <laughs> i'll do i'll do i'll I'll do better for next month man
1: all right so we've soldered some stuff and we've we've bought some stuff let's take a quick break whitney and then uh we'll talk a little (laughs) bit of uh, news and then we'll get into some feedback
2: yep yep that sounds good uh i'm looking forward to talking through this uh this particular piece of news because i'm curious as to what your take is on on star on star wars pinball all right yeah Well, Brent, it's uh, that time of the show where we talk through a little bit of news that has happened since, uh, well, I guess since the last time we've, <laughs> last time we covered any news. So, with the, <laughs> yeah, that, that, boy, that's See, very professional sounding. Isn't yeah, it? hey, but that's us, and that's what yeah, people expect. That's you know? exactly right. We didn't. You know what? We let no one down with that statement. Absolutely not a not. single person. This
1: is the first news from us since the last time we talked we, about since news. since the last time
2: we talked about news. That's exactly right. Yeah, I didn't really know where to go with that, but you know what? It ended on a it ended on an extremely high note there. So here's the big thing, dude since uh since i guess since we were at s f g so since the first of june star you know star wars has dropped uh, star wars pinball from stern the new title has dropped it it has been received with all types of fanfare uh, i would say uh that's one way ranging, to put it, ranging from positive <laughs> to negative I have my own thoughts on it uh i'm just kind of curious you know as you have had a bit of time to look over. You know, the pro and the premium and the L E. What do you think about what do you think about the artwork? What do you think about the theme? How do you feel it's been executed on and everything like that? I admit that I have not looked at the
1: play field past the initial pictures where they kind of show the top now. Okay. And I just and we've had the conversation before where it looks so much like A C D C but yet it's slightly different. The fan layout. Yes. And And it's almost shot for shot and toy for toy. Yeah. And there has been a lot of conversation, which I absolutely understand that, uh it, what difference does it make because it could be completely different games based on how you have to hit those shots how those shots stack up that's how true the modes work how that's the true. rule sets
2: work that's right
1: don't get me on the code conversation and rule sets yes you know because steve ritchie could have had all these grand plans to hey i wanted acdc to actually be like this and
2: it never materialized and it, i couldn't do it <laughs> for whatever yeah.
1: reason this is what i want and it's uh it's a hundred times the, the game in terms of shootability. Yeah. And I'm going to make it awesome with these rules.
2: Uh, who knows if the rules will get there. Yeah. But, um, Dude, ACDC hasn't seen a code code update in a long, long time. So they keep making the game. I know. Yeah, I know.
1: Yeah. So I'm taking a look at right now at the picture, kind of like the three-quarter view, I think is what you'd call that, like in the automotive world. Yes, exactly. Uh, the three-quarter view of all three cabinets, the the premium and the le and the first thing that jumps out is i noticed there's one of those uh tricky little buttons on the lockdown bar that you usually get in the upper level games to activate some kind of toy
2: mm-hmm. and I, or, I, order order to so shoot on,
1: the ball i'm sorry uh, uh, on the pro yeah and i wonder if, is that Does that actually do something, or is that, do you note,
2: know, is that just maybe well, the tell, stock? I, I will say this. I mean, my ACDC is a pro, and it has that button, and it will either activate the plunger or it will uh, fire the cannon on the play field. Okay. And so I'm sure. That we haven't it does, seen that in a long time since so it's probably ACDC, that's right? That's likely true. I mean, Star Trek has that button as well. Not on uh, the pro. But I don't think it's on the pro. I, don't I think, think it's it on is the premium. Either. I think it was on the premium in the LEs.
1: Because you use that button to fire against the the vengeance the vengeance yes right? exactly correct yeah so just looking what's your opinion on the art here because i like the cabinet <laughs> art. because i definitely have opinions oh so uh, and they're,
2: so, so here's the thing um my buddy bob and i have talked about the uh the artwork quite a bit we've gone back and forth on this and um and you know something he, he brings up a very good point uh, he, he thinks that ultimately, uh, and I don't want to put words in his mouth, but again, we've we've talked through this, and you know, he, he thought that initially the the artwork may not it may have been a little blah, but it's gotten better. It, it's it's set better over time, and I feel like I subscribe to that as well. But at the same point, I don't really know that I'm super impressed with what with what I see because it just feels more like. I, I don't. It just feels kind of like a Photoshop job, and that's that. No, it, it just doesn't feel like there was a lot that went into it. I guess I, I am sure they were probably. Hamstrung by the by the license, the
1: license. That's exactly right. right. Yes, yes, and I tell you what, I would have liked to have seen
2: would have been maybe like a hand drawn version, but maybe they couldn't have done that. I mean, I don't. Maybe maybe Disney wouldn't allow for that, you know, because maybe that takes it too far away from the well established image. Mm-hmm. I don't know.
1: That's that's a good point. If yeah. you open
2: it up, start to open things up a
1: little bit for interpretation, then you're right. You you vary from that, and you, Star Wars would be is a big win. And I'm sure that they paid a pretty penny for it. Um, I don't know. I could be wrong. Maybe it came in a little cheaper because... Disney's really pushing the Star Wars thing and I know they're redoing, you know, their parks and including a lot of Star Wars stuff and all the movies and maybe they're loosening the reins a little bit in terms of cost to get a little bit more market penetration. I, I, who knows? It could it could be either either way. You know, it could be bottom basement cheap because they're wanting to get it out or it could be hey, we're Star Wars and you're going to pay through the nose. I, I don't know, but I'm sure, like you said, they're they're holding you to the letter of the law in terms yes. of their
2: imagery. Yeah, yeah. And, and you know, w- with all that being said, then it, it stands to reason that the art is going to look the way that it does. To me, though, it just it just looks really cookie cutter. And mm-hmm. and I just for all the hype that was that I thought was going into the title, and I think that a lot of people uh, were. Translating into anticipation of of the title when I saw the cabinets, it, you know, when I, and I haven't seen them in person, only seen the pictures on on the website, uh, on Stern's website, and, and of course pictures that other people have taken for games that they've gotten, you know, on location and stuff like that. But not, I just haven't seen one in person yet. But all that being said, it, it just it just feels very anticlimactic to me. If uh, for everything that Star Wars could be. I just I just didn't get the feel that um the Im- imme- the immediate um reaction to the artwork was was supporting the hype in the in the um even the the, the capability of the theme mm-hmm. you know so anyway so that's kind of where I see it so
1: here's my pick on the on the 3
2: yeah if i was
1: if i if I had my choice I would have the pro artwork. Oh, beyond a shadow of a doubt. Yeah.
2: I, I, I have to agree with you. I would have the pro the, artwork. The
1: side art on the cab, and I'm assuming it's the same on the other side, the body is that that Yavin, um, I guess they're coming around Yavin 4 in A New Hope to before it gets... I hope I'm not getting this wrong because you think I would know this. This is an iconic shot and I've always thought this was a cool shot in the movies when they're going through and they're calling
2: out, okay, you know, they're calling out the, the squad, The squad, you know, The in The red leaders. You know. Yes. And, and all the X's and the Y's are in formation. Yeah. Yeah. And there's really cool. I think they're
1: serve, they're circling Yavin 4, right? Getting ready to get in, before the Death Star gets in line. That's Gosh, exactly I can't, right. Yeah. We have recorded too long, Whitney. Because yeah. I should. This is something I, I I'm second guessing myself nonetheless it's that iconic shot where you've got the red planet behind them and it and it's it's different in that usually when you see some kind of orbiting shot in some kind of sci-fi movie like star trek even during the tv shows or whatever you're kind of they're they're kind of like encircling whatever like at a belt line uh-huh yeah you know or you kind of see a top down where you're looking over the ship and the planet is below them and i always thought this was a cool shot because it's almost it's from perspective as if they were under the planet i make it air quotes here it's just a different angle and it's really cool it is i've always loved that shot and the stark contrast of that bright red planet with a little bit of black and a little like stripe to give you a little feel of atmosphere and then the the dirty white of the the ships the x-wings yeah, and exactly. the, uh whitish silverish and it's I've always thought that was a just a real cool shot and the the premium has a, a star destroyer and I get it looks like it's is it's a beginning scene of a new hope when it's chasing leia's corvette
2: mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, it's just I don't know. I mean, it's it's. Predomin- I'm, not fe-
1: I'm not feeling the laser I, blasters. Yeah, and it looks
2: like it's it's overpowered by the green yeah. laser blast, and it just I, I don't I don't know. It just doesn't. I mean, it imparts movement, but it doesn't impart. Um, it doesn't impart uh, feel. I guess it's it's just it just feels like a frozen shot. Whereas when you it look looks
1: like at- it's firing Yoda's lightsaber.
2: Yeah, that's yeah, that's <laughs> exactly right. But it, but if you look at the pro. It, it, it imparts movement but it, it also imparts some feel to it because you because if you know that shot in the movie, you realize what's getting ready to start to happen. Mm-hmm. And so I I, I for, for me, the the pro artwork actually speaks to me a lot more than the premium artwork does. Now the <laughs> It didn't let the hate mail ensue. <laughs> the the le artwork is just, in my opinion, is just a jumbled is just a jumbled hot mess. if yeah. you want to know the truth of it? It's got so much going on everywhere that it actually does nothing. Because it, you've got the Millennium Falcon, you've got Tie Fighters, you've got. Laser blast, you've got stuff exploding, you've got ships moving, you've got, I mean, again, it's just, it's just everywhere. It's, and it's, thats just, it feels just like, let's just take everything that we can and throw it into the pot pie and call it done. That's, that, the, the first two,
1: the pro and the premium, that, that's something that's at least recognizable from the movies. hmm the LE is like you said, it's just a, and I, it's the centerpiece is the Millennium Falcon. Yeah. And maybe they're, what they're doing there is they're giving the, um you know, center stage to the Star Destroyer, to the Empire, and they're giving center stage to the X-Wings. And then here you've kind of got, you know, you've got the rebel alliance and you've got the um the empire and now you've got the the pirate and the the nerf herder so to speak and you know the third party <laughs> a, which is represented, yeah, very often which is represented by the, the every man yes and they're giving it, han and the falcon and chewy the, the they're doing i love the millennium falcon it Ev, I, I i love star wars ships uh, amongst you know the star trek star wars battle mm-hmm. and um I love the designs of the new ships. I love the. I just. I, I can't say enough about them.
2: It, it, they're, the they're, millenni- new, they're new, but it still looks old at the same yeah. time. Yes, the
1: Millennium Falcon is hard pressed uh, uh, compared to like your classic X-wing mm-hmm. for me. But it, it it's probably just nudges out as uh, when when they had the Millennium Falcon in the Force Awakens, it was like. It would to me when when they turned and turned it to run to that ship, yes. it was like that second a few minutes prior for the first time in
2: decades when you heard that music uh-huh. and it said Star Wars. That's exactly it right. It was just like oh and, and, and you wanna know what's so funny is every time that we watch a Star Wars movie at the house, as soon as the as soon as before the credit crawl, I guess before the the, the pre scene crawl starts, mm-hmm. and you have in a galaxy you know long time ago, far far away, and then it goes, Kong, and then the movie yep. starts, and then it just says Star Wars. I will always hold my arms up in the air like that, and Grace will always laugh because and I will, and as it's going, I will be I will be rocking my arms in the air like that because it's. Star Wars. Yep. and And, and it gets you right in the feels every single mm-hmm. time. So I know exactly what you're talking about because in the force awakens, when the millennium Falcon lifted off and then started and then Ray started its descent into the old destroyer and everything. And you, ju- it's like, this is almost a religious moment because you, it's for the first time in decades, you're seeing something so beloved to you in action once again. hmm I look at this artwork and I don't get that. No. And and that's, that's (laughs) that's exactly where I was going. That's my problem. I
1: love that ship. Yes. And, and again, it's a close fought, but it's a number one in the star Wars universe for me. Okay. And you know, we talked about how we, to me, this, I just don't get it. Yeah. And I, I I don't get that, but that's me. I I, I, I know. And we're
2: just saying it for what, this is just our impersonation. Our opinion. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's just our interpretation, our opinion. That's all. And,
1: in that same vein, I don't understand the back glass. I mean, the the pro, it's got it's got the iconic characters. It's a little busy, but center it's, stage it's pretty, is pretty daggone busy. Yeah, because it's like we got to stick everybody's headshot <laughs> oh, and in. And everybody's
2: there. headshot is there. Yeah, yeah.
1: Um, I like. I I would have liked to have seen that center stage shot a little bit more pronounced, towards it's Luke uh, in Jedi. Doing the in a saber battle with uh, Vader yeah. and Luke's got his saber high overhead, getting ready to go in on the on the defense yeah. or on I mean, the
2: offense. To me, that should be more pronounced, and then all of the faces should play a more minor role. Right, in, in, that's in my that feeling. Like. I agree. Yeah the the
1: premium I like. I don't know why Boba Fett's big big mug is on there. is as is large as it is, but yet you've got that you've got like a throwback to the Vader luke duel and it's teeny tiny i mean the whole duel the the two characters and their sabers are probably just millimeters larger than than fett's helmet
2: yeah and And people freak out over him but he was like he was a throwaway he, he he was a minor character honestly and you're right and he now he did Proved to play a pivotal. Uh, well, I think role. it's because everybody and, loved him so much. Yeah, for whatever. Yeah. reason. and, 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 and I
1: in. mean, the dude got thrown in the Sarlacc pit.
2: Yeah. Yeah, and, yeah, and he he did not escape, and he he died. He died. A very I've never horrific death, personally. But, I've
1: never seen the the character. Well, the, the feel for the character. But. Well,
2: in the Clone Wars, it was it, he was then made out to play a very important part. I think a lot of the the thing about Boba Fett is he was like. He was like the 70s version of Iron Man, but he was on the screen. He had a real cool suit, and he could fly, and he did stuff, and he shot like a grappling hook and everything like that. So he had like gadgets, and he was like a bounty hunter. He was kind of cool and mysterious, but ultimately he didn't live up to any of the hype around Boba Fett. He just wound up getting um he's pull, like pulled he's into the pit
1: he's like the kardashians of star wars <laughs> yes
2: this much is true <laughs> yeah this much is true <laughs> yeah for all the banter that they have they just they typically just roll over so but
1: i'm sure he's there because he was yeah. he's such a popular character oh he's popular no I doubt mean, he I mean, he was like last minute cast he was i think jeremy bullock played him in uh, or is that Jim J. Bullock, who was center square? He was
2: <laughs> <laughs> definitely not Jim
1: J. Yeah, Bullock. I can guarantee you that. I think if Jeremy Bullock was and good for him, but uh, he was like a stunt guy and they needed somebody. And he was like, Oh, okay, we'll put the helmet on me yeah. and I'll be Boba Fett. Yeah, yeah. And that was how he was Boba Fett. It wasn't that he was, he tried out and, was cast to be boba fett they needed a they needed a, a warm body and a cold suit <laughs> that's what it
2: turned out to be well, that's what the got
1: god we, yeah. gosh we have really diverged yeah
2: well another i mean we've skewered this yeah thing, but Not, but ultimately i i think for, in my mind for good reason because a warm it, a warm body and a cold suit yeah I'm put that, yeah, put that up on the, on the show titles for sure uh, here's here's the thing man when i look at aerosmith I see so much attention to detail, yeah, and I see so much that makes me want to go buy that title, even though I'm not the biggest Aerosmith fan. Okay, the artwork, just the care and the the detail, in in so much was paid, you know, so much de- so much care was paid to attention and detail on on Aerosmith, and then Star Wars, just an iconic title. It just feels stamped. Maybe me. that's what it is.
1: Maybe because and maybe it is, man. It, it,
2: it is so much
1: to so many people, and I'm going to prove this point based on a pre-recording conversation we just had, that that series of movies is so much to so many people that you really can't. You can't touch it. You can't do it. You can't, you can't do can't anything. Make it work. Yeah. yeah. And, and case in point, the LE back glass. The first thing I said is I don't like that at all. And you're like, man, I think that's
2: awesome. I do. I think the LE back glass is like the. I think it's the best back glass to have. Yeah, of the three. But then there you go. You looked at it and you said, man, no way would I want that.
1: I take it. If I had an LE, I'd put a pro back glass in it. Well, I'll tell you what. If I had a pro,
2: I'd put an LE back glass in it. <laughs> so,
1: and the LE back glass, we haven't really talked about that. It's like a a forward view out the cockpit of the Millennium Falcon. Uh And it's Han on the left, chewing the driver in the passenger seat, Leia leaning over and you're looking
2: in C-3PO. So you're like looking over all their shoulders and they're going into hyperspace. That's exactly right. And to me, that's iconic. That's an iconic shot. And it's something that... Was extremely pleasing to the eye when I was a kid, and you watch it today. The special effects hold up even mm-hmm. thirty years. I mean, later. they're not
1: going to ludicrous speed. No, no,
2: it's not ludicrous speed. No, or no, because you gotta no. be careful. Because if you go into plaid, you're in trouble. You're <laughs> Bad stuff happens. <laughs> yes, it does. They went straight to plaid. <laughs> so, but but it holds up, and in that back that the shot on that back glass actually speaks more to me anyway than than the shots on the back glasses in the premium and the pros because they're just they're just so busy they don't really to me they, they just don't really say much but you know again this is so open to interpretation mm-hmm. and what does star wars mean to you as the listener or yeah. us as the host of the show uh you know maybe when i play it the call outs and the in the the you know the 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 um the led screen and everything like that will will speak to me more. Maybe the game is more than the sum of its parts, and we're too hyper focused on the artwork being one of those parts. But Brent, to me, the artwork has to. I mean, a lot of what I what I gauge on is that that visual appeal, mm-hmm. and uh, unfortunately, this just didn't this just didn't cut it for me. What? I was I was I was just let down.
1: I'm with you to give it a fair shake. I'd want to play it. Yeah, I think that's kind I of what too. you inferred. Yeah, and, and I know, do want to play it. Here is my personal lessons learned in this this first world problem mm-hmm. community of yep. collecting arcade equipment yeah. for home use.
2: We're way we're way too harsh, needlessly. Yeah, yeah.
1: I look back at like Mustang. I remember saying Mustang. It's like, what do you do in Mustang? Do you collect different years? Were you? And sure enough, that's what you did. Yeah. And you know what? It's a fun game. It is a fun. And game. And Brent still wants a Mustang, and one day. You know, unfortunately, it just couldn't happen back when they were still new on the line. One day, somewhere, somehow, I will have a premium boss edition. Yeah, I will have that in my game room, and it will sit here proudly next to my Ghostbusters, also yeah. John, one of John's games. Yeah. Speaking of that, I also said I would never buy a game unplayed just on theme.
2: But and I bought Ghostbusters. But, but we did. Yeah, yes But we yes. both did. We both did.
1: So you know, yeah, the uh, we alluded to it earlier—the playfield being sort of simple similar to, to ACDC. So what? I
2: mean, that's not a bad thing. I mean, I've got ACDC and, and, ACDC I, and is I love a sweet it. Game. It's a sweet game. I love it. And
1: it, it Oh, I'm going to tune it just a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Hey, mm-hmm. and it's a completely different game with different because the rules are different, and the callouts yeah. are different, that's and exa- the, that's and exactly right. It puts you in a different place, yeah, because yeah. it's a different thing. Yeah, so
2: yeah, so it, it's it's very very possible, and I, I'd say it's it's likely a sure d a sure bet that. That it is a great game, a fun game. I mean, Steve Ritchie produces wonderful games. I've got several of his in my in my basement, and and I do. I love his games. I it's it's just one of those things where when I just saw it for the first time, I I guess I just expected I just expected more. That's well, and
1: and again, I think it's just because it that's it's a hard thing to can't please
2: you, can't please everybody, man. That
1: in Star Wars, it's so I. This is an overused phrase, but it, it really applies here, in my opinion. It is so iconic. Yeah. And it touched so many people in so many ways. Yeah. I mean, there's things about the series of movies that um, mean so much to me personally because it ties to things, really important memories from my childhood. Exactly. Yeah. And that. That's what makes this such a difficult thing to do artwork
2: yeah. for. Yeah, you're, you're right. Because somebody out there listening may say, okay, Whitney, if it didn't live up to expectations, then what were your expectations? And I think that's a fair question mm-hmm. to ask. And I don't really know. I, I'll be very honest. I don't really know that I've got a good answer for that. Because when I look at it, it's it's like, okay, Whitney, what would you change? And it's like, okay, I I definitely need to think about that. I I would need to think about how I would how I would make it better for what I was expecting. But at the same point, I, I don't know, man. I, I mean, I, I I look at something like Aerosmith or I looked at something like Star Trek and it just, it, it hit. And yeah. this just didn't hit. Star,
1: even with something as, as expansive as Star Trek, uh-huh. it, it focused on the new Star Trek. Uh-huh. And it, at the time that mo- that was produced, there was fewer movies than there
2: are today. That's right. So it was easier to hit. And it hit. It really did. It hit. Um, th- this this just didn't. It just didn't hit. And I'm kind of bummed because of that. But I, I don't know. I mean it's uh it's just just one of those things I, I do look forward to playing it though i really really do i mean if
1: that back glass on the le would have been like vader's helmet cracked open on the, in the cave <laughs> would on degaba be awesome i would have yeah i would have probably went in a corner and and, and coward because yeah. i that to this day that scene still scares me yeah because it did when i was younger uh-huh. and i can feel that anxiety
2: building yeah and i bought the game in heartbeat yeah <laughs> but that's real yeah. if it had like I'm, a being
1: bl- a, I'm being a little silly there but you see the point I, I, yeah i see the point, I mean,
2: if you, and if it had like a lightsaber stuck in the rock or something like that, (laughs) right beside it, where, where you can tell that's, that a can was just opened and some, and some stuff went down, you know? (laughs) Yes. It'd be like, oh, that is so awesome. You know, but I don't know, but instead it just feels like a collage, a a, a, a collage shot of, of, of head, just a collage of headshots. And so it's like, uh, man, so darn.
1: I hesitate to broach this subject because everything we've talked about, we've we fully and freely admitted that it's straight up opinion, straight up opinion, and we haven't played the game. Nope, we haven't made a dis- you know we've not talked about any of the flow, and I, I think we've given it a very very fair shake as a whole to this point. But there is a thing going on, a recent development with Star Wars that you just cannot avoid. I mean, it is the literal. 800 pound gorilla in the room (laughs) and that is the return of ghostbusters in other words ghosting yeah ghosting round two my goodness and i I first caught this there was a picture on uh, the this flipping podcast's facebook page i saw it zip past my wall and uh whitney you mentioned that you also caught it or you maybe followed that link or whatever over to Penside and Man, it's just heartbreaking. <laughs> you think it after is. the it is the the beating in the community that Stern took over Ghostbusters, and I, and I can only imagine the financial issues.
2: Uh, can you imagine what that does to your no? What that does to your cash flow? I mean, it, it has to it has to kill it. I don't know how many play hard fields hard they it.
1: replace, but I, it it can't be cheap, you know to to dedicate time that could go into new production games to rebuild a play field for a game you've already sold and then uh, ship both ways. I mean, that that game could be there in Chicago or it could be in California or it could be in Australia. And I, I just... I I would have thought that after having gone through it to the extent that they did with Ghostbusters and and there was, there was talk on prior games like Spider, uh, the Spider-Man vault uh, where it had some ghosting. I didn't see it or hear about it near as much as Ghostbusters. Ghostbusters was, was terrible, especially, you know, there's a couple inserts that were really bad and then it was literally chipping off at the trough, the, the, the clear coat. So, I would have thought that they had that sorted out. I mean, mm-hmm. I would have had it sorted out before I sent out another play field new in a box for a, a home user to try to swap. I mean, I can't imagine the nightmare there. Yeah. I, I, I've got folks that I know, uh, friends that, and they will tell you, I I, I don't know how to open it.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: I, I don't, I, and that's fine. I mean, that that person can do things that I can't do. Yeah, it's it's all good. But... I can't imagine the logistics of doing it, let alone assuming that you can get somebody at the other end to do to, that swap, to trade the play field. Yes. yes. A- and then here we are again. Yeah. So
2: hope it, it works out differently. Uh, it's, I mean, that's all in, I mean, I hope I, they I get don't it under know. control. I yeah. mean, they're
1: obviously if, if they've set a precedent, so they've got, Star Wars now with the the big hot dog inserts like down at the flippers they're they're starting to ghost out and they're starting to the clear separating from the inserts so they've set the precedent there's they're going to be shipping playfields I mean I can't see them if if they solved
2: it that way for one title they have to solve it that way for all titles and so uh that that's what makes it right so there you are all right so let's
1: see how that that unfolds let's
2: let's talk about some feedback what do we got on to on to a happier note how about that so i see the first one so i don't know how happy this is y'all no 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 this this one's all good this one's all good so admittedly uh, i am running behind on email i do have a few to reply to um so i i'll i'll try to try to be a little more timely on that for for next month and uh get them in in the order that they that they came in but uh, a couple, a couple here from Twitter. Uh, this is uh, listener Casey Relford. He said, "Thanks." Speaking of for- not happy, <laughs> 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 he looks serious in his picture. He looks, he looks, he looks awful serious. Yeah, he looks very serious. Hi, Casey. He has, he has the it, he has the it furl is what he. Yes, has. he does. Yes. yes. So, he uh, says, "Thanks, broken token for the tip, Seeing major differences, bringing his Williams taxi back to life, and Brent, I think he is referring to flattening out some plastics using the uh, the flame tip that you were talking about oh, uh, yes. earlier yep, yep. so yeah i mean it's it's good stuff i mean he posted four pictures and it's i mean it he he did a real good job
1: now when we talked about this i did heat with a heat gun uh-huh. do you do you know if casey used a heat gun or if he I actually know.
2: i don't know i don't know if he used a flame or a heat gun or what so I, i'm not looks I'm not like sure. he's got some
1: good results there oh yeah
2: definitely definitely
1: i had to do this a couple times here recently uh on the star wars i was working on as part of the you know the great buyout of 2017 yeah and, uh, man it's just it's amazing to see the results yeah it's just unbelievable yeah so yeah these look great casey
2: yeah it looks looks really good looks really good uh the next one up is from uh listener mike martin he kind of he got he posted this and he said a SFG Tourney Time for twenty eighteen and he got a checks bubble hockey. <laughs> and it's like, man, that is that is just so is, awesome.
1: what's the what's he mean tourney? Is this like to is this like round two for what was the Nippet? The Nippet, yeah, yeah, the it, nippet it,
2: adventure. It'd be essentially smack smack talk tourney time is what it would be. Oh uh, so.
1: I forgot to mention this and I think Mike could will get a kick out of this as will everyone else that played Nippet that night. You know, when I s when I looked at the nippet that I now own. Uh-huh. Uh, ball two, I tilted it. Oh, did you really? Yes, I did. Oh,
2: good. Good on you, man. I,
1: I tilted it like I owned it. Yeah, the legend lives. Is
2: what he does. No. You know
1: what the first thing I'm doing is? What's that? I'm take that that plumb bob right
2: out. <laughs> Well, man, I mean, I'll tell you, it's um, it it works. There's there's no doubt about it. So, <laughs> I'm I, I just can't wait to run through and just tilt every game you got, man, just to just manhandle them and just send them, send them all to, <laughs> yeah. to, to nowhere.
1: Well, it's my it's my nip it nail because I've tilted it. So
2: fair, fair enough, fair enough. Broke <laughs> broke the champagne. You don't bottle. want me
1: playing bubble hockey because I'll flip that sucker right off. <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah. Punch a hole right through the top of it. No, but it's it's cool. I mean, Mike Mike bought this and he's got a good pitcher of uh, him loading it up and in the back of his vehicle and uh yeah mike i'd say you bring that baby on to uh, SFG. that would be that would be a ton of fun but uh, there was just some there were some various comments through the through the twitter uh through the twitter thread and it was it was pretty funny but nonetheless uh, a couple people were were talking back and forth now and saying oh yeah yeah bring it on man and you know it's 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 all it's all good stuff so there's a, and there's even a, a TMI bro comment. And <laughs> Supersonic Brewing Brian C said, "I think we found episode 57's title and everything like that." So it was it was funny stuff.
1: Uh, this is from Mr. Sean O'Shea, and it is in reference to Episode Fifty Six Landing. It's what a nice birthday present for at Simply Hula. Is is that Sharon? That is Sharon. Yes. Okay. Yeah. I don't get the Twitter thing. It's all good. And all dude. the tweets and yeah, twits. It's all good. Dude. Uh, uh, what a nice birthday present for at Simply Hula, but to wake up and there's a new episode of at Broken Token.
2: Yeah. So it is. It, it was pretty. It was pretty nice. A lot of nice things were said. So. And, and I, I told I told Casey, Railford, I said check out the blog post for the month. I said the bar is set for the next worn out phrase drinking game, and he, he replied and he says only fifteen minutes and I already wasted you know <laughs> and it was I mean it, it was it, it was great. He's
1: gonna have to. He mentioned that to us at SFGE, and I can't remember what what we say, or what was, we do. Essentially,
2: every but, time we said SFGE during, oh. di- during the episode leading up to going to the expo, <laughs> he said it, it becomes a drinking game for every time we say SFG. So we're going to have to
1: get an official list of the broken token isms for the yeah. broken token drinking game. <laughs>
2: yes, that would be, that would be fan, uh, fan freaking tastic. So that would be. With,
1: without going into it, I want to say hello to Sharon O'Shea and I hope you're feeling better. Yes, definitely. She's, uh, um, had a few little bumps in the road and she's got a little recovery going on and we are thinking about thinking you. about
2: her yep shout shout out for sure sharon
1: Let's so, see here. So Go next ahead.
2: one up, Casey said, uh, thanks so much for the mentions. We love you guys counting down until next year. So uh, they, likewise, Casey, that is, uh, it's, it's awesome, dude. This it,
1: looks like it's a tweet from at broken token, which <laughs> would be Whitney. Yeah.
2: yeah. <laughs> I so
1: mm-hmm. surrounded in asterisks. I so want a total nuclear annihilation. Hashtag
2: pinball. That is all. Yes. And, and trust me, dude, I really do. And then Brian responds. Did you get on the list for it? Uh, no, uh, no. Maybe I should. You know, just to just to get the info. That's and what stuff I, like I did. That. Did you? Okay. Yeah. yeah, and Brian, our friend Brian C said he goes. I want the machine and a download of the soundtrack. And uh, yeah, mad props to that dude. I I want. I'm going to buy the machine for the soundtrack. So that, that's how that's going to go. And you know what? And I will get on the. I'll get on the list. I, so, yeah, I, I. I'm just. I'm interested
1: to see what it comes in at. I mean, I know it's going to be in line with most other games. Oh, yeah, for sure. But I'm definitely interested in kind of keeping up with it, and I can just envision here in the game room, I think it would be it would be great. I think it would do great.
2: Oh, man, it would do so – it would be so awesome. I mean, if, if that's one of those games that people – once once they started playing it and they saw other people playing it and hear other people playing it, it's the kind of game that draws a crowd. Is what it does. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I'm I'm definitely going to have to consider that.
1: Well, yeah, I, it, listen to the soundtrack. Like Brian said, I blast everybody out of the game room. because oh, it'd yes. be one of those that I would. Yes, I, I try to go through. And it's taken me a bit to tune everything that's here, level
2: like, level everything. Well. So
1: yeah, so that if you're in front of it, you can hear it. But it's not there's not something dominant in the room. Yeah, if you're yeah. in my game room, it sounds like an arcade. Yeah, and everything's being played. But oh no, that thing would you'd be wiping the walls with everybody because <laughs> yes. it would be blasting yeah, people it, out. It would be
2: rolling strong, dude. Rolling strong. Uh, let's see. And got a got a couple of uh, feedbacks here from Facebook. Uh, first one is from uh, listener Richard, and he says, "Hi guys." I've been listening for a few months now, catching up from the beginning, uh, and I'm about to start episode 32. I love the banner between you two and the technical deep dives, but most of all, I love the enthusiasm that you have for the games. I'm from the UK and heard about you from the 10 Pins podcast. I don't have any games, but do have a jukebox and a mechanical one armed bandit, and I'm trying to get a main machine started. I used to run and work. Uh, I used to run and work in a few arcades in the early '80s, which I think is really cool. And still write and still enjoy writing 6502, which would be assembler machine uh, machine code assembler for the BBC Micro. Please feel free to cut this down. If you mention this, uh, I'll have to find seven more people to like your page. So, <laughs> Richard, that's really cool. We appreciate it, man. And, and I think he was trying to bump us over 1,000 likes. And which did happen. Which did happen. Yeah, yes, actually, yes. what are we at? Because we've... Like a 1,010 now or 1,011, something like that. So, I, ch- I checked a day or two ago. We're big time. No, it's been rolling, man. We're
1: 1,011 as of this recording. There
2: you go. Yeah, that is awesome. Come on, dude. 1,500. <laughs> we'll we, We'll get it going, man. And then, um, hey, you take the next one because I'm curious to hear what your thoughts are on this.
1: From, so this is from Dan, and I'll just leave. It so I was about yeah. ready to go with his last name, yeah, but you're just, right. No, yeah, let's, we'll let's, just go with listener Dan. Dan. Uh, Atari Box. Have you guys heard anything about this? AtariBox.com. P.S. Love the podcast. I have been listening since the very beginning. Yeah. You know there is tons of information out there on this, and by tons of information I mean every time I scroll through Facebook, there's different <laughs> I mean, variations I mean, yes. of the console picture, yes, and they've yes. turned it into like a griddle, and yeah. they've turned it into this and that, and um, I don't know a lot about it honestly because well there's
2: well and that's for good reason because there's not a lot of info there isn't, out there about it it, on it, seem,
1: it. it seems like I've picked up a little bit that it that it's. Um, it's like it's a new platform. It's uh-huh. not necessarily like it's going to be like Mame in a can. It's gonna. It's not just something that exists with an Atari logo correct. and some retro wood grain. Correct. Six switch Atari twenty six hundred flair to it. P- correct. Um, but you're right. That's about it. That's about o- it. And the other thing I see floating around a lot and. It, it's supposedly real, but everybody's like, "Why is the speaker hat thing?" Have you seen that? I have.
2: Seen, I saw that this past week, and I'm confused as to the whole speaker hat scenario. That would and, drive me crazy. And if why I that's in, even a thing? And
1: for people that haven't seen it, it looks like a
2: trucker a trucker style hat that we call it like in the U.S. And it's usually like a a bigger bill hat. Yeah, it's got a it's got like a more pronounced or rounded off bill. Right, yeah. and
1: then like a tall but rounded kind of. Uh, Body to it, yeah. The cover, the the part that covers your head, yeah. Kind of like a that, baseball that would, hat, that, that but would larger. Be that, that would be the hat. The hat part, yes, yes. 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 The hat, <laughs> the actual hat, exactly. And hat. The, the thing on the front is a porch. Yes, <laughs> hat exactly. Porch. That's it. And in the in the bill on the under underside, it's got speakers. And I just, I'm like, if I was in public. And there was some yahoo walking next to me. Blair, w- I would I'd just wanna, be like... I'd want to take that thing off and stomp on dude, it. Dude, turn it down. Yes. I don't care. It's uncalled I for. Didn't, I didn't... I got up this morning, and I I wanted to listen to the soundtrack to Guardians of the Galaxy 2, not whatever that stuff is. You're jamming through your hat.
2: That's, that's it.
1: You know? Yeah. Uh, but I digress. So, no, I, I don't know what's going on with it, and...
2: So oh, so so here's the thing. Atari's not Atari. No, they're not. And I don't think they'll ever be. And yeah. that's the problem. And and Atari is a brand in a um in a logo and a symbol of a time gone by and and it just it, it embodies so much to me, okay, in my childhood memories. And I look back on Atari and i I think of Atari in a very fond way, mm-hmm. yep, and when this I, is like the star wars conversation yes, and when i when I look at this, I wonder if they're leaving the namesake in better shape than. Then when they found it, okay, in the sense of, and so many people will say, well, Atari's you know name today means absolutely nothing when it comes to their their history and their lineage, and by and large, I, I would have to agree with that. But yeah, you know, I I just have to ask, what can they realistically expect to do that's going to harken back to and pay homage to the the legacy and the history that 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 the nameplate, you know, that that the um. That the that the logo and that the um, history of the company embodies. I don't know. Uh, it, so he, uh, honestly, I mean, let's let's break this down. If we think about break it down, yeah. If we think about who owns the gaming market today, the console gaming market today, there's three companies that own it. Right. I okay. think you're gonna you're going where I. Th- I think you're going where I was going to go okay. when you were done. Keep okay. going. No, yeah. Go, go, go. Okay. There's three companies that own it today and they own it in such a way that they've got it locked. Okay? Mm-hmm. That's Microsoft, that's Sony, and that's Nintendo. Right. And and what can atari feasibly do to break to break the the essentially the stranglehold that those three and we're I'm going to call them juggernauts because that's that's literally what the combined efforts of nintendo microsoft and sony have 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 produced is a juggernaut essentially a juggernaut system what what can atari bring to the table that in any way shape or form can break a consumer free from any one of those three ecosystems and say, I'm going to now invest in the Atari ecosystem and, and it bring anything to the table that is unique or different from what's already at the table today. Mm -hmm. Now maybe they've got something cooking that is going to blow all of us away, but Brent, at the end of it all, I just don't think so. (laughs) And And, and I'm sorry to say that because I want it to be so different, but they're so, so, so late to this game that I I don't see what they can bring. And did you hear the news that broke on this last week, this last week, that this is actually going to be a crowdfunded console?
1: No, I didn't hear that. Now,
2: as soon as it goes crowdfunding, you know what that tells me? No backers. It's done. Well, here's or it has it has so few backers that that a, a VC firm won't even hop in on it. You you've just touched on what
1: I had in mind as a follow up here. And by the way, I just went to the AtariBox.com and I have not been here. It is a very stark page with an endless running twenty two twenty one second video. Mm-hmm of like fly by close ups that say nothing of the bot. And this is a hype the, to me, this is a hype thing. Yeah. It's, it's a, it's a hype. It's a hype render is what yeah, is, they're building. This is, this is a, uh, uh, a stinger reel. Basically they're mm-hmm. building up hype.
2: Yeah. A teaser reel.
1: And the thing that I had in my mind was what you did, you know, what you mentioned, you've got the big three, they're well established. What can you bring to the table? Because, let's just be honest and there'll be people that will arm wrestle back and forth this discussion, but let's just yep. be honest yep. in today's computing world. Mm-hmm. It's not like the seventies, late seventies, early eighties where it was so much more important, which individual pieces you glued in to make your Intellivision or your Coleco or your Atari. Yeah because they were and they're such different platforms i I wouldn't be shocked to to under to learn that there probably isn't much difference between coding a switch and a xbox and xbox and a playstation Mm -hmm. because just the way processors have matured uh technologies have coalesced development platforms have been created to Pull you farther away from the iron, the mm-hmm. hardware,
2: and, br- and bring you into the bring you into the theme, and bring you into right. the essentially the whatever game you you're investing in.
1: I, I think I think where there where the, where each of those players, Microsoft, Nintendo, and Sony are standing out anymore is game exclusivity. Mm-hmm. And you know, to me, Nintendo. When I think Nintendo, I think more family friendly, mm-hmm. definitely. And I, I don't think anything of playstation and xbox because i don't play them i don't necessarily understand what games are on them but i'll i still do here exclusively on this platform or that platform so it's game availability Uh, and i'm granted i'm washing them down to a super super high level bring this in what what this they're where are they going to leap technology
2: it's not like the difference between nineteen eighty one and nineteen eighty four where Where that delta creates a monumental right. leap in in technology and in what you 're able to do and what you 're able to bring to the consumer now, yeah, as well
3: so
1: can you do that today? yeah, Sony all of a sudden tomorrow could bring out super double Doppler under the cover project XYZ123 and everyone's like oh my gosh this thing could do this 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 it can do this kind of processing mm-hmm. and it costs half the price yeah well okay so they could do that you're going to have to have a huge venture capitalist backing or some sort of angel investor or something to get capital to get that running start and then that huge leap over the big 3 yeah to make this
2: Viable, in my opinion viable. something viable to yeah. draw people that's exactly right i mean when you think and about, if they're crowdfunding uh, it's it's already on life support uh, yeah, quite uh, honestly for that kind of dollar for yeah. that kind of dollar and and, and it's it, that that makes me sad because like i say i've got such nostalgia and such high regard for the brand but uh, you know all all of this if if you just kind of spin this a little bit and then look at it from atari's perspective or what i, I feel would be their perspective they have to feel like they have something to offer. Otherwise, they wouldn't go to this trouble. So I want to give them credit where credit is due. I just don't understand. And and, and that's partly Atari's fault because they have said absolutely nothing about their strategy Mm-mm. and about their platform and what it what is going to make someone want to give them money versus the other three. When you think about spending a gaming dollar, what are you going to spend a gaming dollar on? So, so I'm I'm not left with a high level of confidence. And when you look at when you look at what set the Atari Twenty Six Hundred apart from every other console that was available at the time, it was number one in in my mind. It was the perfect timing between the the power of the hardware albeit as weak as it was but you got to think this is this is 77 78 79 the, the the power of the hardware the cost of the hardware the ability to develop for the hardware and the simple fact that it just hadn't been done yet okay yeah now in 2017 i get the feeling that a lot of it has already been done, that, and, and and so where where's the gap? Where's the gap that Atari's going to fill that hasn't and I, and been done yet? The hurdle is high. It, that's exactly right. And when I think about that that gap, that where where's the gap that Atari's going to fill, and where do they? Where's the unmet need that Atari is going to address? I don't I don't even see it, and that's the problem. It'd be interesting. I, I, I
1: have no idea. It's going to be interesting to see yeah. what happens. I mean, are, are they going to try to just have modern versions of a lot of the classic games to yeah, introduce maybe. the console maybe. so that you have a familiar friend and quick playability? Yeah. Or are they going to try to jump in? You almost, with, with an unproven platform, It's. I think it would be a a really hard ask to get some of these development companies to come in and either bring an exclusive title or port in exi- well, you wouldn't want to port a title because chances are you've already got the hardware. Yeah. You know, just for some long drawn out, deep detailed, you know, role-playing game, you're yeah. you're not going to probably do that. I mean, it wouldn't surprise me if this came out and it had warmed over versions of your classic games yeah. similar to what we've seen released in the recent past. Like I think
2: there was a reinterpretation of centipede and And frogger Frogger. on the the flashback or like on the flashback portable, there's like an upgraded version Mm -hmm. of frogger and stuff. It
1: wouldn't surprise me if we saw that Mm -hmm. and it was maybe billed as, um, a demo of a playable demo of the capabilities of the system come develop for us. Yeah.
2: And and then what that, but then what that turns it into is primarily an indie developer platform. Well, I've heard people say, well, I wonder if it's just going to be a steam box. And you know what? You bring up a good point. Maybe it is just a steam box. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's a steam box that can run other code other than steam games. Okay. Mm -hmm. And then it, maybe it's like a combo indie developer platform and a steam box. But if you think about an indie developer platform, I would have a hard time developing for Atari. I would I would look more so for something like the Switch that's got a pretty decent indie indie following right now, and the Xbox. The Xbox got a good indie platform as well. Mm. Oh, does it? Yes it does. Now, the PlayStation not so much at least in my mind, but I mean, if I was an indie developer, I'd be reaching for either the Xbox or the Switch. I don't know that I'd be reaching for Atari's box because it's like, okay, I see, I, I've got an audience of what one? You know, I've got an audience of what the the the, the Kickstarter backers? Okay, maybe there's three thousand of those people. I've got an audience of like nil. I'm surprised that you can have indie any anything indie
1: on the Switch because I know Nintendo's always played their. Their licensing library. Game, yeah. They're licensing their library close to the vest, yep. which is kind of uh, a key to their success. And mm-hmm. I, I think not just mine, but most people's opinion, they, they tailor that library to a degree. Yeah, for do. Quali- It's kind of like Apple yeah. for quality games. Yeah, it's, it's
2: supposedly curated to maintain the experience.
1: I, I can see Sony... Because they've been proprietary in everything, keeping that locked down. And I can see Microsoft, even though they've got that classic stodgy business app kind of, you know, I've got my perfectly pressed white shirt and my tie kind of at that mystique. But that's not really true anymore. I mean, I, I can see them of the three having some opening for indie. Oh yeah, indie I mean they they've 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 Definitely. embraced, they've
2: embraced the indie. Uh, the the indie developer play, you know, the indie developer community as well. So I I don't I don't at the end of it all Brent, I'm just I, I'm a, I'm just left confused, I'm left a little bit distraught and a little bit disappointed because if you're going to announce something, announce it. You know, and if you're if you're going to bring it, bring it. And this is just a lot of just Clouds, I, just cloudy, yeah. cloudy, bubbly, nothing.
1: They they went. I think they're going with a classic, a uh, hype bubble. They're yeah. trying to build, but unfortunately, this isn't like this isn't like a hype bubble where you see just like three words on a billboard and everyone in that town is asking what those three words mean. And mm-hmm. then they finally it out it's, it's something. Yeah. It's a new attraction. It's something the, there's already so much that's known about in, uh, Atari and the history is that, kind of like the star Wars thing. I already said it that you just can't walk in with a, 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 that and, and, and just create this buzz. There's yeah. the, you open you, you're you're opening yourself for exactly what happened yeah. just a lot of what is this and a lot of memes and i mean it's just yeah whatever
2: it just yeah. because so much is left to speculation people will skewer it before it ever has a chance to even to even establish itself. I, I think
1: if they were going to run with the name i think they would have been better off just to just one day like hey here it is look
2: look at this yeah yeah yeah, and been done with it. But so there we go, the, right. the Atari box. So <laughs> hey, <laughs> did you? Uh, we talked that one through from one side to the other. But but it is relevant. I mean, it's relevant for us. It's relevant for our hobby. It's relevant for our history. So it, it's the reason why I, it's the reason why I want to include Dan's uh, comments. So Dan, thanks for writing in, man. And Richard, thank you for writing in as well. We we appreciate you guys uh, providing some content for the Facebook page. Uh,
1: speaking of Facebook, hey, did you know that Scott Hale? Was in Kentucky? No, I did not. Yeah, apparently he came down here and picked up a, a six-player X-Men.
2: Oh wow! Well, good for him. Good well, for that him. means
1: there's one less six-player X-Men in the state of
2: Kentucky. That, that, that much is true. That much I, is true. And how did? How's he going to get such a big game home? I don't know.
1: Yeah, I don't. He's he's a strapping young lad. He's Poor much guy. younger than we are. Maybe he's just going to carry it home.
2: He, he could throw it over his back.
1: You know uh, Scott, you know there's a couple of people you know live in Kentucky.
2: We could help you out, <laughs> and by help you, know, you out, we mean not really, but yeah.
1: I, I speaking of, uh, in all seriousness, and this uh, listener of the show, Mike, which I'm sure there's more than one, you'll know who, who you are, uh, was recently coming through the state and tried to re, uh, tried to arrange uh, a get kind of a get together with the yeah. two of us, and we were just unable to make it because just yeah. things have gotten every month it seems like for the past six months we've talked about how upside down things have gotten Mm -hmm. and then they get more upside down in the next 30 days it's just amazing what has what has kind of gone on but we're here for you all darn it exactly so we couldn't get together with mike i mean we you know scott if you come through here again or anybody we'd love to hear from you
2: most certainly And,
1: and if we can if we can make it happen, we'll we, make it happen. We, we will. Yes. Um. We love. We love to meet folks, just like we've talked about at shows. It's great to actually put faces with names or, or new names that we don't know. Uh-huh. C- listeners that we've never met or never interacted with yeah if we can make it happen we'll make it happen yeah
2: like i mean seriously like like richard and dan it's uh, this is the first time that i think we've heard from either one of them and it but they reach out and it's like man it's awesome i love that absolutely love it so yeah we'll make every effort that we can sometimes it works out sometimes it doesn't it's just that's life
1: well scott i hope you enjoy your um your new X Men and Mike, man, maybe we can make it happen next time. Yeah, so. we'll
2: certainly try. All right, Brent, let's uh, let, let's put a bow on this baby and wrap it up, man. All right, upcoming shows: the uh, Grand
1: Old Game Room Expo, and looking at the books, Whitney, this is going to be our next public appearance. I so think so. Yeah. Hopefully, by the time uh, we show up, the good folks at Grand Old Game Room Expo, David Corian and his uh, lovely wife will been uh had the opportunity to put up the uh the the ropes and everything to keep the throngs of crowds back
2: (laughs) yeah uh, put up the good china you know all that kind of stuff
1: david you need to have proper security this year because whitney and i honestly we like we like to be nice to everybody but you know we can only sign autographs for so long yeah oh yeah so
2: you know it's i mean it's (laughs) <laughs> We're stretching it on that. So yeah. So
1: the Grand Old Game Room Expo, November 10th through 12th, of course, 2017. Franklin Marriott Cool Springs, which is uh right there uh in Nashville, Tennessee. Yeah,
2: right outside. Uh
1: Grand Ole G R A N D O L E Expo dot com. Yeah. Whitney and, and I uh, and the, our plan is to be there. Yeah, you know, you know, obviously. Uh, something could always happen, but we are 99.92% sure we shall see you there.
2: Yeah. It, 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 here we are at the end of July. The plan is to be there. Yes, so, absolutely. Yeah, and, and David, we'll, we'll show up, and three people will be standing there going, and eh, we don't really care if they sign anything or I, not. I
1: expect a reception table <laughs> and only uh-huh. green m
2: ms Oh, <laughs> he's going to look at me and say, where'd you find this guy? And I'm like, eh. you know, it was one of those things. He was homeless 20 minutes ago. Yeah, yes, he was. Yes, he was. I gave, I gave him a warm truck to ride in is what I did. Um, and the next show, and this is a show that I would, I would definitely love to make at some point in time. Uh, free play Florida. It's coming up November 17th through the 19th at the Hilton Doubletree uh, hotel in SeaWorld. And that's at uh, Orlando, Florida. And the website is uh WP dot free Florida, dot com and if anybody has a show they'd like us to list or mention uh here at this segment uh, or this part of the show just uh send us a contact form on the website and we'll be more than happy to include it here uh, we, we try to curate this section a little bit for you know folks that we know and shows that we've got either some direct or indirect experience about and uh so like i say we'd love to learn more about your show so yeah, send, send us a contact Speaking form. Speaking of
1: the contact form on our website, yep. it gets us into how we can be reached and where we can be found. Oh,
2: yes, yes. Yes.
1: Uh, of course, we're on Rob O'Hare's world-renowned Often imitated but never recreated Throwback Network yes. at www.throwbacknetwork.net
2: and, and man, let me ask you, have you ever have you ever been out to to that website and just peruse the blog entries? For I haven't all, in a while. For all the podcasts that are on there. I mean, there is some really interesting content. And then there's us. And then there's some really interesting content on on the throwback network. Well, I mean, stuff around I there's there's one podcast called the Toy Tomb. And oh really? Yeah. Oh, and
1: it's, and it's, see, it's this is by, why this is why I don't go there. Because yeah. last time I went there, I increased my subscriptions yes. to other shows. And it's
2: cool because it's it's run by a guy it's hosted by a guy named William William Culver, I believe. And Culver or Carver. One of the two. I think it's William Culver. And and they just review toys from the seventies and eighties and it's just the coolest thing ever. Oh, you I know? hate you. Yeah. I it, hate you. I know. I know. It's the reason why I bring this stuff up. Gosh. And uh You know, I spend your money. I burn your time. So that's how it goes. But the Throwback Network is just so is just full of just such good content. So. Uh, we're, we're privileged to be there. Um, and then where else Brent? I think I'm what? sorry. I was, reading. no, it's not where I'll finish it Today
1: out on geek fest rants. Oh, yeah. this sounds like something else. I want it's good
2: stuff. Yeah, and here. The,
1: the, the logo is the, for this, this current show is the toys R us report. Oh, okay. <laughs> go ahead. Stuff. Yeah. I, I'm I, switching back.
2: No, it's all good. iTunes. Uh, we'd appreciate if you'd, uh, please leave a leave a review and rate the podcast. Uh, it does help us in the search listings, stitcher radio, Xbox music, and the Google play store.
1: Social media, Facebook dot com slash broken token, Twitter at broken token, and of course the website w dot dot com.
2: Yeah. And with that Brent, it has been uh Dude, uh we're coming up on what five hours here on this show. I've I, lost track. Yeah, I, don't know. I think Let's see how I she think totals up. I think it's pretty close. dude, I think it's pretty close, man. If if six thirty 30- nah, four and a half. I think, I think we're gonna I think we're gonna clock it in at four and a half. That's not too bad considering nope considering all the stuff that's uh, that's gone on we've, we've had a good run of it tonight brent it's been a good show so. <laughs> You say good run like this is it no 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 yeah good good run <laughs> is this, the like, show. How is about this like
1: the news this is the uh first news since our last news this is the uh last show till our next show <laughs> yeah
2: exactly yeah we've had a good run of the night how about that there you so, go there you go so no, we thank everybody for listening we hope you enjoy the show we look forward to episode number 58 we'll think up the snappy title for that one as well And until then, we'll say keep your quarters clean and game on.
0: Congratulations. You made it to the end of another episode of the Broken Token Podcast. I promise they'll do better next time. Maybe next episode they'll actually listen to me for a change. Just go easy on the guys. They don't have a lot to work with. But I know their moms would be so proud. We want to hear your feedback, comments, rants, raves, and otherwise, both good and bad. Drop us a line via email at podcast at brokentoken.com. You can also call us at 470-2-CALL-BT. That's 470-222-5528. And leave us a voicemail. We'd love to hear from you, and we might play your message on air in the next episode. Be sure to follow us on Twitter, at Broken Token, and like our Facebook page at facebook.com slash Broken Token. Britt and Whitney are always posting content between the official episodes, and it's a great way to stay involved with the show between the shows. You can find our podcast on the iTunes Store and on Stitcher Radio. Just search for Broken Token and subscribe to the show. Like what you hear? Please consider leaving us a review on the iTunes Store and on our Stitcher Radio page, as the reviews help out the show. Please visit our website at Brokentoken.com for articles, reviews, restoration logs, direct show downloads, and expanded show notes for this and every episode. Once again, thanks for listening.
1: The Broken Token Podcast would like to thank the only person on staff who has actual vocal talent, Miss Christy Litzy. And that's me. Music for the Broken Token Podcast, graciously provided by Hasey Dixie. Head over to their website at wwwhayseed dixiecom for videos, tour dates, merchandise, and to purchase music.
2: What I really need is a microphone that can clip around my neck and can just <laughs> and can move almost almost like the dark almost like Anakin Skywalker's little breathing apparatus that he uses. <laughs>
1: suit lady (laughs) (laughs) you must be deaf